podcast going over the complete history of Australian Survivor from Whaler's Way right through to the current day. We are back for another clip show. You enjoyed last week's clip show. And just like that little annoying paper clip that popped up on your Microsoft Word back in the day, it's clippy time. It looks like you're hosting an episode of a podcast. Would you like some help with that? Well, I do because I can't do this myself. I'll start off by saying that I am Ben and I want a paper clip now all of a sudden. Hey guys, my name's Matt Dyson. I have no idea what Ben's talking about. That was the worst introduction I think I've ever done. Holy crap. I'm just going to move on with there. But what I'm going to say is how good, like this could be possibly the last time we hear that music for our intro. Yeah. The season one intro. Unless, of course, if one day we do interview Joel. But um, but how good. I just want to just to take a moment and just, it was such an underrated theme song for Survivor and it's still one, even to this day, when when I hear it, I have to listen to it all because it's such, to me, still such a, a fantastic theme song for Survivor. I completely agree, and it's a solid point you make there that it very realistically could be the last time we we ever play that on this show, at least for some time. But, uh, yeah, obviously last week we heard a bit from Jack Robin, the, the man behind that, and great theme. And how we've come a long way, Matt Dyson, from actually liking that because obviously we've talked a lot about how it wasn't necessarily something we liked. And that brings us into the clip show today because today it's all those clips of hearing us talk about where we've come from with this show because we are going to play the best bits of our season one coverage that didn't involve interviews. So basically these are the best of the episode recaps essentially, bit on our uh, introduction, our closing. We've got Matt Carr, we've got Cable Brandon on here, some great chats and great memories. Matt. I, I have to say in listening to all of these to get the clips to put this all together – Definitely some great memories in terms of how we talked about it. And I've got to say, I, I'm i a host on Venny shows who doesn't really stay on topic that much, as most people would know. I don't like to consider myself the most serious podcaster out there or the most serious person. It's never really been my MO. I like to have a bit of fun, be a bit silly. But I've got to say, we do all right on these. We do all right by getting a bit serious, staying on top and getting some meaty conversations. So uh, I, it was a fun time listening to these. And I think a lot of people are going to have fun listening to the best bits of this today. Yeah, and he's certainly not the prettiest podcaster going around. No, but, uh, exactly. That's no. your job. You're Mr. Ben, Pretty. Ben, I wouldn't want to do it with anyone else. But it's interesting listening, you know, I guess to all these these other episodes we did or about each episode. And we, It's funny, like we learned so much as we went on and, and stuff that was revealed. And then, of course, we we're doing the interviews, so we we're learning more. And I guess just throughout that season from where we started, not even knowing how to say Shona's name correctly to, to the end, sort of getting a full understanding of what was actually going on out at Whaler's Way. And, uh, you know, I think, I believe it was Craig even mentioned that he, he couldn't believe how, you know, the two guys that weren't actually out there had summed up exactly what was going on. Yeah. So, well, cause we'd gone into so much detail and hearing, hearing, you know, Craig say that it sort of, yeah, it made you realize like we, we, you know, a lot of effort was put in and we learned a lot about that season, which of course is a season that we absolutely love. And it's amazing to think that, you know, this is a season that's never really been covered as we talked a lot about, forgotten about, people ignore it. And that's fine. That's what people want to believe in. But the whole purpose of this podcast, of course, was to document this as a season, season two as a season, then ultimately we're about to move into the Channel 10 era, which will be a little bit different, of course, because people remember it because it's still going on. But it was always important. And I think that was a, a real learning aspect for us that I really enjoyed, that it sort of was learned that. Every week, last week, when we played the best of the interviews, those were always bringing us some education. But I think with you and I watching these closely and, and picking on things and picking on certain points, 
it makes it in a way where you can really enjoy it and also take something out of it. And I'm very proud of the fact that we are the only podcast that exists and probably will only be mm. the only one ever to do this because I don't know if there's going to be somebody else in a couple of years' time going on like, Rob has a podcast, does, Australian Survivor Whaler's Way. But it was good in a way that it will put some more eyes on the season, bad in a way that, you know, we've already done it. Thanks, Rob. But I, I'm, I'm proud of that fact. And of all the shows that I've done in my life, maybe – one of the most proudest I've ever done is this show and particularly this season because we, we own a piece of history by being able to go over everything that we did with this season. Mate, there's no way anyone else will be doing a, a podcast on season one like the way we did. I, I don't think there'll be some that wouldn't give another interview. I think, you know, we're lucky to get the their one and only interview, you know, and um, I, I doubt that, you know, a lot of them would, would ever do that again. So um, what I love about this too, even obviously Cable Brandon, he's a big survivor fan and 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 still has involvement with with asa and but what i loved is we tracked down matt carr throughout this yeah. season of course it, it, you'll hear him on this episode and you know matt carr was arguably one of well, the one of the biggest i'd call him the biggest australian yeah the biggest I'd australian fan biggest. especially at the time for yeah. season one this is when it was all happening week to week on tv that you know he was he was blogging it was even called blogging back then whatever it was called you know forums like, Forums, yeah, for I mean, I, I didn't even have, I don't think I didn't even have internet back then, you know. Um, I'm from he, Tasmania, he Matt. We didn't have motor vehicles back then. <laughs> but you know, to, to to end up meeting Matt Carr out of this, and 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 you know, of course, he's joining us down down for the reunion now, and 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 meeting him, and um, yeah, it's just layers on top of everything that happened throughout the season. It's funny how things work out, and now we're at this point where where you can sit back and, and enjoy the best of. You're going to hear from 15 different episodes here, and I will just point out that for the most part we've selected clips that are a little bit funny, a little bit silly, so this is kind of a bit of a, a comedy one. If you want to hear the in-depthness that we're talking about here and what we do, uh, if you like what you hear today, then you can obviously go back and listen to that, and I'll touch on that a little bit at the end here. But I just want to elaborate that, yeah, it's maybe more the, the funny bits, so, uh, you know, to get you through the next couple of hours with it as well, at least what I deem funny. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a comedic genius. I don't know about you, Matt. You'd probably edit this completely differently. All the, you'd cut all the bits out where I bag you out for being a shit player. No, I was just about to say, so now that I know it's only the funny bits, that's basically you bagging me out. <laughs> no, I would never do such a thing on this show, Matt. What are you talking about? <laughs> I have no idea. But uh, I think right now it's time to uh, to snip over to it. Are you, are you pumped? You're excited? You're ready to take a trip down ASA memory lane, Matthew Dyson? Of course, Ben, always keen to go down memory lane with season one, so let's get it rolling. All right, we are off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of ASA. Here is the best of ASA part two. All the best bits from our season one coverage of Whaler's Way, Australian Survivor. What, what are you thinking the chances are that we end up doing this Golden God Tau challenge or something like that? I mean, I don't know about... <laughs> I don't know about me, but I mean, come on, Matt. There's a few people. I mean, we didn't get to see your bum the day after you got voted out when everyone's skinny dipping. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, it's funny because Zach actually tried to get me to do do the towel challenge, and I uh, said no way. I used the excuse that unfortunately, because I'm a police officer, I can't go and put that up on social media. That was my excuse. I'm sticking to it. But I did try to persuade people to try to get Des to do it. Ah, yes. But, uh, unfortunately, he's he's not on Instagram, so. Oh. Des might get out of that as well, but I, I did see Tarzan did it. I thought that was pretty awesome, but, uh, you know, hey, who knows? Why don't we try to get Katie Gold to do it? Hey, I'm sure Katie would. Um, her bum was seen on Australian Survivor. So, um, yeah, if we, if we I tell you what, if we get to 100 likes before next episode, I'll do it on Facebook. 
There you go. Uh, I'm going to make sure. I'm going to make sure that happens. <laughs> oh God, what am I doing? Just, uh, last time I did this, just, I did some just, gross food on Survivor Oz back in the day. I can't remember what that was, but they had to. Yeah, God, we're not going to get a hundred likes. Come on, Matt. Well, the only thing too, I'm worried that this 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 podcast will end up being shut down before it's even started if <laughs> if you end up posting that. But true. Also, really, kind of going to what you were saying there, Matt, with that history and bringing it to to our listeners is we want to hear from you out there. Like if you're, if you're listening to this, um, perhaps just as out of a bit of curiosity, you're thinking, my God, Matt Dyson is hosting a podcast. My life is complete. Like, holy shit, this is the greatest <laughs> thing ever. I've been waiting for this day for the rest of my life. And you think, oh my God, he's hosting it. He's hosting it with Benji. Like, oh my God, that guy was great. <laughs> and then you're like, oh fuck, it's that guy from Survivor. I was shit. And you've clicked off already. I and then they're like, and then they're like, oh, shit, I thought it was Matt Rogers yeah. from Champions vs. Contender, not Matt Dyson. <laughs> Let's just start advertising it as Transformer Archives, hosted by Benji and Matt with one T. <laughs> that gets the listeners. Did, is your middle name Luke by any chance? Can we go off like Luke as well? Popularity there. With Luke and David. We'll just change our names. There you go. It's straight away. I've tracked down my original... Audition tape. Wow. From 2002. Okay, well, I think, Matt, to so interrupt you. 2001 when I shot it. To interrupt you. I was a fresh... Let's set the challenge out here. Let's set the challenge out here. All right, I'm putting this out there. If we get to 100 likes before next week, I'm telling you now, I will do the towel thing, which will not be a pretty sight. But if we get to 50, will we post that? Will we Will we post your audition? I hope you're talking about 50,000. Oh, I was... no, 50 likes. Come on, Matt. <laughs> I say, this is what I'm saying. So here's the deal. This this audition tape was terrible. <laughs> I was a fresh face, 18. I think I only just had my braces off. I had hair. Can you believe it? Matt Dyson actually had hair in the past. Um it was a ter- it was a terrible audition. No wonder I didn't even make the audition special episode. Which That's I was, how bad I was looking it was. out for that. I was looking out for that. Uh, so what are you saying? Fifty thousand? I think uh, when I don't you know. Know. if or when should I say when we get? And I know this is going to become huge. When we get one thousand Instagram followers, you are gonna you are gonna see the most terrible original audition tape ever made by yours truly. Matt Dyson, and I'm only going to do it because it was, it, it's it's still a part of it's still a part of my journey on the show. It's still a part of my journey, and I can sit back and have a bit of a laugh about it now. I can see why the hell I didn't get on. Jane Dalton, she got on the show. She was 18, so she must have done a lot better um, uh, audition tape than I did. But um, yeah, you know, it was I was still one of 8,500 people that submitted an audition tape, so it still goes down in history. So if we can get, or when we get 1,000 Instagram likes, followers, should I say, followers, I will, I promise, I will post this audition tape, and you will have a good laugh. This is, um, I'm liking this, setting the bar high. So basically, the 1,000 likes gets us a Matt Dyson audition tape from 2001, and 100 likes gets a semi-nude Ben Waterworth in a towel. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know if this enticement is very good. Like, <laughs> I have a feeling that the 100 likes will come in the first 10 minutes of us starting the, pod, starting the, the, the Instagram account, and then after that, it will slow down so, because now everyone will be like, I don't want to see this. 
terrible audition are, tape. Are we, are we clarifying for the 100 likes? Does this have to be an Instagram like, a Facebook like, a combination? Like, what are we... We need to clarify it, this. A combination. So it have have to be, yeah, either 100 followers on Insta or 100 uh, likes on, on Facebook, and I And is guess. that the same or the 1,000? So if we get to 1,000 likes or 1,000 followers, that's also the same as well? Uh, yeah, for no, I'm going to say Instagram. So I'm going to say oh. it's got to be thousand Instagram followers. But I'd like to think that those same same uh, followers then will go back and 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 like it on uh, follow us on on Facebook as well. But um, but look, either one, it, whichever one gets there first, I'm happy to I'm happy to post it. You know, so, you know but, the sad thing is about this whole hundred likes thing. I will say is the fact that um, at least at the time of releasing this, we would have released our Facebook pages and announced it the time of recording this we actually haven't made it public so the embarrassing thing here is matt is if in the week between when we've recorded this and released it if we've already gotten 100 likes and mate i'm i'm screwed like i've just screwed myself into a corner like what have i done hey, maybe maybe instead of a towel you can just use your kadena buff there hey, hey to... no, the towel's towel. fine towel's fine thanks the ta- um, okay <laughs> There are body issues with me. Like, there's not a thing. I'm not David. I don't have, like, a 12-pack, which people want to say. I've got a 12-pack of rolls, mate. Like, I haven't lost that much weight yet. Come on. Do what Sean did. She she just um, sat in the water in the ocean and put the towel on her head. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably end up just Photoshopping my head onto David's body or something like that, like, uh, just to, to, to prove that. I, I went back and I worked it out. So, um. I worked out when the auditions would have started and I would have only just turned 18 because I'm, I'm born in January. So I would have probably been 18 and two months when when the audition uh, process came out. So I, I literally just scraped through to be eligible to to apply. And uh, honestly, I we've got to get to that thousand followers because you're not as much as I don't want to have to post this video, you're going to want to see it. So you can give me as much shit as you want because it is terrible. It's probably more terrible. It's been a, it's been a while since I've, I've I've watched it, so it's probably even more terrible than I even remember. So yeah, if we can get to that thousand uh, followers, I'll definitely post it and let everyone have a look. What, what does that say about me that I'm willing to take my clothes off and put a buff over my bits for only a hundred likes, and yet you're you've got your clothes on um, and hair, and yet you 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 like nah, thousand likes for me, like gosh. <laughs> Well, well, I will say this. As much as I say my video was terrible, I don't think it was as terrible <laughs> as your golden towel challenge photo. So, uh, <laughs> Golden buff yeah. challenge now. We're, we're upping the ante. Oh, I want to see buffs covering bits now. It's all going for a towel. I went for a smaller... Buff smaller than a towel, Matt. Come on. Not that small. So, I mean, it's big enough to cover so, what was there, but, you know. So right now you're wearing the Kadena buff, but why did you choose the Tabara buff? Uh, well, because Tapara's the winning tribe, a bunch of winners from that tribe, and um, you know I felt like a winner for taking my clothes <laughs> off and doing that. So you're, you're you're a man of your word, mate. You're a man. Of, you said you would do it. We got to a, a thousand likes on Facebook so quickly. It was within you know less than twenty four hours, and and uh, yeah, it's a it's a credit to you, mate. You you stuck to your word. Well done. Yeah, that that's going to be something I'm going to be interested in is just how how secluded it really was, but. I think the location, what what the problem was is a, a Channel 10 season would not get away with ha- with shooting a season in Australia. It just, they wouldn't get away with it now. Like there's no way. It's, it's got to be done overseas. And and I do think as, as much as I 
in the end, I didn't. I came to terms with the fact it being shot in Australia, and and looking back now, I don't have an issue with it. Um, for that old season, you, you couldn't do it now. You, you just couldn't. It w- it would kill a season. Now, a new chapter is about to be written. The Australian outback, a land as challenging and mysterious as it is breathtaking, vast, untouched wilderness, soaring temperatures, deadly animals, the most extreme conditions ever seen on Australian Survivor. You talk about being disappointed that you you go to this place and you haven't left the country. The the survivors were flown to Adelaide, then blindfolded and put on a private jet, thinking that they're going to be flying hours away. The majority of them have packed bikinis and kind of all this sort of stuff, thinking they're going to a tropical island, and are incredibly surprised that they basically land 30 minutes after they've taken off from Adelaide Airport. So you can imagine landing in Adelaide, you've only landed 30 minutes later, you're like, oh, fuck, I'm near Adelaide. Uh- <laughs> Yeah, it would, <laughs> yeah, it would have been. You would have, you would have actually thought you were probably on the Joe Schmo show or something. Yeah, it's a bit of a, yeah. a prank show. You know, you, you would have started thinking, is this really Survivor or, or are they setting me up here? And I'll just also quickly add just on the style and the logo. I love this logo. I love the shark. I love. <laughs> you beat the me to it. I've been trying to get in to yeah. talk about the logo. <laughs> it's a there great logo. Looking at you. I'm sitting there looking at you in your Kadena bath with that logo. <laughs> How good is the logo? Honestly, like that logo is amazing. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. And um, I, you talk about the intro. My favourite shot of the whole intro is that bit at the end when you've got the shark biting the camera and then it fades into the thing. You've got that... Oh, don't stop, Ben. Going, oh, going. look, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll get naked and put my buff on again. I'll just do this video. Actually, no, I won't. I'm not doing that. Don't worry. Um... <laughs> That's I, I just, oh, yeah. Stop making credit. bets whoever on the show. With, whoever came up with that design, that you know, of the logo with the the whole boat, which is obviously the Great Beyond boat, which they do tribal at, and the and, and the, uh, the 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 shark underneath the survivor. I mean, it's it it is an amazing logo. And when I saw that guy, that was the first time I'd actually seen a shirt with the the logo on it. So. Um, I think listeners know that I I did have a, a, a one of the coffee mugs, but I never had it never had a shirt back in the day. So when when you uh, posted up uh, our, our listener that had the the original shirt, how good does that logo look on a black t shirt? I want I don't know about you guys, but I want one. We're gonna get one. I think we're gonna get one, and I feel like that's something that we should we should have because um yeah I think like it's kind of one of those things now that's kind of so old school and retro that you just kind of it's such a unique thing to wear that people would look at that and people just know the Channel Ten version like that's not what what's that logo that's strange. Ben, I can guarantee you we're gonna be uh, getting some shirts. I think I know whether we have for Christmas from Matt Dyson. <laughs> Contestants, I believe, would appear on the Today Show the next morning, a lot of media around it, and, and you know, very exciting things like that. Obviously, they do a lot of that today through Channel 10, but I, I don't believe all the Channel 10 contestants get a gig on the project the next night. Did you get the project and things like that at all? First boots aren't a priority. Oh, see, that's bullshit. Like, first boots are among the priorities, if you ask me. But um, You know, it's yeah. funny, it's funny, Ben, because I remember the season before me... Um, on the the morning the there's the yeah the Channel 10 morning show um 
I remember all the contestants got interviewed except for Joan, who obviously was a first boot as well. So when I became the first boot, yeah, unfortunately that phone wasn't ringing too much for, for any uh, for any interviews other than a couple of radio uh, radio shows. But um, yeah, you know. But yeah, back then, I mean, I'm, I, yeah, it was it was huge. It was absolutely huge. Well, you you got the distinction of getting a tweet from Clementine Ford, so not many people can get that one, at least out there. <laughs> but I, I mean, even the promotion thing around having a audition special the night before this aired. So this is something that I actually was only aware of recently because this official channel that are the the sort of the Castaway Production channel that are, are launching all these episodes, they've put on this audition special. So this aired the night before the uh, Australian Survivor premiere. And this is essentially, I'm just going to call it Australian Survivor's Funniest Home Videos because anyone who remembers Australian television in the 1990s and 2000s will remember Funniest Home Video Show. Australia, Australia, this is you. Do, 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 do. Joe Beth Taylor. Oh, God, I was like eight. And I was like, oh, she's she's pretty. I didn't know what that meant when I was like young. <laughs> But uh, loved it. It was a family. It was fun family entertainment on a Tuesday night. You watched funniest home videos. It was a great show. So this was still at that point a kind of a thing on Australian television. It was hosted by the esteemed Ben Dark of Getaway. Who like I sound like I'm bagging the guy out. I actually like Ben Dark. He was a great fun host. I loved Getaway. I used to love watching Getaway. So he was a, a presenter on that. And essentially he talks an hour's worth and shows a whole bunch of funny clips and basically goes through the motions of like, oh, some people did this and some people did that and kind of mixes it up with actual contestants who applied and you see some of their tapes. They add the the generic funniest home video sound effects when people are doing silly little things. And it's just a unique thing. Like in all seriousness, it's kind of a waste of time. Like it's kind of what's the point of this? But Again, it's it's a product of its time. Australia loved funny home videos. You didn't have YouTube. You didn't have this. You wanted to see people make dicks of themselves because you had some hilarious ones on here. And it was just unique, and it really kind of got you in the mood to watch it. There was a live studio audience. People were there wearing their buffs. They were talking about what they were doing and all this sort of stuff. Uh, there was a, a, a fantastically awkward one-on-one interview with Ethan Zahn, the then winner of you know Survivor, the most recent winner. Terribly awkward. Um, and then, of course, we had the competition, Matt, where you could win a mystery flight somewhere to the location of Australian Survivor before officially announcing all 16 contestants and boom, let's get excited for tomorrow night. So, yeah, it was a unique little thing to promote the show. Ben, let's cut the crap. That was, It was a hard watch. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, uh, yeah, look, I think when you watch it, you have to remember the time. Like, if, you, if that was on now, it would be, oh, I mean you'd be thinking, uh, what are they doing? They're killing the show straight away. But yeah, you're right. Back then, we had Funniest Home Videos, and they, I guess they did try to do it like that. Um, you know, when I recently watched it, I know I texted you and I said that that was a hard episode to get through. And, and it is now. Like I mentioned at the start of this podcast that this season, the se- season one actually holds up really well 17 years later. You know, I think the more time that goes past, the better it gets, but I can't say this for the uh, for the audition special. I think it was it might have been all right for back in in two thousand and two, but it probably needs to stay in two thousand and two. And one thing I want to note about I, I did like the fact that people are sitting in the buffs with their um, 
Tapara tribes and Kadena tribes. Uh, Kadena buffs, sorry. I thought that was pretty awesome. Like you, you look out and they, and they do a lot of shots of the crowd and everyone's in their their yellow and blue buffs. So I, I I I did think that was pretty cool. But do you remember, there was one, there was one interview that um that Ben Dark did with a, a lady and they she called herself Kitty and she was in a black leather yep. like yep yeah you know, kitten like a cat suit. <laughs> It was probably the most awkward 30 seconds of her life. Um, and even the questions Ben asked her, and, oh, you got to watch it. Like, if just for that moment, if you can get through the 40-odd minutes it goes for, it's actually worth it to see just how awkward it, it did get. But almost, yeah, look, almost as awkward as the Ethan interview. Uh. Hey, they went live to him, Ben. Was he, was he live, Matt? Was that not pre-recorded and sent across by the publicist and awkwardly cut together to make it look like it's live? I don't know. <laughs> look, I, I have a feeling, I have a feeling Ben Dark doesn't use that episode on his resume. <laughs> I, I, I'm so sad that we don't see Ben. I don't know what's happened to Ben Dark. Like, he's gone like dark. A, look, ben has gone dark. I don't know where he is. If, if any of the listeners listeners out there haven't watched season one yet and they plan to do do this for me go back and actually watch that episode first because ben was right they did actually air that the night before the the premiere episode so um yeah but but have a for a laugh go back and watch it but yeah it looked oh and please if you know where ben dark is let us know uh, because I think his family are worried about him. I'm not sure where he has gotten to. But it's, it's also a unique thing, too, to see the um, all the auditions. Because that was a cool thing that US Survivor did at that time, wasn't it? Kind of on the reunion, they would show, like, a clip of some of the, the audition tapes. And they, they don't do it anymore. But I actually liked seeing... You kind of see, like, a 10-second snippet of every single one. And this is a cool way of, I think, introducing each of them. And can I just point out... We'll talk about the cast in a minute, but Naomi is a Carlton fan, so I like Naomi even more. I didn't realise she was a Carlton fan. Good on you, Naomi. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's interesting. There, there were actually some funny characters um, that obviously didn't make it onto the show, but they, they would put their whole name up on the screen, and there was a, you know, they obviously a couple that were singing, they had a guitar and they're singing along, and and um, yeah, it was actually interesting. There was actually a few uh, a few videos that people put in that were actually pretty high quality for the time. I'm yeah. sure, like mine was terrible. Mine was low budget as you can get. You can know, you give us a teaser. Like, can you like like did uh, you do anything like that was unique? Did you just sit there uh, and brush your beautiful lock of hairs back then? Or okay, okay. I'll- <laughs> I- I'm gonna. I want to keep it secret until we get the thousand followers. But I will say this: even um, back then, I I used to shave my head because I used to, I played rugby. So in the rugby season, I'd always shave my head, my hair. So then I'd grow it in cricket season. So I actually, and then I, for some reason, I'd put my hair into a bag. I don't know why. I just, yeah. And I still had that bag. So in the, in the interview, uh, in the, sorry, in the, in the video I did up, I may have sort of glued some of that head hair onto my <laughs> facial hair to make out like I had a beard. This is how bad I'm talking. So I'm not going to give anything else away. But there, like I said, there is a reason why it didn't get on that, that audition special. And there was some glue terrible hair on your face. Like, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> there were some terrible ones on that audition, that special. But uh, look, honestly, I think let's not waste any more time on that, that, that episode because it, it was really terrible. Well, one, one thing I do want to do here, Matt, we shared during the week um, a little screenshot of a number that was posted on the screen because I mentioned this uh, mystery flight kind of uh, competition thing that was going on where basically viewers watching this episode, um, if they rang a number 
And all they had to do, I think, was name like one or two of the contestants that were going to be on it. They would grow in the draw to win a trip to the location of Australian Survivor, which I think at this point they didn't announce it. They just kept saying, like, mystery flight, mystery flight. So what I thought would be fun here, uh, what we could do, because this was 17 years ago. Um, I'm, I'm it's saying here on the screen that competition closes at 11.59pm Eastern Standard Time on the 12th of February 2002. Not sure if we've missed that. So I thought, why not let's give this call a number? Because I don't know. 17 years later, have, has this number... Uh, basically disappeared. Like, like, what do you think's happened to it? So, I'm gonna try a, a little experiment here. We're gonna treat this like it's live. So this could completely like I could end up calling a sex line here. I don't actually know where this is gonna go. <laughs> you, you took the words out of my mouth. It, I I want nothing to do with it if it ends up being a sex hotline. All right. So this I'm just gonna do this. Everyone at home, like this is one nine zero two double five three. Six one four. Uh, let's uh, see where this gets us, and uh, hopefully, if I disconnect you, Matt, I'm sorry. I I want you to hear this. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Let's just press this, and uh, did that even? Oh, hang on, something's ringing. Let's just see what happens here. I'm excited. Ah, oh, unable contact blocked by Skype. Ah, oh, no. Well, that's disappointing. Probably is a sex <laughs> phone line. Ah. Oh. Damn it. I'm not going to win the mystery flight. That's disappointing. Let's, well, let's, be, let's be honest. It's only down to, to South South Australia anyway. It's not like the... Well, it was to the location, wasn't it? So it would have been... Imagine if you lived down in Adelaide and then you yeah. find out you just... You may as well just drive there. You may as well say... You, you would actually almost say to them, look, don't worry about the flight. Just get me a fancy limo and yeah. beers and champagne and just drive me there. We'll go there. That'd be the one chance you win a you win a trip in your entire life, and you're just going down the road. Basically, that'll be your luck, wouldn't it? Um, you really think we would what have uh, tested it? that before we uh, went on air, wouldn't you? But uh, anyway, <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> I would. Lo- hey, we're all live here, Ben. We don't yes. we don't cheat and try things. Live. We don't do that on ASA. I know. Um, I would love to know who won that competition. There's probably absolutely no way of finding out, but it would be interesting to actually find out who won and what actually happened. I'm putting it out there right now. Uh, the two people, three people that we want to contact us in the history of ASA. We want Ben Dark. Let us know you're all right, mate. I'm sure your family's still worried. <laughs> we want Kitty Galore, woman in a, a tight leather outfit in the audience. All right. And we want the winner of the mystery flight competition. I mean, they could be still be waiting, Matt. Like Channel 9 could be stingy. Oh, I don't know. Shit. They could be like, fuck, where's the flight? I want to go. I want to see Whaler's <laughs> Way. <laughs> They could still be trapped on this private property down at yeah. Wales. Well. <laughs> Never left the property. Maybe, maybe, maybe they were swept off the rocks and they're just swimming with the sharks or something like oh, that. I don't know. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, it, it could possibly be the only prize in history that they, when they found out they won and found out where they were going, they were like, oh, fuck it, don't worry about it. What, what do you think was a bigger prize in 2002, Matt? The, um, the, the Sale of the Century uh, showcase or the... Uh, <laughs> the mystery flight prize offered by Ben Dark. Oh, shit. Does Ben maybe Dark ben, does maybe, he go along with maybe you? Ben, maybe Ben Dark won it. <laughs> he was the only entry. They're like they get after the show. They're like they've cut to Nightline or whatever was on air back then, and they're going, "Oh, oh Ben, oh, there's been no one calling. Oh, I'll call through. How you going? I'd like to enter the mystery flight competition. <laughs> Name and Ben was- Dark. Name a contestant. <laughs> uh, Katie." He took a plus one and he took Kitty Galore. <laughs> That's his wife now. They got married. They've got a, three kids and a 
at a mansion. Oh. All the getaway money. <laughs> Why are we talking about oh. Ben Dark? This is ASA, Matt. Oh. We're talking about this getaway archives coming soon he, to he's a, iTunes. He's a part. He's a part of history. He's <laughs> yes. a part of Australian you, history. You're absolutely right. Who would ever have thunk it that in 2019 we can sit here and say in the franchise of Australian Survivor, Ben Dark and Ian Dick and Dicko Dixon are related in some way because they've both been on Australian Survivor. <laughs> Oh, they I'm were both on Celebrity Apprentice. I wonder if they talked about that when they were on Celebrity Apprentice. Hey, Dicko, how you doing? Man? Oh, good, Ben. How are you? Oh, Australian Survivor. Yeah, that's us. Woo! I'm glad you just gave a shout-out to Dicko, too, because I, I, I feel like we sometimes neglect him when we, we talk about JLP and Lincoln. But, you know, Dicko did host a season as well. I think Dicko has his own planet when it comes to his hosting style. Yeah. We'll get to Dicko. Uh, don't worry. I'll, I'll have some... Positive and negative things to say. Because, Matt, remember, play hard, play fair, but play to win. Play to win. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh, oh, season two is going to be awesome. I want We're Lincoln. on season one at the moment, so let's stick to season one. I want Lincoln oh. to give us that next week. That's on the bucket list. Get Lincoln to give us a dicko impersonation. Play hard, play fair, but play to win. I think the thing too as well is uh, one thing that we can talk a lot about on these seasons and you know I'm going to bring it up because there's a certain state that's never been represented on this show in six seasons. Um, Let me just take the headphones off for a second. (laughs) He's he's getting sick of this crap. (laughs) I don't have to hear it. Um, (laughs) God, two episodes (laughs) in and people are already sick of me going on. But you know it's, it's... with, if for people who may be listening to us overseas and don't know the geography of Australia, there are six states and two territories, so we've only kind of got eight, basically, uh, areas where you can be represented. We don't have the 50 states um, of the US. So this first season, um, no South Australians, as I mentioned, no Queenslanders, Matt, in the very first oh, really? season. We did not have a Queenslander play Australian Survivor till season three when you outnumbered everyone. There was the most in season three. So um, we had nine people from New South Wales, more than half the cast represented from New South Wales, which, again, people who are unfamiliar, the most popular state in all of Australia. That's where Sydney is. Uh, Four from Victoria. So the two most popular states uh, equate to 13 of the 16 cast members. One Western Australian. One Northern Territorian, and we would not have another Northern Territorian until Nova played in Season 6. And one from the ACT, and interestingly with the ACT, we had one in Season 1, one in Season 2, two in Season 3, and we've not had one since. So, um, see, this is the thing. This is is my gripe about Tasmania, Matt, is that you have (laughs) ACT in Northern Territory, smaller than Tasmania in terms of population, represented... And not one Tasmanian. I, I don't want this bullshit of people messaging me in. Shane Gould is Tasmanian. Shane Gould lives in Tasmania. That is correct. But she is as Tasmanian as Matt is. All right. She she lives there for a couple of years. Oh. She she won all her Olympic medals for, for New South Wales. She swum for them. To me, she is not Tasmanian. I'm sorry, Shane. I'm glad you live in our state. Go stay at her Airbnb. I'm sure it's fantastic. But she's not Tasmanian, all right? Just stop I think, it. I, I think I'm going to start up a tally to see how many times on ASA <laughs> I can get you to to rant and rage about the uh, no Tasmanians on the season, I think. And you'll probably do it every episode until finally someone from Tasmania gets cast. But I think, I think I'm going to keep a tally. Can because, I just uh, I just want to point out that arguably the greatest reality television contestant in Australian television history comes from Tasmania, Reggie Bird. Season three winner of Big Brother Australia, 
maybe the greatest reality contestant ever to grace the screens of Australian television and not one fucking Tasmanian on Australian Survivor. So I'm just starting up a new tally for how many times you mentioned Reggie as well. <laughs> we love you, Reggie. You're great. Oh, you're, um, like a, I love, you're like a wind-up doll. I've just got to bait you a little <laughs> bit and wind it up. Wind it up and let you go. Don't worry. Uh, I've got plenty of ammo for you, my friend. Let's. Uh, we won't mention a certain police tape uh, on your uh, intro episode. <laughs> Constable Senior Matt Dyson, do you realise how fast you were going? <laughs> How many takes did it honestly get you to uh, do that properly? No, honestly, I'm not going to wait until we get to my season because I don't want to spoil what <laughs> how that all went down. I don't want to spoil it. Oh, goodness me. And it's exactly why I've got involved in this podcast with you, Ben, because, you know, I'm a, I'm a massive super fan of Survivor. So, you know, I, I really am doing this for the fans to be able to, you know, get all these stories back out in the open, untold stories. We're getting Lincoln on. We've got contestants lined up. We're talking about Whaler's Way, for God's sake. I mean, how good is that, Whaler's Way? We need we to get talk- the mayor of Port Lincoln on this show. I don't think it would be the same one as him. I mean, it could be. It could be a bloody good mayor, and he's been in there for nearly two decades. But I'm telling you now, if we can score ourselves a free trip to Whaler's Way and promote the shit out of that beautiful part of Australia, then, mate, we've done our job. Visit Whaler's Way. Hashtag visit Whaler's Way. But they they need to give us three tickets because we are taking Kitty Galore with us. Yeah, exactly. We're tra- and Ben Dark, uh, four tickets. We're, we're bringing him back. Bringing him back. Ben, ben Dark's probably the mayor of Port Lincoln. There he is. He's moved to Port Lincoln. He loved it so much on his mystery flight. He moved there. Matt, you're, you're the second greatest first boot in the history of Australian Survivor. There, there is no question we will rank all six of them at some point. By the time we do that, there might be seven or eight. We don't know yet. But right now, there's six. You're number two. I'm just quickly, I mean, where'd you, would you rank yourself at number two? You're fine with the silver medalist right now? Uh, I'm just sitting back and letting, letting you rank me. I'm happy. <laughs> if you rank me number two, I'll go with that. <laughs> Cable, is he number two? I just want to inflate his ego or uh, deflate I'll, it. Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, cool. Well, the number but, one. But the other first but. <laughs> The other first boots, they're awesome as well. They are. They are. Particularly one in this episode, which is going to have a big deal next week. Cable, I'm sure, like, again, you, you did you have a similar thing in terms of the, the anticipation? Did you block out the nights when you were working? Yeah, it's funny you bring it up, and it's all sort of flooding back to me, but I was actually with my girlfriend at the time. We had done a road trip to Queensland that she really wanted to do on Byron Bay, and we decided to drive, and... We were actually on the way back, and from memory, I knew the date the show was supposed to start, but I didn't know. I don't think the surviving, survival, the you know the first episode, uh, the Ben Dark episode. Sorry, I'm losing my words for a second, but um, I didn't know that was going to be on. And then I'm like, oh, I've got to see that. So halfway back to Melbourne. I sort of did this whole thing with, oh, I think we need to stop and we're a bit tired from driving, all that sort of stuff, so we could stay in a motel so I could watch it. Because like Matt said in a previous episode, like you can't just catch up on that stuff. You've got to have faith that your video recorder is set and ready to go or someone's going to tape it for you. And you know what? I never really had a lot of faith in that sort of stuff. So I'm like, no, I want to. So we stopped and, and paid for a motel. We probably couldn't get through. I just would have missed it. But yeah, I had to watch it. So the same thing, I'd been on leave and, yes, yeah, so that next day I was sort of finally back in Melbourne and uh, a couple of hours later, the, you know, sitting down for the episode and 
had the VCR ready and the, the remote control ready to pause the ads and all that sort of stuff, yeah. Pausing the ads, yes. I would. I just went through such a phase of taping so many things off TV, like movies, because you'd want them to keep. But yes, the pausing of the ads. Like, kids these days don't know the drama you had to have when you were taping these mm. things off TV because you had to pause it and then you had to... If you went to the toilet and got a drink and all of a sudden an ad was quickly over, you were like, shit, 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 and missed like 30 seconds of it and things like that. Jeez, that's bringing back some memories there, Cable. Good job. Well, do you remember the motel you booked? Like, can you go back and get a photo? I'm like, hey, this is the motel. I watched the first nah, episode. Nah, nah. <laughs> it's be country, country Victoria, country New South Wales somewhere, yeah. It, it brings me brings back good memories about that pausing of the VHS. I totally forgot about those days. Jeez, yeah, far out. That That's crazy. Because, I, yeah, I had taped all of Africa, um, so I was kind of on a trend there of really taping survivor but um i think i have touched on that you know you 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 do kind of have that bit of a letdown and maybe we'll talk about this at the end of the episode of kind of like a lot of people like wow this isn't what i was expecting this isn't survivor but uh you know obviously we we can we can touch on that the thing that i did try to find which is very tricky to find a lot of this sort of stuff on online now sadly uh, and I'm unfortunately not in the right country to be able to go to a library and track down an old newspaper to look at the old TV guide. But um, I was trying to kind of see what was on a Wednesday night on, on Channel 9 back in 2002. From from memory, we would have probably had like a, a current affair or something on it, like seven. I, I don't know if Sale of the Century, I think it was called Temptation back then, was on around about that time. Uh, I think Money with Paul Clitheroe was on around about on a Wednesday night. Like, all these random ones I'm remembering from my childhood. But um, I'm sure, like, it was followed by some version of CSI or Without a Trace, you know. We, I think Without a Trace is very important for Australian Survivor. You know, a certain brother ended up hosting Australian Survivor and his brother mm. was a star of that, so... It's important to remember too that uh, a lot of a lot of family homes only had the one TV, mm. so it's not like now where every room seems to have a TV and mm. you know everyone can just watch different stuff. It was like you had one TV in the living room and you all had to agree on what you were going to watch. So yeah. you know for the families, if it was like, well, it's going to be Survivor, so everyone's got to get into it. Yeah, and I think that's that's a very important thing to make in, in the context of television. Like all jokes aside about the the VHSs, but as we've mentioned before and we'll constantly mention, you know, this is this is pre things like catch up TV and and things like that. And I mean, even seeing on some of this promotional material, like in in the official guide that we've talked a lot about, you know, seeing them mention like nine msn.com.au forward slash survivor and you know, things like this, it's kind of it's very early days of the internet, so it was very basic stuff. So you were still relying on a lot of this news and things like that from newspapers. I've mentioned about I've got that preview article from the Herald Sun, you know, TV Week. I used to get that at the time. That had some extensive articles and all this sort of stuff. So it it was a very different time, which, you know, I'm sure some of our younger listeners who have grown up on television a certain style, like as Matt said, you had one TV. DVD players were very fresh and new back then. It was almost a luxury to have mm. one. There weren't DVD yes. recorders. There weren't, you know, DVRs and things like that. So you were recording on VHS um, and things like that. So um, yeah. And then you were trying to buy you were trying to buy tapes that went for four hours. The the LP, the long play the, ones, yeah. or you put it on short play. Well, yeah. Well, you get the four-hour four tape, right. and then and then you could, if you had the long play player, you got eight hours out of the tape. But then I used to always snap the the, the uh, little uh, tab off so it couldn't be taped over. So once I sort of taped it, no one could actually accidentally tape over it. 
I wasn't a tab uh, remover, but I was a long player. Swore by the long play. Which was frustrating, though, because I think I had a black and white TV in my room at the time with an old VHS player that wasn't long play. So if I would record the one in my lounge room on long play, go, oh, sweet, I'm going to rewatch that in my bedroom. Then all of a sudden you got like really fast because it wouldn't work. So, oh, God, this is great memories. I really miss those. I miss chicken feed. I- Tasmania's chicken feed where you can buy these tapes like you can buy like a five pack of three hour tapes or like five bucks or something like that mm. and did you remember remember they used to have a thing I'm pretty sure it would have been around when this was airing they had the thing the G code yes you had the uh, yes yes you had the code that you could put in that would actually program it to know. But it was always off because, like, the times never, you know, because, like, mm-hmm. a current affair would run over by, like, three minutes. So, of course, yeah. G-code would start through, but then you yes. would lose the line. So you, I would always manually do it and set it, like, 10 minutes before and 10 minutes after. Yeah, yeah. You know, blood G-code was an amazing thing. Kids these days don't know the joys of G-code. I, th- <laughs> I think they uh, have got all this young generation now listening to this uh, Googling G-code. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so back, we're, back. Here, we're here to tell the we're here to tell the history of Australian Survivor, and if that means the ex, extra <laughs> stuff around that, then they've got to learn it. But back in that day, Matt, though, you wouldn't even be able to Google it. You'd have to go to Ask Jeeves. What is G code? Alta Vista. <laughs> the bus pulls up, and we've got Lincoln standing on the cliff. I kind of, you know, just hanging on there. One thing I will say that this intro is missing is kind of a. You know, a Lincoln standing over the cliff with his arms next to each other. And, you know, for the next 39 days, these 16 Australians. Like, you know, I sound a bit like Dicko there. But, you, you know, Probst was doing it a little bit at that point. Dicko did it. You know, I think that's the one thing I will say that he, this is missing. Why do you immediately go into Dicko? <laughs> you immediately go into the Dicko voice every time. Because, like, you think about each of the hosts, right? Lincoln's just this calming sort of, you know... He's very, you can tell he's been a journalist on TV. Like, he's got that sort of announcer voice. Like, I'm Lincoln Howes and this is Survivor. You know, Jonathan Apali has kind of got that, you know, these Australians are going to be playing a game. Like, you just want to look at JLP because he's hot. Whereas whereas Lincoln, uh, with Dicko, he's, he's, oh, no, I'm Dicko and play hard and play to win and I'm on Survivor. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just, he's the funnest to do out of all the three hosts. <laughs> I do like, though, when they put their hands up for this challenge. I just, I really am never going to have anything negative to say against Katie. I really don't think I am because I just love straight away where Katie's like, I swim six games a day, I can do this. And they're like, okay. Like, it's kind of, and then Craig's like, oh, I live near the beach. Yeah, I'll give it a go. <laughs> like, it's just... <laughs> Katie's just like, yeah, I'll do it. They're like, yeah, Katie. Okay, yeah. I'll live near a beach. Kadena, <laughs> r- right from the start, we knew Kadena were just going to be way too chilled for oh. this game. Like, they just, here's, here's Katie. you got Katie and other characters on Tapara. That I mean, they, they were ready to start, you know, chopping heads off on, yeah. on minute one. And you and you got Kadena that's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You yeah. Know, we'll just go with the flow. Yeah, no, no. I've seen water once or twice in my life. I, I reckon I could probably go in it, and yeah, no, I think possibly. Meanwhile, Sylvan's in the back, probably having a sleep. As soon as you see Tapara, it's just like it's like a workhorse. Like Lance is like, let's put a rope over there. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do that. Whereas Katina are just kind of like, oh, oh, it's not very big. Oh, it's a beautiful camera. Oh, okay. Um, I, I do just love the way they just kind of opposing tribes do it. 
then I love the intersecting between the two tribes here where they don't know how to undo a bloody shovel. And, and who is it that doesn't know what to do? Sylvan. Oh, it looks simple, doesn't it? We hear that about three times from Sylvan not knowing how to get a shovel open. But, but I absolutely love, he obviously gives up on it. And then David Haas later on, he's trying to do it. And he's determined that he will not be beaten by the shovel. But he still can't get it open. Oh, it's just, it's just Kadena in a nutshell. It's like, oh, we're going to do this. Yep, this is going to be great. And they just can't do anything with it. And then we, we cut to Tapara and the quote of the episode, which I'm pretty sure is coming from Tim. It might be coming from, I don't know. I swear it's Tim. But we hear when they're tying up the ropes, all those late night bonding sessions have come in good. <laughs> I I have listened to that back <laughs> numerous times and I can't work out if it is actually Tim or someone in the background. Whoever whoever it was that said it, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Well, I don't think it's Rob and I don't think it's Joel. So I think it's either Lance or Tim that is saying it. I, I think it's Tim because you do get like a scene in a minute with him and it's kind of just his, his voice and just his style. I think Tim's just kind of very chilled. He's kind of like the cool uncle, like, you know, just the, the thing he says. So, but I just, I just love that this, it's just such a random bleak and you miss moment. And it's another one of these things out. Like every time I watch this, it's just Sylvan's bored and doesn't want to do anything. And I just think Tim's just wanting to tie people up and have some fun with them. Like it's just, <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. And again, Joel's exuberance here, like, oh, oh, yeah. we're going to light this fire. Who's, is that your journal, is it? Oh, bloody hell. Oh, oh you can write about that in your journal. Like, Joel, <laughs> Joel's on fire. Like, Joel loves it. But then in the meantime, switch back over to Kadena. Uh, there's a snake. And what does Sylvan say in his confessional? Oh, yeah, we saw a snake. Oh, I thought they were a myth. <laughs> <laughs> I love Sylvan. Like, I just, just, Sylvan's just bored and doesn't know what he's doing and he thinks snakes aren't real. Would, would he have to go down as the most chilled survive, Australian Survivor contestant of all time? He, he would have to be up there because on the top of my head, I can't think of one that comes close to him being as, like, as chilled as Sylvan. Very oh. naive as well, I think. Yeah. <laughs> He just, like, he just doesn't know what he wants. He doesn't know where he is. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know what a snake is. And then you cut across to um, Kadena, and it's already going wrong for him. Like, all of a sudden, you've got Dave Haas, who I will talk very highly (laughs) of on this show. I love David Haas. I think he was well before his time, and we'll talk a lot more about him later. But... um, but yeah, it, it cuts over to Kadena and bang, all of a sudden, David Haas, day two, sick. You know, so it just shows you they do not get off to a good start as a tribe. Is he the first and last person that's got sick and had a head massage to rectify that? <laughs> <laughs> well, could he possibly have been bunging it on a little bit? I don't know. <laughs> From what we are led to believe, he, he and um, I think a couple of the others got a little bit too uh, intoxicated the night before and uh, didn't realise that they were meant to have a big old breakfast the next morning on day one. So um, we're led to believe, and we'll have to confirm this with David, uh, you know, should we get him on, is uh, he might have been just not not too well from a big night of drinking and then didn't eat, and then kind of two days later it's kind of coming back. But it is, it's very unique, isn't it, though, like how straight away we cut to him being sick, 
and then we're going to get into this challenge where it's kind of like, oh, and David is going to be sitting out. Um, like, it's just, it's really interesting. I will say the one thing that I was uh, happy about was the mention of uh, Abel Tasman, the closest thing we'll get to a Tasmanian mm. connection in Australian Survivor history. So... Um, <laughs> Thanks very much in the very first episode there. But uh, to par a win, uh, Jane gets the uh, the very hard question right because she just, again, just answer false for everything. You'll get there eventually. Um, I do love Joel's exuberance with the bell and kissing it and just everything along there. Um, and this is kind of where, you know, back to my point about how something this season does not brilliantly is kind of sell why a person is going home. Again, early days of Survivor, it's not like today where you're going to have back and forth some red herrings thrown your way to believe someone else is going home because realistically, we I think we all know it's going to be Lucinda because clearly Lucinda feels guilty here for losing it. She has a very famous confessional about, you know, physically I'm just not up there with you guys. I do love it when she tells that and there's kind of like an awkward silence and then someone's like, oh, well, if that's how you feel. Um, and then Tim sort of saying he doesn't know, it could be him. Deb straight away is like, oh, I knew, I know who I was going to vote for. I absolutely love David Haas here. He's random, yep. the most random confessional. Yeah, yeah. Well, if push comes to shove, my vote would be for Karen. <laughs> and then it just cuts to Karen. <laughs> and Karen's like, oh, I don't really want to do this, but I think we have to. Like, it's just, that's a Sylvan confessional. Like, that's, I wish that was Sylvan, but it's it's David who's just like, oh, might be and, Karen. And that's what I love. That's what I love about Dave Haas so much is, even when he's sick as a dog, he's already had to sit out one challenge. He's, you know, he's struggling. Yet he's he's still thinking about, like he's still thinking about the game. Like he he's, you know, yes, Lucinda was the easy vote, but he's still thinking above that, thinking, oh, I'd, I'd love to get Karen out, you know. And even then, like on day three, he's recovering from sickness. He's still wanting to play the game dirty. I love it. Matt, Matt, be honest. The only reason you like him is because he's bald. Come on. <laughs> can, hey, he's can a great I... character. 2018, we had Solo, a Star Wars story. 2002, we had Solo, a sponsorship story because bloody hell, they love their Solo, don't they? I've already got my Solo chilling in the fridge. True story. For next episode, (laughs) I've already got it chilling in my fridge, a 10-pack of canned Solos. (laughs) Watching all this Survivor lately, the old school Survivor, it's got me drinking Solo again. I want you every week to be eating your Lay's chips and Solo. I want to, I want a selfie every single week with a different flavour of Lay's and Solo and Pepsi. Well, I, I don't. Can you get Lay's in Australia anymore? I know I went to Coles and they don't sell Lay's at Coles. So I'd, I don't live in Australia. Table down there. I don't know. Does anyone? <laughs> yeah. No, but was it? Isn't Lay's just rebadged as something else here? Is it? I don't know. I thought it was. Well, Lay's, but Lay, we shot it in Australia, so unless unless over time they renamed it. Let's yeah, contact I, Lay's and get some chips sent to us. You think we can give away our listeners some th- Lay's chips th- 17 years later? I We're giving them free publicity here. I think Lay's was like definitely the the name of the brand or the company, but then they have all the different products. So but let's, well, I'll research. Let's research. <laughs> Well, well, no, let's put it out there to our listeners. Can we get someone to research it, just a listener, and send us in? Um, at least that way we know people are, are listening to this end part. But, uh, yeah, if, if there's any listeners out there that can maybe send in a, a little thing to our in, uh, Facebook or Instagram and tell us, where can you get Lay's Chips from or is it uh, known by another name? Breaking news. Uh, Reddit post from three years ago. 
Somebody said, what happened to Lay's? Are they still sold anywhere in Australia? I suddenly remember that I used to be able to buy Lay's chips when I was a kid. Then they disappeared. I assumed it was because the company collapsed or something. But are they still sold? They are still sold in other countries. Um, basically, it says here, Lay's bought out Smith's in the 1990s, released Lay's and stopped off Smith's oh. advertising to try and make Lay's after about 10 years. Smith's were still out selling Lay's, so they gave up and rebranded Lay's as Smith's Thins. Uh, yep. So in 2004... All Lay's chips became Smith's. There you go. Yeah. So so now I'm going to go get some Smith's Thin. Is it Thin? <laughs> Smith's Thin. So that, that's basically the Lay's, but it's just yep. not the crunchy ones, the thin ones. I'm a light and tangy man. I used to love those light ah, and I don't mind a bit of light and tangy, but I'll still have my solo thirst, thirst crusher oh. by my side next episode. As long as it's not Pepsi, because no one drinks Pepsi. Come on now. That, <laughs> no, I've got I still, I. I still can't go past the old Doritos and Mountain Dew mix. Oh, yeah, yes. no, that's a good one. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I like a good Dorito. You're making this man right now on a keto diet very sad. I just want to point that out. <laughs> My name is TV's Ben Waterworth. Ah. <laughs> and that noise you hear, Ben, is me cracking a solo because you're right, we've got a episode or recap two <laughs> to get through tonight and it's all about solo hey everyone as you know my name's matt dyson and how good is that ben's being referred to as the tv's ben waterworth I, is that like tv's ben dark i don't know oh well i hope not i don't want to go missing uh you know i, I would prefer to have a career after the age of whatever age ben dark is but um yes i was referred to during the week uh, by a Survivor memes account on Instagram as TV's Ben Waterworth. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. I don't know what TV you're watching. Maybe there's some hidden cameras in my house that I don't know about. But, um, you know, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. But, yes, this episode today, proudly sponsored by Solo. Legally, probably not allowed to say that, but I don't care. We're a... Upstart podcast that would gladly welcome an endorsement. We have no affiliation with PepsiCo as a company, but by all means, if you're listening, Thirst Quencher is solo. Grab one now because if you're thirsty, solo's the way to go. If you're not drinking a solo while listening to this episode or watching the episode, are you really a 2002 Whaler's Way Survivor fan? That's a question I ask. I, I think you're onto something there. And I, and I want to say right now, I want people to send us a picture of them drinking a can of Solo this week listening to ASA because that is that is the way to go, all right? Lay's chips, if you've got some sitting around the house, maybe you've been there, I think, since 2004, I think, whenever they went up to Smith's. Probably a bit mouldy by now, but hey, look, you know, you might be a brave soul, but wash it down with a refreshing can of beautifully crisp and golden Solo. Great, it's fantastic. And you're gonna you're gonna need a nice solo to get through it because we've got so much to talk about, Ben. Now, Joel, again, enthusiastic, energetic, you know, come on guys, we're gonna do it that too, got that wrong. Whoa, 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 Joel, like go Joel. What a guy. Sylvan, not a peep. He's just pulling, not even doing anything. <laughs> He's just probably just thinking about saving life. his energy, Ben. He's <laughs> saving his energy. He wants thinking about writing about a kid's book or something like that. Um but I like it's, I mean, he goes gaga as soon as they win the challenge. They're all jumping up and Did down. Did he want to be there? Did no, he want to be there? No, no. He still doesn't want to be there. I, I think that <laughs> he's still sitting around 17 years later going, man, what did I do? I don't know. Like, 
Sylvan. Um, but I, the, there's, there's one unique little moment when they're celebrating. Karen has this really weird, she turns to Craig. She's like, we did it. Like, what is that? <laughs> and, and while that happens, you actually hear, I think we hear for Tim for the first time, he yells out, never give up. And I yeah. love that because it shows Tim. He, you just hear him yelling out, never give up. You know, and it shows his character. Like he, he's obviously a real, like he wants to win. He's, he's unlike Sylvan, who's just like, ah, oh, well, we'll see what happens. Tim was there. Like he knew how important it was to win. He wanted to win. But there was an interesting little period there with Karen because, yeah, she, she sort of gives that look. And then, then it shoots to a confessional with her. And it, I, I, I actually rewound it and watched it a second time when I was, when I was watching it yesterday. And, uh, she says it was good. It was a good feeling seeing Tapara walk away sad. Yeah, and I just like. And then they do the shot of Tapara walking away, all disappointed with their head down. And it, you know, I thought I thought that was a good little confessional by Karen because obviously she didn't care that like that that they were feeling like shit. Like she wanted to win as well. For all for all the mateship, and this is the first time I think we've used the M word at all in ASA. For all the mateship talk that this season is tainted by. You've got to admit, there is some trash talking going on early on. We obviously had the Katie confessional last week, and this week, as you said, Karen's like, I love seeing them walk away sad. Like, I love this competitive trash talk we get early on in this season. Yeah, and and another thing to remember is these are only 43-minute episodes. It's not like the ones now in Australia where they can go upwards of, you know, uh, 90 minutes. I think we're still watching Um, the finale, aren't we, from uh, season six? So, yeah, they are limited to what they can show, but you're right, a lot of trash talk and good trash talk too. Uh, oh, you know me, Ben, I love a good trash talking. Absolutely. But I, and speaking of loving a good thing, Craig fucking loves his solo. Like, Jesus Christ, that shot of him, like, good-looking rooster, chilling on a can of fresh, crisp solo. Like, there's your money shot right there. I, I want that. Like, we will put that up on our social media. Slow motion, Craig drinking his solo. But he didn't. He didn't love it enough to want to get stuck into him straight away. Because we, the next shot is straight back at camp with Kadena and poor Tim. He just, he just wants a solo can. Yeah. Like, and, and Craig kills the mood and says, "Oh, well, I'm not going to have mine now." And then Tim's like, "Oh, okay. Like, I'll leave mine." Because then they're like, "No, no, no, no. Drink it, drink it." And they're like, "No, no. I'll wait with the team." Like, what was Craig? Just drink the, just drink the solo. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a strange little moment, isn't it? Because um. He's kind of like, no, no, I'm going to have mine later. And then sort of, but like, it's it's weird because I, I, I love this, how this ties into David's confessional when he's like, we're too bureaucratic. Like, you know, I'm just the type of guy I just wants to go ahead and do it. And like, I'm really like joining your your fan club here because I'm really seeing this Davidness, the Davidness, that's what we're going to call it. Because it is very much like that. They get back to camp. They struggle opening the box. Again, bloody Kadena can't open shit, can they? Um, <laughs> David and Tim are trying to open this thing. Who's just standing there and observing? Sylvan, of course, just staring. At least we don't get 10, you know, uh, little comments from him this week. It's so hard. It's so hard. I can't do it. How do you think it would be easy, wouldn't you? Um, but yeah, and like literally, and I hate being a 17-year-old here and saying literally all the time, but Tim is like, oh, there's enough for everyone. Let's all have one now. And yeah, yeah, let's have one now. And then Craig, no, I'm going to have mine later. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I'm happy with water. Yeah, we'll have them later. And like it's just literally like David is so right here. <laughs> I oh, know you're right. That that confessional from David. Oh, th- this is a great episode for David. It's such a shame he 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 goes. You know, obviously next episode because, and I'm glad you're jumping on the bandwagon with me. Finally, 
you've got on the David Haas bandwagon. Like, this I'm guy there. is gold. Like, he's one of the best characters of the season. And just that confession where he, he's had enough. Like, this is what, day four, and he's, all, he's just had enough. He's had everyone with all the pleasantries, you know, having to sign off on triplicate, as he says. You know, he's like, it just doesn't sit well with him. This is a guy that, you know what, if he wants to solo can, he's going to do it. Obviously, Tim's the same, but... Tim was a bit more, I guess Tim was playing that, he was playing smart. He was like, oh, no, maybe I do want it, but ooh, I might just have to wait and I'll do it with the group. Where, I, you know, deep down, Dave would have been thinking, just shut up and get, you know, have a solo camp. <laughs> I actually, one thing too that we, I, I gelled over a, a fantastic David confessional before when uh, they were talking about the fish and the water smelling. And then David said, oh, you know, even when I wash my hair, oh, the little hair that I have, it smells like fish. <laughs> like, just fantastic. Like, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you there. Like, sign me up. Sign still delivered with the David fan club. This is, he's, he's fantastic. Oh, I'm, gl- I'm, I'm glad you're on board because, yeah, he gives us plenty more good good stuff this episode that we'll cover no doubt i don't think we've really given much i mean we haven't really had a chance to talk too much about deb but i think kind of the deb stuff we're getting is really good because deb, deb's just like deb's the female joel she's just loving life she's just loving being there like everything is fantastic and great because even when she's sitting here and we're like ah oh, we're the kadena battlers she's got this big smile on her face and like just like she's just the type of person you just want to bump into in the supermarket and G'day, Deb. How you going? Great. Oh, you've got all your solo in your trolley there. Fantastic. Let's go have a solo together. Like, absolutely brilliant. Who else would ruin this moment, of course? Sylvan. Just just a oh, little bit. Having a bit of a this complaint This is so there. good. I can't talk. This is so good. I've been waiting for this moment to come up. He, he's, he's, you know, talking about the thorough different extremes. And then he talks about that he doesn't know how much longer he can last. But can I, can I just add... That there's an even better, like, moment that really, like, it's a real blink-and-you-miss-it moment, but it just completes this whole little two-minute Sylvan whinge fest here. So after he does the, oh, I don't know how long I can last, we've got Tim, you know, mate, I can sleep on a rock. Like, you know, Tim just being great. He's cleaning out his solo can, and, you know, I think we've got that Deb confessional there where, you know, Tim's great, all this sort of stuff. And then all of a sudden they get the setup scene with Tim and the fishing rod, and he's like, oh, yeah, fishing rod, I, mate, Probably aren't Australian not to know how to do this. There's silence. Sylvan literally just said that and goes, <sighs> and then like rolls his eyes and like turns away. Like he's just, it's, I don't know why I find this so funny from like, oh, I'm so sick of being here too. Tim's just being nice and Tim's just like, <sighs> like so Who the funny. hell on day five is already questioning how long they're gonna last? Like when I when I heard him say that, I'm like, no, 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 Sylvan, like you're not doing yourself any favors here, mate. Like, oh, it, it is, and it just sums up his character. And I don't look. Is that why he got cast? Maybe, like maybe they knew that this is the type of person he was gonna be. I don't know, but <laughs> it, it just it just goes throughout the whole time of him on the show. And it is a great line, but yeah, poor old, poor old David too. Isn't he having a bit of a tough time oh. at the moment? He's already got sick. He couldn't open the shovel. He now can't open. Um, what, what is it? He can't the fishing rod. He doesn't know what he's doing there. And oh, he's 
Talk about having a first tough five days. I mean, David's got to take the cake for that as well. Poor Dave. He's my man, but he's had a tough few first days. I, I can't wait till we get to season three so we can compare Sylvan to, Dave, uh, to Peter. Sorry. Uh, you know, I mean, Peter quit. Uh, but, like, I mean, <laughs> I guess at least Sylvan came out of this with a car. Um, yeah, but, um, yeah, no, David is fantastic here as well because, you know, they rock up, they, they go for this epic hike to the rocks and they don't even bring the bloody bitch oh. up. I'm sorry. Like, you have won a reward. You've won something. You're high on life on your solos and your bottle of spices. Like, what else are you doing out there in Whaler's Way? And you've walked two kilometers to all of a sudden go... All right, guys, you're ready for some fishing. Like, all right, he's got fishing rod. Deb, no, right, okay. Sil- Sil- of course not, Sylvan, you're off having a snooze. Uh, Tim, you got, you got one. Dave, no, right, yeah, Naomi, no, all right, cool. No one, all right, cool, that's fine. That's, that's, and then David's in a confessional. Oh, I'm not bloody comfortable with all this niceness. I, I work better around a bit of, you know, yelling or something. Oh, my Lord, he's so good. Sign me up right now, davidhassfanclub.com. This is where, yeah, this is where... David has, I think, his best confession. I'm going to read it. Oh, this is how oh please. It is. Do yeah. you, give me a David impersonation. You're both bald. You're oh. both attractive, bald men. Go on. I, I don't do voices, but I wrote this like, this confessional <laughs> down because I love it. He says, we're all such a nice bunch, and I'll probably be more comfortable where there is a bit more conflict because I'm not comfortable with too much niceness all the time. He just like He's just clearly... He's this jack of it. Like this guy, he has been sick. He can't open a shovel. He can't. He can't <laughs> open a box a fishing of rod. He can't even. He he can't even bring the fishing rod. Yeah, he has trouble opening the spices. But and then he walks all the way down to the beach. He goes to fish, and in the end, he's like, you know what? I'm jack of this group. He is jack of this group. Like brilliant, David Hush. This guy, oh, legend. This is. Oh, I can't believe we're just we're two episodes in and we're discovering just the you know the queen is Katie the king is David. Um, sorry, Rob. Like we know you're the true king, but David here is just oh so good. But I, I even He's like the king of Kadena, king of Kadena, the, the king of Kadena, exactly. Then he does the the next confession. <laughs> the next is this confession. The creepy crawly one. Creepy crawly one. Can, can I just? Can to... I just? I want to, I want. No, I don't want. I want you to read it, but I want to kind of like. I feel we need to have a new segment, which is the uh, David Haas's random confessional of the week that has no context with the rest of the game. Because <laughs> it really is so random, and it's like, what? Yes, this is, this is, is his last week of tonight. I'm going to vote for Karen, and then they're just <laughs> up. okay. Thanks, David. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I I sorry, I, sorry, I'm interrupting you. I want to hear oh, this. Let's, let's do this. Well, I haven't written down his whole quote because it actually goes for quite a while. But I just, I just wrote down the main bit. He said the creepy crawlies are definitely getting to me. I don't like them. Then he goes on to say that he just, he doesn't like the the bugs and the just everything. <laughs> he just, he just hates basically hates every anything to do with camping. It's just brilliant. And then you get the the quick shot of um, is it uh, who is it, Karen? Uh, no, sorry, is it Craig? Craig, sorry. Yeah, Craig's not happy about um, David or worried about the bugs and he'd rather be around other people. Basically, Craig's just like, what's this guy doing here? If he doesn't like bugs, why sign up for Survivor? You know, it's just a great another little David Haas segment. I love it. 
I, I really think he just needs to tie that into almost doing a bit of a Anakin from um from Attack of the Clones. You know, I don't like bugs. They're coarse and rough and irritating and they get everywhere. It's, it really is just like, he just has the most randomest confessionals that are just plugged in there because if all of a sudden at Tribal, they're going, I'm going to boot someone out tonight because they don't like bugs. Like, okay, fair enough. But like, it's just, Dave's just like, yeah, don't like bugs and shit. <laughs> but, and, and it's funny because then, yeah, you see Craig saying, well, you know, basically, if he's complaining about bugs, I'd rather be around other people than him. And then fast forward to the to to the tribal council, and Craig Craig votes for him. Says, "Oh, I don't even know why I'm doing this. I'm just I'm doing it." You know, it's it, the whole thing is this it's it's gold. It's strange. It's different, but it's gold. Just quickly before I forget, you're talking about Rob and uh, Sophie sitting out. There's like the briefest shot of Rob doing this like rowing motion like i think i'm gonna like somehow create a gif of it or something like that because it's just hilarious <laughs> just seeing rob and this again plays into rob as a character we talk about rob as a great player rob's great rob's great television he's actually a really good character are you surprised he sat out though like i don't know if he was injured or it was just that that period where they're like oh no like, let's all take turns and make it fair but like why would you sit rob out of any challenge when you don't need to that's a good point. I, I mean, I think they still did very well without him, though. I mean, they still they got they were leading, then they got very close. Maybe his strength isn't water. Maybe he's not a, a water based person. Ben, they lost. How did they do well? They lost. <laughs> they got close. You, you, you don't sit out your MVP and lose. I'm sorry. You might sit him out in the trial games. You don't send them. You don't sit him out in the premiership games. You don't. Matt, I'm a Carlton supporter, all right? To us, coming close is winning, okay? I'm looking at this <laughs> through the eye. Maybe I'm looking. I'm wearing a Kadena buff. Maybe I'm looking at the eyes of Kadena. We got close. We nearly did. <laughs> but, uh, so, well, I don't follow AFL, so I'm assuming Carlton are like the, the, the Gold Coast Titans. Um, well, not that bad. No, we're not that bad. Um, we are the Newcastle Knights, maybe, oh, okay. of the NRL, you know, kind of. It's been a while since we've been good. We used to be good. Uh, but we make a lot of mistakes and now we're where we are. But we should hopefully get better soon. There you go. <laughs> um, I do like the reward itself. Like we talked a couple of weeks ago uh, about Solo and what a, what a fucking great drink Solo is. Seriously, my God, if you're thirsty, drink a Solo, okay? Drink one. But we talked about how that reward was a bit weird for the second reward challenge. I feel this reward should have been in the second episode and this could have been Solo because yeah, what's their reward? They get a, a pot a frying pan, two lanterns, and a hammock. Ooh. <laughs> well, the, the hammock ends. I'm glad they ended up, they did give the hammock away because that gives some absolute uh, comic relief for us later on. But, uh, yeah, no, you're 100% right. That, that This should have been in the second episode. And then, of course, the great Schweppes solo, as we now know. Schweppes. Schweppes, yes. Um, what a great company Schweppes is. Schweppes, fantastic. Not that shit Pepsi. I was going to say, geez, you turned on Pepsi, Pepsi oh, the other week. As soon as you Matt, found Matt, out Solo I've was a Pepsi I've always turned on code. Pepsi. I had to be you... nice because I thought they were a Pepsi. As soon as I found out they weren't, I'm like, oh, my God. It's like when you, you like, you've eaten a big meal and you've got to you diet in your belt and you get home, you undo your belt. And you're like, oh, fuck, great. Let the stomach out. Sylvan and Craig bring back the hammock and try setting it up. Ben, over to you. Run me through it. What happened? Yes, this is this is gold, and I love this this person who's sending us messages because they think I was on TV. So you know, TV's Ben Waterworth. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm making Matt choke at his solo there. <laughs> I, just, I just took a sip of water and I just spat it out. <laughs> I'm laughing. Oh, I'm just watching Matt here, and I mentioned that. He's like, 
Careful, you'll end up in Sylvan's fantasy world early. I need you to co-host this with me for a little bit longer. Thank you very much. Um, before I just quickly get to that, we get random swimming in the water celebration. We get um, There's two really obvious let's look at the hot chick shots in this entire episode. One involves Karen, a Karen kind of like brushing her hair back and bikini shot. Anyway, uh, then we kind of get a brief little Tapara, Katie, you know, look at the scoreboard. We don't care. Like, gold from Katie. Katie gold, again. We get them setting up the hammock over on uh, Kadena. Craig is great here. Craig's basically like, you know, oh, as long as it doesn't touch the ground, who gives a shit? Like, you know, let's put it up. <laughs> then we get, like, the most sylvan confessional ever. And this is, there's still more to come in this episode. We just get Sylvan like, yeah, yeah, we knew we could win. Yep, you know, just thought we could. Yeah, no, I get along with Craig. He's a guy. We're both guys, which is cool. And I get along with the girls because they're girls. <laughs> and it's like the whole thing is made brilliant, even more so than this music in the background. This. I call it the Sylvan Dirt music. It's just kind of like this, you know, like, like, look at this guy. It's just, it's just if off in Sylvan's fantasy world here, like, Craig's a guy, which is good. <laughs> the girls, which are good. <laughs> it was the best explanation I've ever heard in a confessional as to why they get along with someone. Oh, he's a guy. They're girls. I like girls. Yeah, it's yeah, good. good. Brilliant! Like it's just Sylvan is, the, he and like this is the thing with Sylvan. Like the whole this time, like he doesn't want to be there. This is such a bipolar Sylvan episode because in like two minutes time or whenever it's gonna be, it's gonna be all like you know, oh he's off high and whoop whoop land in Sylvan's fantasy world, wanting cereal for lunch and five hundred pizzas flying around his head. I, I do like this segment because you first off you see you see David. He's building the toilet. He's trying to. He's looking at it. He's trying to adjust. He's trying to make it the best he can. Then you sort of get the shot of, um, you get the confessional from him, and he's ta- he he's aware. Like he knows that Craig, Sylvan, and Naomi are tight. Like he actually says it. Like these three are tight, and he knows that his survival in the game comes down to Karen and Deb. This is what I like about David. Like he's aware of what's going on, and um, so we see the little confessional about that, and he's he's um. Yeah, he's, he's talking about Karen and Deb. And then you go back to the toilet and then that hole where Craig's like, oh, you know, that, that's good, but um, what about the women? <laughs> and then, and then, and then, so then you see, you see, you see Sorry, David I know where you're going with this. You see David there. He's, he's, yeah, because Craig says, have you considered the ladies when building this toilet? And then, and then. David sits down and he's like, oh, yeah. And then Craig's like, this is a great line. Great line. He's like, ah, they'll work it out. <laughs> and this is what I was saying before about Kadena. Like, Craig's, like, actually brilliant in this episode. This is this is Craig. Craig's on fire now. Craig is, like, he switched himself on. Craig was silvering it out for the first two episodes, but now Craig's on board. Because I love that line from him. He's like, ah, oh, ladies will work it out. And he just yeah, has this snigger on his face. <laughs> As he's sort of walking over, ah, they'll work it out. Well, speaking of ringing necks, uh, Matt, I think you've, you've got a good little segue there because three episodes into season one of Australian Survivor and we might potentially have the greatest little moment we ever had in this season because we love Sylvan. Sylvan's 
been there. He's just chilling. He wants to go last week. And then all of a sudden he's, you know, talking about being with guys and girls and all this sort of stuff. But let's, let's get into a little place we like to, again, as I said at the beginning of the episode, a magical place filled with pizzas and cereal and, and siestas. It's Sylvan's fantasy world where there are no rules. You can do whatever you want, Matt. We, we start off by having Sylvan talking about pizza and not just any pizza. Cold, but cold pizza is the best. It just keeps getting better. Like, just, I just love that line from Sylvan. Like, this is a guy who's been moping around for eight days, hating himself. And all of a sudden, it's like he's just sniffed some glue or something like that. And all of a sudden, he's Mr. Perky. And that is beautifully explained by Deb, who Deb just oh. basically like... Can I just say, before, can I just say, this This is one of my favourite Deb confessionals this is oh. like where deborah this is oh she comes to her element sorry but i just kind of i just no, have to say like no, i love please. this moment it's 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 a moment to be shared by all because she's basically like sylvan is flying uh and then it kind of like cuts to sylvan all of a sudden wanting four pizzas so oh you know oh, i think i could do it and then i think like is it karen or deb's kind of like oh no nah, mate you bloody couldn't do that and he's yeah. like oh no 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 i definitely could do it cut back to deb mate i see right through it you know, yeah. uh, like I can see this, mate. He can't even bloody boil water. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line, the boil water. Oh, <laughs> brilliant! So and, it, and it's you know what? It's so true. He, he bet you, we bet you, we didn't even boil water out there. I bet you any money. But then it even keeps. How does this keep getting better? Because after this, we cut to Sylvan saying, "This is fantasy Sylvan world. Everybody is having pastries for breakfast." There's a siesta. And then Karen chimes in with, oh, I really want some cereal and some milk. And then Sylvan with the quote of the season, you can have cereal for lunch. There are no rules in Sylvan's fantasy world. <laughs> I wonder, do you reckon he ended up uh, writing a book afterwards about oh, Sylvan's please. fantasy world? I hope there. I really hope he's really... I, I, just, I just want to read a Sylvan book because it's probably just going to be like... Uh, I don't care if I finish this book, you know. And then turn the page. Oh, yeah, and here's Jim. Jim's a guy. I'm a guy. That's good. There's Jenny. Jenny's a girl. I like girls. Turn the page. I love fantasy. Fantasy world's great. Oh, you could have a siesta and pastries and cereal in Sylvan's fantasy world. Turn the page. I want to go home. (laughs) Oh, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Turn the page. I drive now. Turn the page. I want to go home. <laughs> oh, I got to admit, when I watched this little little bit of Sylvan, I was like, "What the hell did I just watch?" Like, so honestly, good. it would have been it would have been brilliant to be involved. Like, imagine actually being one of the contestants, sitting there and just listening to this guy talk about this stuff, and you'd be thinking, like, Deborah's and Deborah clearly is like, she's obviously listening, thinking, "Who are you? Can't what are bloody you? Bloody boil water." <laughs> Brilliant, Dark Deborah. That was a great confession. This is again, Deb, just so underrated as a character. So fantastic. Well, this is what I love about Lincoln turning into a bit of a dick, this tribal, because he starts off so nice. Lincoln's Lincoln's talking up the weather. Like, he's just like, ha how about this weather, guys? Oh, 30 knot winds, bloody oath. You know, like, good old, nice old Lincoln. But then there's just, it's just like something flicks in his brain. It's just like, he's just sick of seeing them. He, he doesn't like these people because... He just basically turns in and he's like, the only ones I see here are you. Yeah. <laughs> and basically it turns into, I've written these down. These are the Lincoln Dick quotes of the week. And I, Lincoln, um, if you're listening, I hope this is the only time we ever have to do this because it's great. I love this. 
Only ones I see here are you. Followed by, do you choke? Yeah, Followed by, um, Lincoln then says that Tim is an experienced wood chopper. Uh, to basically saying, like, um, oh, it just goes to show that it's very important how you vote to strengthen, not weaken your tribe. And then he's like, oh, he may have been able to help you. <laughs> like, in what ever in Survivor has, like, somebody, like, Jeff has ever turned around and gone, oh, you just voted out Cliff. He was a former NBA player. Well, sucks to be you with that basketball challenge we just had. I like how I like how I mean Kadena already at the bottom of the barrel. Like these guys cannot win an immunity challenge. They're dropping like flies. <laughs> and then here's Lincoln, like it's freezing on his boat and he's just kicking them while they're down. Like he's just like, you know what? You just voted out a guy that could have helped in this challenge. Like basically like you're morons. I love it. I, I think it's I think it's good, but you know what? I think he's also trying to wake these people up. Yeah, well, and this is the thing, but like it even gets worse because David goes, and can I just put out the way David, uh, Lincoln does the whole thing when he's like, David, one more and that would be enough. Um, and then, like, <laughs> votes him out. And then, instead of, like, the words of wisdom from Jeff or JLP's scripted moment that makes no sense in the context of the vote, Lincoln Howells turns around and says, you're down to five. Tapara's still got eight. You go back to camp. <laughs> Well, oh, hey. I love you, Lincoln. You are an absolute dick this week. And every single moment, it's just like, it needs to be followed by, ooh, and burn. Oh, no, you didn't. Well, <laughs> it must it must have sunk in because the next episode, things change for him. Yeah, there you go. You've, you've cracked it, Matt. This Lincoln is just too nice. Every single tribal, he's just like, guys, what about the weather? How's the kids? You know, oh, nice. You watched the game last night. This week, he's like, oh, how's the weather? Oh, fuck, you guys are here again. You guys suck. Do you choke? They've got eight. You've got five. Nah, 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 nah. And, oh, you voted out of woodchop, you dickheads. <laughs> nah, it is, it is brilliant. He's just, he's sick of seeing their mugs, let's be honest. We've lost a, a true legend of the game in David Haas, and I think it's only fitting... Ben, do we have some sort of like sad music or something, some tribute music that we can we can end this episode with? Because I tell you what, I mean, we've lost the king of Kadena. He should never be forgotten. And I think it's only fitting that the that, that the king, the king of Kadena gets a gets a king's farewell. I'm hearing some sort of violins going on in the background right now, so I think kind of this is this is a bit of a tribute. I feel while these are playing, give me 30 seconds of, of final tribute to the man himself because I feel that when we get him on this show, whether it be next week or a couple of weeks, I'm just going to be sitting there twiddling my thumbs because I feel like you're just going to be having an erection over this guy for like two hours. I hope I haven't uh, uh, got a bit too sus on him and he's, he's, he's now not going to come on the show because he's thinking I'm some sort of... Uh... As Luke would say, I'm creeping on him, but uh, that's all right. When but, Katie um, comes on, she knows that's going to be. It's, it's, you know, at least I've talked to Katie before, so it's it's fine. No, but the man is a really is uh, a true legend, and I've really this is something like doing this whole podcast and going back and watching the seasons. He really has been a, a highlight for me because I will admit I'd forgotten about David Haas, and after watching this, I mean, I'll never forget him now. And uh, yeah, he's just he's a true great character of this show. And I can't wait to talk to him. And I'm gonna, Ben, I'm gonna brush up on my my French because it sounds like oui. he's born in Paris, France. I think I need to, you know, start brushing up on my uh, French because it's been like what since year nine, I think, the last time I ever 
uh, spoke French. So you know how that fared for me a couple of weeks ago with Lucinda, mate. So um, you know, I um, yeah, uh, bonjour, we je m'appelle Ben Merd. Um, actually, we could say Merd to him a lot because you know we had shit a lot in this episode, so we could just say Merd to him plenty of times. Um, thanks for that violin playing uh, Sylvan in his fantasy world. I believe that was him playing in there. Two other things of note as well. Uh, Karen drinking a can of Solo around the uh, fire. And uh, again, if you're listening to us right now and you're thirsty, nothing beats an ice cold can of Solo. It's a fantastic beverage. And what is the song that Deb is singing? Something about Timmy the dog or something? <laughs> I have no idea. I, 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 I listened to it twice and I had n- have no, I've never heard it. So I was hoping you might know. I, I Googled it. And it comes up with like a band or something called Timmy the Dog. But she's like, na 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 and Timmy the Dog. And I'm like, what is this? So if anybody listening knows the Deb song where she's singing Timmy the Dog, I mean, I'd love to find out before we get Deb on the show. <laughs> but I, it's just, it's a Timmy the Dog. Uh, I, I want to get it on my playlist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want that. I want that song to be the intro for our episode on the Deb yes. interview. Yes, just, I love it. Just absolutely everything out the door, and we've just got Timmy the dog, and we get Deb to sing it on the show. A special tribute. I love that idea. Brilliant. Yep. yep. There we go. That's that's the new research out there for everybody. No, I, I agree. I think definitely this episode showcases it a lot, and I love kind of before we go to the ad break. And they do those quick little flashes of the chest and the water and the keys. We've got that music. Like, and this is the thing. Channel 10, if you're listening, hi, how you doing? Good to good that you're tuning in and acknowledge that this exists before your version. Uh, but this is dramatic music done okay. It's just a couple of... And then it's like, go to an ad break this week on Burke's Backyard. Like, I think that was still on in 2002. Whatever. None of this, like... Here comes Matt walking into a challenge. Like the most dramatic thing in the history of the world. Like there is a there is a balance. Like okay, make the audience feel the tension, but this isn't World War Two. Like Hitler's not going to come out and you know give a speech. Like it's there is a there's a balance. Calm, dramatic, over the top, dramatic. Watch this one. It's better. I'm not sure if you're actually allowed to mention Don Burke's name anymore, but anyway, <laughs> that's another story. That's, that's for another podcast. Um, Hang on, uh, hey, Matt, Matt, no, Matt, 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 Allegedly. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, they did a number on him. Uh, anyway, so... Um... He did a number on a few other people. Allegedly. <laughs> And just let's let's bring back... The... Hang on, hang on, Matt. I know you, you're begging for this, but let, we've got to get Calm Lincoln out here. And we'll even throw in some... Cabri chocolates and oh, we've got some chopper chops as well. Like, God, Lincoln, you're so calm and great. And love it. But I just, I love Lance's budgie smugglers. I think a special note to Lance's budgie smugglers. They're looking pretty good. And then, Matt, if you care to open your lovely, here we go. Well, that is cherry right being opened right now on the microphone. And can you give us your best Shona impersonation of when she realizes what chocolates are in that chest? It's a cherry ripe! <laughs> I mean, I just, let me have a bite of my cherry ripe first. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the cherry ripe too, so I made sure for this episode I got a nice original cherry ripe, 
which I'm going to uh, enjoy now over the next couple of minutes. He's literally chewing into it right now. I wish you could see this. But yeah, good old Shona here, basically like, a cherry ripe, cherry ripe. And then we hear the words, I'm a serious cherry ripe fanatic, which I don't know if those words have ever been uttered since. And we should, we should point out, because you and I, Australian, we love a cherry ripe. It's a great chocolate. It's actually not a chocolate that some people might not be aware of, or might be aware of, I should say, because I remember in the Survivor Oz days, Philip Shepard was a massive cherry ripe fan and they could not get it over in the US. So we sent him over some cherry ripes. So it's a it's basically dark chocolate coated cherry flavoured mixture stuff. Not like a Dr. Pepper. It tastes nicer than Dr. Pepper, but it's it's good. It's cherry ripe's good chocolate. The fact I now know that the specialist loves a cherry ripe, I, I love them even more now. And actually, uh, I'm a bit of a fan of the dark chocolate cherry ripe too. That's not too bad either. But I'm eating an original pen. I think you need a screenshot for the viewers here just All to right. show them that I'm okay. enjoying a nice Hang on. original This is live happening right now. Just hold up. Give me a big cheesy grin, Matthew. There we go. That's it. All right. Let's see if that worked. People at home are going to be able to see this on our social media. Oh, look at that. Matt looking as happy as I've ever seen him before on this show. So, um, yeah. But, but anytime someone's talking about being a, a, what was a fanatic about a cherry ripe? No, Shona was great. She was, she was loving it, loving the fact that they won the chocolate. I tell you what, but Matthew, she didn't even have to do anything for it because she wasn't even in the challenge. So true. that's even better. I don't know why I'm calling you Matthew so much right now, but I'm I'm using your full name here for a moment because I just had a, I had a brilliant idea, and this goes to those wonderful people who did not skip to the end of the episode to hear what we're teasing with. <laughs> this is a, a, a gentle push in the right direction that the post of Matt smiling, broad smile with a cherry ripe is the post you need to remember to like and share when it comes to potentially winning something later on. There we go, Matt. Your face is going to be shared all over social media with you and your your cherry ripe. You're going to make Philip Shepard happy. Shona's going to be happy. Cadbury's are going to be happy. And the winner of our prize is going to be happy as well. Every Everyone wins. Everyone's, everyone's happy. Well, I'm, I'm, happy Oprah. I'm, eating a, I'm happy because I'm eating a cherry ripe on air right now. So that's, life doesn't get any better. And I'm still on the keto diet and I'm getting sad. But uh, this is... I, I love this is the happiest I think we've seen Shona and maybe the happiest we will see her. I mean, we were happy seeing naked Shona a couple of weeks ago, but here we are with like just absolutely mad Shona loving it. And mixed in, this is Katie's little, you know, we win because we're a team and we're great because, you know, we're Tapara and woo Um, But this is then going to lead us into what is so fantastic about this whole sequence, right? We have Shona's cherry ripe love. And you think that's enough. That's all we need for chocolate in an episode of Australians. But we don't need anything more. But then we get our good old friend Craig. All right. Now, now Matt, let's set the scene here. All right. We have Craig back in camp. Kadena lost again. Sad. Craig's sitting there for a confessional. Now, Craig's a nice guy. He's a good looking rooster. You know, he's, he's out there. He's playing Survivor. Didn't know he had a bit of murderous tendencies. Because he then says he would kill for chocolate. And then he says, I miss chocolate the most. I know I meant to say mum and dad, but no, it's chocolate. <laughs> so, don't know what I feel about this. But then it gets better because Deb drops in a bit of a confessional about, yeah, Craig's a bit devo. You know, he knows the use of every single chocolate. Now, now, Matt, I've written this down. I don't know if you've written this down. Have you written it down? Oh, I've 
I've written it. Right. You better believe I've written it down. All right, I'm giving so this to you we, then. So we, the we're going to go through. We're going to go through each chocolate. You are going to tell me and the listeners the use because this is very important for people listening to us right now. That everyone knows here the rules for chocolate in Australia. Okay, this is Craig telling us the rules. Okay, so rule number one is the snack chocolate. So that's that's the chocolate that you take to someone's house if you don't know what they like. So obviously, for those who don't know, I'm sure you all do, but if you don't know, snack is where you've got a bunch of different flavours inside the block of chocolate. So it could be, you know, it could be a pineapple flavour or a caram- caramel, so caramello flavour. kind of stuff. Yeah, gooey, yeah. There's a strawberry in there. I think mm. there's is there a peppermint possibly there in there. Is, I know there's yes. a strawberry. So it, there's different flavours and there's always, I was never a pineapple fan, so... And they have like the shapes on the block, so you can sort of see which one's going to be which. So I would always avoid the pineapple. I like the caramel and the strawberry. And yeah, so that's the chocolate you take. It's like now, don't they say it's like the favourites chocolates? It's like the chocolates you take when you don't, then they tell you not to bring anything. Well, apparently snack chocolate, when you don't know what they want, you take snack chocolate. Fruit and nut. Now, I have to disagree with Craig here because I am a massive fruit and nut fan. Like, I love fruit and nut. That is my chocolate of choice. I, I, I fruit... just got to interrupt and say I, I completely agree here with Craig. But um, yeah. anyway. <laughs> you, you agree with Craig, not me. I, I'm partial to fruit and nut. Don't get me wrong. But to me, fruit and nut's the chocolate I give my name for Christmas. Oh, I can't wait till you show the clip of social media of Craig actually giving the rundown of this is going to be brilliant because it's it's better than me giving the rundown of him. But anyway, so fruit and nut, he says, he, rule number two, fruit and nut, it's the chocolate you take to someone's house that's over 55. How old did you turn this week, Matt? He says, because that's just the way it is. That's how he describes it. It's just the way it is. That's If they're over 55, you take fruit and nut because it's just the way it is. So... I disagree with him because I'm a massive fruit and nut fan. Always has been. My brother is. We we love fruit and nut. Okay. The next one is something I actually had to Google because I had no idea what it was. And I actually had to rewind it a couple of times. I've never heard of that. But apparently, Ben, we've spoken about it. Do you want to talk? Do you want to mention this one? Swiss chalet, um, which, as Craig says, is you just chew it on the spot. It melts in your mouth. And you're left with a little bit of toffee left. Now, you you've done your research on this, um, and I'm impressed because I actually remember Swiss Chalet. Swiss Chalet was good bloody chocolate, but it doesn't exist anymore. It's it's in the Lay's Hall of Fame of products that did exist that we thought existed and apparently don't exist anymore. Well, we're an archives podcast, and and we go all the way. We don't just stop at archiving Survivor. If something pops up in the episode, we'll. Gladly get on Google, do our research, because we're all about archiving not just Survivor, but the products mentioned in the show or shown in the show. So I had no idea what this chocolate was, um, obviously because I was buying fruit and nut instead of Swiss chalet. <laughs> so basically, and I found it's actually quite an interesting story. So I Googled it. it it's it's a Toblerone-style chocolate. So it's 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 a honey and nougat in... in uh, in chocolate, so it's it's a Toblerone, but it's Cadbury's version of that. It's it's basically a, a knockoff of of the Toblerone. In 1997, over in the UK, uh, the Swiss uh, chocolate company, so obviously one being the Toblerone, or who make Toblerone, they sued um, Cadbury for using uh, the 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 fact that they write on their Swiss chalet because it's not Swiss chocolate, but they they were trying to pass it on as as Swiss chocolate, and they actually won. So they gave them two months to 
uh, get rid of all their product and and uh, not um, and not sell it anymore. And and since then, Cadbury have, have never done it since. And actually, from Googling it too, they're still on Facebook within even t- the last two years. People are still getting on there saying, hey, Cadbury, can you bring it back? We want it. Where What's happened to it? So Craig would be happy if you brought it back because he's a big fan. But uh, the best you can do now is, is get a... A Toblerone, which I actually have right in my hand right now, just to uh, bring back the memories of of a chocolate that I never got to eat when I was younger, which is the Swiss Chalet. I see. It's weird that I remember it because if it got discontinued in '97, I would have been like 10. So um, obviously, I have very fond memories. See, they they could release it, re-release it, and call it like the Craig Abbott Special Edition. I think that would go down well. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, it's it's funny how you know it shows you how. Times changes, doesn't it? Uh, Kids these days on, don't appreciate chocolate. Twenty-three years on, and we're we're talking about Cadbury's Swiss Chalet, thanks to thanks to Craig. But anyway, so yeah, so you summed up what you do with that chocolate. That's uh, yeah, you let it melt in your mouth, and then you you basically eat the bits that are left. Uh, this is another one of my favourites, the caramello and peppermint. So it's pretty straightforward what you're going to do with that. So for those of you that don't know, that's where you've got the gooey stuff inside the chocolate. So you just suck it until all of it explodes inside. So you basically put it in your mouth, suck it, and then you let all the caramel and the peppermint, whichever one you get, just sort of come out. And uh, I want I want to take effect. that I want to take that clip and put it in isolation and just get people to guess what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that, that's a good advertising for our podcast. Hey, listen to this clip that Matt says. You suck it and it explodes all over your face. <laughs> I think you added in the bit about on your face, but anyway. I'm uh, pretty sure there was a mention about it exploding on your face. Just just putting it out there. Happy birthday, Matt. Oh, I'm going to get stitched up here. Um, <laughs> so, And the last one he mentions, which I'm not a fan of, I don't know about you, Ben, but he's saying the best of all was the Black Forest, the, the Black Forest chocolate. I'm not a Black Forest guy. Like I said, I'm fruit and nut and caramello all the way. But uh, he's saying you microwave it for two minutes, stir it all up, and then you eat the cherries and biscuits out of it. So I don't know. I, c- can we get a listener to maybe try that? Someone that likes a bit of uh, Black Forest just for old time's sake. And uh, we'll make, you know what? Maybe Matt Carr should do it. Seeing he's a massive Craig fan, maybe he should try microwave it for two minutes, see what happens. I'll tell you what, Matt Carr, if you give us a video of you going through the motions when it comes to some of these chocolates, particularly the Black Forest, we will give away one of these items that we have got to you exclusively. I like that. I like that. I reckon it's only fair. He owns his torch, so why not let Matt put it to the test? He's... Craig says it's the best of all. I've never tried it. I don't like Black Forest, so I'm not going to do it. Matt, I think you need to step up here, mate, and uh, do a video of the, the two minutes of you in the microwave and see if you can eat the cherries and the biscuits out of it and see if it really is the best of all time. See, this is one thing that I just want to put out there as well, is the fact that has Australian Survivor ever been this educational before? I mean, we learn about cookies and Jericho and stuff. Great, cool, cookies but they've given to him in the jungle. This is just Craig telling us the rules about chocolate. I mean, these are rules to live by. I'm still a little offended that he thinks fruit and nut is for people over 50. <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit offensive. A little bit offensive. No, I have to agree with him. I'm sorry, Matt. Um, <laughs> I also love the fact that they show, they're showing other sides of the tribe as well, which, because we see another um, sort of, uh, uh, we see another sort of, um, 
chatting point, I guess, where Jane and Katie are together, <laughs> and Katie's asked her straight out. Like, <laughs> this is so funny. Like, do you do any housework? <laughs> and, and Jane's like, oh, I make my bed and. And Katie's like, sometimes. really? <laughs> So we're seeing the other relationships as well. So we're, we're seeing the relationship with, with you know, obviously Shona, Rob, Katie. It's very, that's all about, you know, how we're going to get ourselves to the end. And and then how they're talking with Jane. It's just, you know, like, do you actually do anything? Like, do you do much at home? And she's just like, oh, I make my bed. What is actually really funny about this episode is this episode really brought us down to let's shit all over Jane and make her look terrible. And poor old Jeff is the one who's going home. Because when we get to after the immunity challenge, there's some amazing stuff about just shitting on poor Jane. But I just love this scene. Like, I feel you're underselling this because it's just like Katie's just like, it's kind of like the way the music changes slightly. And we've just got Katie like, oh, yeah, so do you do any housework? And Jane's like, yeah, yeah. And he goes, oh, what do you do? Oh, yeah, I make my bed. And Katie's like... Oh my god! Like it just the way the music's played, it's kind of like dun, 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 dumb old Jane, <laughs> and she washes the car sometimes. <laughs> but like, I feel really bad for Jane actually because like they make a point in Tribal Council to mention like she's eighteen, she's young, and like I think it's a little bit unfair. I mean, what eighteen-year-old is doing anything more than making like everyone at eighteen is like, oh sure, mum, I'll make my bed, like. You know, it's it's kind of, it's a bit funny. But then I love how it just transitions into Kadena. And then it's just all talking about everyone snuggling up. Sylvan mentions it's a little bit incestuous. To which then they talk about, oh, if we were naked. Sylvan says, yeah, we would probably accidentally have sex. Kind of makes me a little bit worried about sleeping next to Sylvan. And then I love Dad's reaction. It's like, oh, oh yeah, oops. <laughs> <laughs> what are they doing? They're just having orgies. <laughs> well, I think S- Sylvan and Craig seem pretty happy with the with the sleeping arrangements. Obviously, you know they they it's two guys and and three women, and they're 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 happy that they're all snuggling up together. And uh, yeah, they make that pretty pretty uh, and is that evident? And is that Craig who then's like, oh, I've got a blonde on one side, I've got Deb on the. Is that is that yeah, Sylvan yeah, or is that Craig? Got- I think, you know, he said, no, he's Craig. He says, oh, I've got two blondes next to me. Yeah, one each side or something. When you're watching this, you've got, you've got Deb. You've got Craig. You've got Karen. You've got Naomi. And you've got little old Sylvan, the children's author, who just goes out and gets pissed and doesn't do anything except complain and go off into his fantasy world. Never driven in his life. But who's, of course, going to win the bloody car? It's the guy who doesn't even drive, who doesn't even know how to unlock a car. Because what happens when he pulls out the remote? Oh, which one do I press? (laughs) (laughs) And what is so funny is he presses it, and then there was hugs, and we get the, I drive now! Um, Which, spoiler alert, no, he didn't. He sold the car afterwards and never drove that car a day in his life. (laughs) (laughs) So it comes down... Because it, it comes down to Deb and him. And yep. so Deb's on the end and, and he's the fourth one in line. So, so so Karen, Craig and Naomi, they've already pressed their, their remote. It doesn't work. It doesn't open. So it, he knows it's then. It's down to 50-50. And he actually says, you hear someone says, oh, he says, oh, well, I don't drive. So this should be interesting. Clicks it. Car unlocks. He's like, I drive now. <laughs> 
I thought it was, just, it was brilliant. Oh, I love it. I Which love I, it. I guess I have to be a bit critical, though, of the editing here because I think it would have been cool to save this for a reward challenge. So then you get a reward, go for a drive, take one person with you, have some Doritos, some Lays, drink the Solo, eat your Swiss Chalet. Because, like, basically he wins the car and then that's all you hear of it. That's it. It's like, boom, let's go straight back into post immunity which is a bit jar it's a bit odd you, you should be seeing him getting a bit more excited after that it's uh it was definitely a very strange time episode four to be doing a car reward and not to mention like i think personally a car reward that's you you want that later in the game that's rewarding the players that have lasted a long time you know mm. what, what this is day 11 day 11 and they're already giving away a cut way too early for my liking I, I absolutely love this confessional that's coming up. We go back to Tapara. We're not used to seeing this. Tapara kind of having to vote someone out. And <laughs> I just, yeah, they come back to camp. Rob's a bit like, oh, yeah, no, look, I don't know how my instructions were. Jane, I think you drove really well. Cut to Jeff. Jane drove like shit. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I just say, yeah. I, I love Jeff. I love oh, Jeff. He's so oh, good. It, it's just <laughs> Rob's talk. <laughs> this the sequence too. How Rob's this? Oh yeah, you know, no, he did fantastic, <laughs> and you know, I, I hope you know, like basically, I hope you know, like it was, you know, I wasn't too bad, you know, giving the advice and all this blah blah blah. Cuts to Jeff straight up. She drove like shit. Jane drove like shit. Brilliant. Like Jeff does not. <laughs> He does not. This, he gets straight to the point. I love him. And this is like, he was good. He was a good character. Jeff. It's just like it is shit all over Jane episode, and it's just hilarious. And like again, underrated comedy here. That like you are literally, as you say, going through this whole motions of Rob feeling bad, and just straight deadpan. Jane drove like shit. And then he backs it up with the next sentence, saying, "I'm not picking her, picking on her. It's just a fact of life." <laughs> doesn't, doesn't he say like she's only eighteen? Yeah, she's only 18 and she did her best, but it wasn't good enough. Oh, my God. But, like... Yeah, and that just shows... I mean, once again, like, Jeff, 52, Jane, 18. Like, they live in completely different worlds. I mean, Jane's making her bed and washing the car occasionally. You know, Jeff's been, by that stage, what, been a police officer for 30 years and has got medals and all sorts of stuff. So they live in, they live in a totally different world. And also, um, just quickly, um, this is our first ever taste of winning some prizes too, isn't it? We've got uh, this bit of a promo going forward to win $5,000 cash every single week. Um, get your tokens, your solos, your Pepsis, all that sort of stuff. Um, and, again, like, I mean, look, we joke about it. Like, it's it's a bit corny. But, like, again, we, we never see this nowadays with, um, with Channel 10. Like, it's I don't think they've ever had a... I think didn't Lee try to give away a Holden at some point during um, season four? But um, that's right. Yeah, but like I mean, it's it's just kind of that corny kind of weird stuff that I actually really really like. Um, and I don't know if maybe should we, should we just quickly try and ring this number? I mean, I know we tried that one before, but um, no, nah, fuck it, let's You're try. Really it. cool. This could be a sex line or something like that, but I mean, you know. So, so the number at home, kids. Uh, well, actually, not kids. I shouldn't say that, if, particularly if it's a sex line. Uh, to win five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Shit, Ben. Um, so I'm just going to dial this number live. We have not tested this. This is completely on the spot here. So it's one it, 900. If, if ben, ben Dark answers this, <laughs> and he's still, it, I'm done. I am done. 
All right, one nine hundred nine double five seven seven seven. So let's just make sure I'm calling Australia here because we don't want to call a United States one nine hundred number. So this is completely live. Let's just uh, give this a try right now and see what happens here. Um, did that even? Oh, here we go. Don't know what's happening. It's saying it's calling, Matt. Ah, oh, it's blocked by Skype. Ah, oh, that's disappointing. That 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 happened last time, did it not? When we tried to ring that, it said it's blocked by Skype. It did. It did. I know. So we're not having much luck with that number. I still, I still reckon it's it's, it's probably like loss, where you know, like someone's still underneath, yeah, doing the numbers every hundred and eight minutes or whatever. So still, someone hasn't been told that hey, the promo ended. How, how, about we, how about we just try? Look, 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 I'm going to try and do this on my own phone here because that's not on Skype. So I'll just whack this on um, speaker. Again, I'm calling this from New Zealand, Matt, so this might be just not even do it. Let's put this on speaker here, see what happens. We didn't recognize the number you dialed. Oh, goodness. Come on. Give me the nine. number again, Ben. All right, okay. Third time lucky. All right, one nine hundred. Yep. Nine double five. Yep. Triple seven. All right, this is all live podcasting here to see if we can still win $500,000 18 years later. It's no longer available. It's a sex line, let's be honest. It's um, it's going to have like, Cindy, hi, how are you doing? Um, but anyway, anyone at home, call up. If you get any success and you speak to Cindy, uh, let us know what's going on. And I actually, I do love, like, Naomi's contribution to this show still is just not liking any bloody thing. Like, I don't want to go back to the bloody <laughs> boat. I don't want to, let's get the bloody challenge over with. Like, you know, she's just, I love her. Like, I, I really don't think I've ever appreciated Naomi. And just all of a sudden now, just her, ah, oh, bloody this and bloody that. Don't want to bloody do this. And she's like, <laughs> oh, she, she's the bloody best, is Naomi. I personally have never had lobster. I don't like seafood. I don't know how I would like this, but I'm sure if I'm out there for 13 days and I'm starving, I'm going to be eating it. And I think the the one that they're probably most excited about, it seems, is actually the spices and the flavors because we did hear a little bit before this that a lot of them were sick of the flavor, like they were missing sort of some flavor in their in their belly. So, um, yeah. How, how have you got through life and not tried lobster at least once? Because I'm poor, apparently. I don't know. Uh... <laughs> I don't go in your high circles, Matt, of uh, eating lobster, clearly. I just assumed on a Friday, every Friday night, you, you go to a restaurant and eat lobster thermidor. Yes, absolutely. The high life of being a podcast host. I just I hang up and I go get my caviar, spread it on my little crackers, and then, hey, let's go off to have some lobster to celebrate my success of Australian Survivor Archives. Lovely episode, chaps. Yeah, ha, ha. Yeah, I, I don't mind a bit of lobster, but any, like, crab and lobster, anything where it's too much, you've got to actually work to get the meat out, it all seems too hard to me. I, I'm a bit like Sylvan like that. I'm just like, ah, it's too hard. Just just get me a steak. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not a person who likes eating meat when, yeah, there's effort. Like, I don't really like meat off the bone. Like, give me chicken breast, not a chicken drumstick. Like, and I, like I'm not a eat with my hands. I've got I've got a big beard, Matt. You've got a bit of facial hair. You know what it's like getting mess all over the face. You need like 50 serviettes, man. Like, get out of it. I do have a question though. Is is lobster clusters? Is that can you eat that on the keto diet? You probably could. Yeah, with a lot of protein in it. Fish. Yeah, you could. There wouldn't be any carbs in lobster. I don't think it would just be all in the protein. So let's yeah. get Zach on the line. Zach's more into it than <laughs> you know. But uh, 
But yeah, so Kadena win. And um, I do love, again, back to Happy Deb coming back into the challenge. And she's like, so good, so good. I feel good. Do, 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 do. We're getting Deb singing a lot next week with this. And we are the famous. Timmy the dog. And we, we know that's from the show. What was it called? The Famous Five? Is it the Famous Five. Yeah, so it's funny, actually, because we found that not long after we had uh, recorded that episode. And then Deb obviously listened to the episode, and she sent me a link to it. So, uh, hello, Deb. <laughs> Thanks for that. We, we, I get stuck in my head. It legitimately gets stuck in my head. Timmy the dog. Yeah, that, that's your famous line, the old Timmy the dog. You, you're gonna have to, you know you're going to actually have to learn the rest of the song. You can't always just do the, da, 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 Timmy the dog. You've actually Why? got to learn the words. But, but, but Timmy the dog was a star, right? Like, I'm guessing. I'll tell you a funny story. When you you um, added on our social media page, you added a little clip of that song, and you're asking um, the you know the listeners if anyone knew what the song was. I was actually at work, and I was working with um, a, a female uh, partner, and she, she's about five years older than me. And I played it in the car, and within the first second, as soon as she heard the beat, she's like, "Oh, that's the fame. That's the theme from the Famous Five. And I'm looked over, and I'm like. You actually know this theme. She's like, yeah, I used to watch it as a kid. She knew it the f- as soon as the beat hit, she just looked at me and said, oh, why you got the famous five theme there? So, And here we are, like morons, didn't even know what it was. I think it was a few years before our time, though. Let's be honest, they all of a sudden started playing like, have you ever, ever felt like this, where strange things happen? Are you going round the twist? <laughs> We're going to straight away, like, yeah, I know that. Like, great Australian kids show growing up. But, um, I mean, this looks very similar to, like, a Skippy, the bush kangaroo, if you've got Timmy the dog. Like, what was it about Australian shows back then, like, having little animals being, like, you know, <laughs> helping out? We don't get this today in, I don't even know an Australian kids show. Is H2O underwater still going? I don't know what that show was called. <laughs> yeah, I, I have I have no idea, but... Uh, oh, the Pig? <laughs> I can't wait to get Deb on and uh, find out more about the Famous Five and... <laughs> And and her love, clearly, for the show. She obviously loved that show. And this is amazing to watch a player have this on paper, have the ability to have Rob there, and Shona, who I felt like was just so good and leads in to just the most iconic of iconic confessionals that you will ever, ever get. Where she ba- like, I hope you've written this down verbatim, Matt, because I've only got the, like the two words here or three words that kind of lead into the famous bit. I sure do, Ben. It is one of the best confessionals I've ever heard on any Survivor. I absolutely love it. And I think it's one of the things I love it, like why I love Shona's character so much, and and the way she delivers. And I've got it written down, so I'll say it. But the way she delivers it, like I- I'm not going to do it justice because. Just the facial expression, like she means business. Like, she, and so here I go. I'll give my go best Shona impersonation. <laughs> Look, I didn't come out here to play tiddlywinks. That's the bottom line. I came out here to play a game, and that's what I'm doing. How good is that? The old, I'm not here to play tiddlywinks. Brilliant. It, and the way she delivers it, it, it just says to the audience, I'm not here to mess around. I'm here to play a game, and it's exactly what I'm doing. Which, and this is one thing that I adds to the iconic nature of this confessional. And again, it's all about the period of time that we're in. 
these are people who are having this experience and aren't necessarily playing up to the cameras to be a certain character because they know they're going to get more airtime. They know they're going to get a few more social media likes. This is 100% natural and legit. And you said even the delivery, the way she's like, look, I didn't come here to play Tiddlywinks. There's a pause. And then she just stares into the camera and is like, that's the bottom line. Like it's, it's so good. It's done in such a way where you just, it holds your attention. And again, I don't always mean to kind of be the, the negative Nelly on the newer ones, but let's look at a modern version where someone like, you know, a David, the golden God, who's great television, he's entertainment galore, but you can just tell he's putting on a show for the cameras. You can tell he's in front of that camera. He's, you know, flaunting his chest. He's talking himself up because he knows. He knows how to play up to the game and the camera to get that airtime. And that's fine because we're in a period of television where it's reality TV's been going for 20 years now. So people know how to kind of go along with that. It's developed into that. But this is where personally me, I'm more of a fan of this natural, just pure, just like straight to the point. Like I didn't come here to play Tiddlywinks. That's the bottom line. This is a game. And that what it just makes it so good the way they cut it in with Katie's talk with Shona. It's just, it's gold. This is, this is peak confessional in 2002 Whaler's Way. This is as good as it will get. And it's maybe to me still the greatest confessional we've ever had in Australian Survivor. And it just proves that you don't need a confessional where you're talking yourself up as far as being the golden god or the king of the jungle or or any of that sort of stuff where you're talking about kings and queens and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Yeah, don't get me wrong. They're all Those are all great confessionals. I love hearing it. You get a laugh out of it. I, it's brilliant. I love it. But it, this proves that you could also have a genuine confessional. And this is genuine because she's not saying this for the camera. Sh- she means every single word she's saying. She is not messing around. And that's why it comes across so genuine when she says it. You, you can feel it. You, when, you, when you listen to it and watch her say it, you can feel it. Like this woman is not, she's not messing around. Like she's got a job. She's, she wants to win that half a million dollars. She wants the title. And... She's not here. She's not here to make friends, Ben. She's not here to to play tiddlywinks. Oh, be- yeah, that's right. <laughs> have you ever played tiddlywinks? No, I was going to ask you actually the same question. I, I can't say I ever have. <laughs> so I remember growing up, we had the little, we we definitely had the little sort of um, different coloured. What are they? They're like little. Oh, I think they had to describe it. Like little uh, round little things. A huh? game in which small plastic counters are flicked into a central reptacle, a receptacle, sorry, by being pressed on the edge with a large counter. So you're going to have to flick them to go into the little container, basically. Yeah, that's right. So I remember having the, the little round things uh, and you have them all different colours. I don't know if different colours mean different amounts or something. I'm not sure. I remember having them, but I've never actually played the game where you got to try to flick them up. So maybe that was slightly before my time. Maybe one of my older brothers had it and then you we played it while you were watching the famous five. That was what you did. Timmy, the dog <laughs> loved it. Oh, of course. Okay. Yes. Timmy, the dog, Tiddly winks. Um, oh, can, can, we, <laughs> can we get someone on modern day survivor to use that line again about tiddly winks? It would be because you'd imagine all the young people now, like the viewers, they'd be like Googling. It would have like, it'd be trending. Tiddly winks would be trending again. If I ever get on survivor, Matt, I, I will use it. I will recreate the Shona confessional. I'm going to stare dead pan at the camera. Well, I didn't come here to play Tiddlywinks. That's the bottom line. 
I, you know what? I, I regret now. That should have been my opening line. It should have been in my promo package. If, if I would have rewatched this season before going out, I can guarantee you I would have got that one in there. And I annoyed at myself that I didn't. That's why I appreciate... Um... I remember talking to Andy Torrens, who can I also just point out to correct myself last week when I said I've got the only two bold contestants in Australian Survivor history. Sorry, Andy. I forgot about you, mate. Um, His confessional that they showed in the promos of I'm here on a business trip where he deliberately did it to recreate the Lord of Master Brian Heideck. So, you know, like you had that opportunity to to do it. In all fairness, when... When Andy played, I'm sure he didn't have the full shaved bald head. I think he's naturally bald on top, like I am. But I think he did have a bit of the side hair. He did going have a bit when... of scruff. Yeah, he did. But I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was kind of like your argument, I guess, with Russell. But I think Russell had a bit more hair than that. Yeah. But um, yeah. But look, you know, fully bald. All right, Matt and David. All right, they were there. But I also think too, like as, as iconic as this is, like there's even the lead-in confessional because it's kind of a two-part confessional because it, this whole sequence is just incredible. Like if we did Hall of Fame moments from each season, this would almost be up there. This would be up there because it's the way it kind of starts off with Shona sort of saying like, you know, the basic premise of this game is to trust no one. And then kind of she has a bit of a confessional there. And then it kind of cuts between Katie and Shona going over this list. And, you know, I love Katie here going like, Sophie's just a number. The first person that we will get rid of in this four is Sophie. Yet Katie brought in Sophie a couple of weeks ago as kind of the fourth member here and was very much close with her. The ruthlessness of Katie here where, yes, you can argue it's a bit hypocritical when she loses it towards the end, but, you know, I think there's some arguments for and against way, the way she reacts because she ultimately didn't realise that it wasn't going to be... She thought she was going to be the one doing the betraying when it isn't her doing the betraying. But anyway, the point is, like, everything here is just so fantastic and tight and edited. Let's be honest, it shouldn't be here. We shouldn't be seeing Tapara strategy when Kadena are about to go to tribal. But I'm not going to say that's a bad thing because this is just amazing and again saying it greatest confessional we've ever had in australian survivor history period personally as a a massive fan of this show and 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 a former contestant like to me i i can't see who wouldn't like to see you know either photos or interactions between the old school survivors and the new school like to me you know, you, you, these are the original players that have played the game. Like, if you don't have respect for those players, like, take a look in the mirror and, and look at yourself because, that to me, that's a disgrace. It, th- these guys played the game. They were the originals. You know, to me, they're, they're, they're all icons, they're all of them, because they played this game, what, 14 years before we were going to have another season. Uh, yes, they're on a different network. Who gives a shit? Mm. They played the game, you know? And so when I see stuff like that, like to me, I would love to get a photo with David Haas because David's the original. More like, than a photo. I think you want to kiss. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Do I make sense, Ben? Like, or am I just talking shit here? Because I no, just, you make and, sense. And I, I've, I get that vibe that not every Survivor, Australian Survivor fan feels like that, and I, I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. I love your rant. This is like me talking about no Tasmanian contestants. Like, you, you get there, you get involved, it's great. When you get a confessional like that, you abuse it as much as possible. I imagine, like, the editors and producers, they, they, no doubt they're going to keep using this confessional. It's, I mean, it's the greatest of all time, Ben. I would say the most iconic of all time. I think the greatest of all time is to come in the final episode, but that's a 
source of debate. I, I made sure I worded that carefully when I put it on social media. I said the most iconic. But personally, I think the greatest will come in the final episode. But I think you know what I'm talking about. We'll get to that eventually. But we're here, episode six. We also get the return of our favorite lizard, don't we? As they're all walking off to the challenge. Did you, did you notice the, the lizard shot once again? I did, I did. They liked that shot. I feel like we need to give him a name. Or he, or her. Like, I shouldn't assume. I shouldn't, you know, uh, basically assume it's gender. Uh, you know, like Larry or, or, or like Leslie, maybe. I don't know. Les- Leslie can be both a male and a female name. So how about we go with Leslie? We'll go with that. But I, I definitely hope you're never assuming gender on this uh, podcast, Ben. I would never do that, Matt. It's 2020, all right, to date this episode. Uh, no one would ever do such a thing in such a time of history. So Leslie the lizard, there, there's Leslie. Uh, they, that's the uh, the proper terminology, right? Not he or she. It's they. They. All right, Leslie the lizard. I love it. Okay, but Leslie's excited because we're going to get to a challenge. She's talking about being on a roller coaster. Shona's a bit worried about Katie as well, and then we kind of get a discussion about poo. Uh, is it Rob talks about having three movements in 16 days and that the clothes are dropping off him and then Lance also kind of having a bit of a conversation about this. So, um, you know, it, I like a good conversation about bowel movements, don't you? Hang on a sec, Ben. I can't believe you just casually skipped over the whole Katie line about possibly having morning sickness and being pregnant. This is one of the best lines this episode. Let's be honest. If she was in Kadena tribe, we already know that they're basically having <laughs> sex at night, you know, because they're sleeping so close together. We've already discussed that in a previous recap. And, and I actually laughed a lot when I, when I heard her say this because yeah, I often, cause she's talking about morning sickness and all that. I'm thinking, well, if you had happened to be on Kadena tribe, who knows? It could have been a possibility. Who, who, I mean, there's not really many options there for her, though, on um, on Tapara, is there? I mean, it's not Rob. Rob's happily married. Joel's happily got a girlfriend. Lance is happily married. Um, and I don't think it would have been Jeff. So, <laughs> I don't... I mean, it could have been. He liked Jane a lot, didn't he, Jeff? But... Um... I wonder I wonder how... I think... I, I can't imagine Katie and Sylvan sort of teaming up too much. And I'm not talking about it in that way. I'm just meaning, like... It would have been interesting if Katie was in Kadena. I think her and Craig would have got along well. David, I think. Uh, well, I mean, we see obviously her having that conflict with Craig, but had they been there from the get-go, yeah, for sure. But um, I think I think her and David, I think we've discussed that a fair bit, haven't we, that I, I could see her and David definitely working together. Yeah, 100%. We get to the reward now, and I've got to say, there is some real uh, little undertones of some classic humour here, I think, in some of these ones. And you, you know we're going to pick to pieces these ones because it's actually quite fantastic with some of uh, what is said along the way. So they're all on this beautifully looking cliff, essentially. It's a great location for it. Good job for the, the art department to kind of choose a good location here to, to really, you know, go. And there's actually some really nice shots. We're going to get a really good shot coming up for the immunity challenge of them standing over the cliff, kind of looking over the beach. Like, it's actually very well shot there. Great cinematography in this episode. But we get each of them having their go on the phone. So Lance, first of all, talks to his wife. Um, is it his wife? He's talking to her as his daughter, isn't it? No, Lance talks to his son, Jack. Oh, I've written Jackie. Why have I written Jackie? Oh, because he calls him Jackie, right? Yeah, so he's, he's talking to his son, Jack. Sorry about that, Lance, if you ever listen to this episode. <laughs> just Because, uh, I, I, okay, I make sense of this now because his son basically is like, I keep forgetting you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> I actually I actually really like this whole phone call. And that's what I was saying before. I actually like the fact that 
I guess Tapara ended up winning and allowing Kadena to do it because, yeah, we when as you go through them, yeah, you get Lance talking to his son Jack. We get Jane talks to her mum Jennifer, and I think that's a big one for Jane because we know Jane's struggling in this game, and we know that she, you know she was living at home at the time while you know before playing the game, and she basically didn't have to do much. I think the most she had to do was make her bed every now and then. So. So even just seeing Jane talk to her mum, and, and you, you see a lot of emotions throughout these um, players when they get to talk to their loved ones. You're right. Uh, Jane, yep, talks to her mum, Jennifer. And it's not really, we talk about sort of a bit more Karen, a bit more Lance, not really any Jen, uh, Jane this episode, except for people hating her, but we'll get to that. Um, Katie talks to her mum, Jane. And I do love Katie, you know, that she feels like the rat woman. Uh, and then I also love her little convo- conniving, and all none of that yucky stuff is part of this game. Uh, good line to come from Katie there, but we'll we'll get to more of that. Can I just make this clear now? You know I'm a massive David Haas fan. I'm his number one fan, but he's gone out of the game now, and I'm now shown as number one fan. <laughs> this lady, she's she's one of the best contestants on this season, and one of the best female characters survivor Australian survivors ever had and she rings her mum her phone calls to her mum Jess and she, Which I love, I love I it just, just... I just kind of say I love the fact that what shown is what 49 and yep. she's calling her her mum who like I, I don't want to guess her mum's age she's probably still a very young spring chicken but I, I respect the hell out of Shona here that she's ringing her because I, I would be on that show as a 49 year old and I would still bloody ring my mum yeah, definitely. And it, it shows that softer side to Shona. We, we've often talked about, you know, there's Shona's often shown as this very dominant sort of woman. And she is. But she's also shown little softer sides to herself. And I think that's nice to be able to see. I'm glad that the editing department did allow us to see that other side to Shona. And, yeah, she talk, she's talking to her mom and she's got this whole list of food of what she wants when she gets home and and then the mum actually mentions that oh you're not going to be able to eat all that and she's like oh, trust me i'll be eating it now now matt i wouldn't be a good co-host if i didn't write this down verbatim and uh, i have written this down verbatim uh first of all shona does mention she's the only 49 year old in the country with dreads i like that one but uh shona's long list of food she says when i get home i want to have scroungers I don't know what that is. Uh, I've written here, it sounds like she says vicious soir. I don't know what that is. Then she says she wants spinach slice with a baked potato and lots of yummy, I think she said yams maybe, I don't know, uh, cauliflower cheese, tomato and onion, and a big baked rice afterwards. And next morning for breakfast, we could have cold spinach slice and hot mac cheese with Tabasco. Because she emphasizes the Tabasco right at the very end, to which her mum is basically just is this silence. She's like, oh, oh, I don't know if you'll eat all that. And she's just like, I will. Trust me. <laughs> I just love how she's just got this all played out. Like, it's just, it's not just like, oh, yeah, bring me a pack of chips or whatever. It's just literally like this freaking menu. I want to know. I really want to know if Shona's mum brought all that food to her at the airport. Well, hope, hopefully we get to find out um, later in our in our season with the podcast. But, um, yeah, no, I think Shona's just shown once again why... Why she got picked to be on the show? She's she's one of my favorites, and uh, yeah, I love the enthusiasm. You're right about the Tabasco sauce at the end, brilliant. Tabasco. And I would have written, yeah, <laughs> and and I would have written it down, but um, I think just like you, there's a few things I didn't know what they were or understand. Yeah. So I, I'm glad you wrote it down and had a crack at it. Scrounges, vicious soir, and I've written here yays, but I don't, I don't know if maybe she means yams. 
Well, if we're lucky enough to get Shona on in the future, we might have to, we'll ask her about her food choices. I'm surprised no one edited this and was like just dubbing over going, oh, and I want baked potato with can of Solo. And oh, and I really want some cold spinach slice and Lay's potato chips. <laughs> and and then, and then edit her to cherry ripe. <laughs> yeah. Cherry ripe, cherry ripe. <laughs> Where was the cherry ripe enthusiasm there for Shona? I'm expecting we didn't have that. Oh, it's brilliant, isn't it? And I'll tell you another one one that's brilliant is the next phone call with Karen. It gets a little bit awkward. She's talking to her boyfriend, Adam. and um, Dick Adam. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to jump in here. And Karen, if you're listening and you've married this man and you've you've got a happy family and everything is hunky-dory, I am so thrilled for you. But... Your boyfriend at this point, Adam, was an absolute dick to you. He was an he was Lincoln levels of dickery here. It got a little bit awkward, didn't it? It's um, she's talking about how she's like a European woman, um, uh, with all the hair and everything, and um, and then and then he's what does he say? He he's says like, something he's like, like, oh, I don't know. he's like, oh, you don't get to shave, and then he, she's basically like, no, he's like, oh, babe, I don't know if I can see you like this, like. <laughs> You're joking or not? Like it doesn't sound like you're joking. Karen's reaction is basically, "Oh, like you, you're not going to get away with this in 2020." Like God, Adam's basically going to be hung from the rafters as a as a misogynist <laughs> prick. Like oh, screw you, geez. Adam. <laughs> yeah, no, it just shows you. It, it's oh, it's funny, isn't it? it? It was it was an awkward phone call and. Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, th- there was always going to be at least one awkward phone call when what you're having ten people or so that take the phone call. It's not the only one though, Matt, because we've got a couple more here, subtle ones to go. Naomi talks to her boyfriend Chris, uh, to which Naomi's like, "Oh, babe, it's so good to hear from you." Now, I don't know if Chris was maybe like expecting a different type of phone call because all of a sudden he's like, "Oh yeah, you too." <laughs> like he's he's so like into her voice. Like I, I'm kind of thinking he doesn't realise that this might be filled for national. He's probably naked in a bath with some lubricant. I'm a bit worried there. Oh, I wonder if they told the people that they're gonna yeah the camera's gonna be listening. <laughs> they didn't tell in. Chris. <laughs> Chris didn't get the memo. What are you wearing, babe? It's like, um, I'm in my... Oh, yeah, tell me more. It's like, Chris, you're being... Oh, shit. Uh, I, I miss you. Love you. Bye. She's like, I'm in my buff. And then he's like, Was, are you wearing it like Ben Motherworth wears his buffs? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure I was on the mind of uh, 2002. This, I mean, again, no disrespect to, to Chris. Naomi, if you're listening and you've married him, I'm sure he's you know great guy, happy family, fantastic. But, I mean, at least he doesn't sound like a dick like Adam did. At least he just, he's just a bit lonely, clearly. You've been gone for a couple of weeks. Like, you know, it's a bit of, you know, Chris and Naomi time perhaps there. But uh, then Craig rings his mum. And what what do you think Craig's going to ask for when he gets picked up from the airport? This is actually the best phone call of them all. We already know the guy is a chocolate <laughs> connoisseur. So, of course, he rings his mum, Heather. And all he wants is this for his mother to bring chocolate, and not just any chocolate, but family <laughs> blocks, not just the normal blocks, family blocks of chocolate to the airport when she picks him up. Brilliant. I do I do love it's kind of like, you know, like, oh, mum, don't cry. I'll start crying too. I want chocolate. Family blocks. <laughs> I could just picture it if um 
if the mum turns up and just with a normal size block, like, and yeah. it just it would just enrage him, and he'd just like get it and throw it. Get like, away! Not, Don't this, pick me this up. This is not what I asked for. I asked for a family block. <laughs> it's like Shona, like going like, "Where's the cauliflower and cheese?" Uh, Karen gets off the plane, all hairy. Adam's like takes one look, ah, oh, fuck off, and then just gets in the current truck. <laughs> Chris shows up naked for Naomi. Oh, babe, you too. Oh, brilliant. Lance turns up and Jack's like, "Who's who are you? <laughs> who are you?" Um, Sylvan speaks to his mum, Janine. Um, I like kind of you know, oh, don't worry, I'm healthy, and I love her. His mum's reaction is basically like, "Are you?" <laughs> like it's kind of like. But then it gets even better. Like, Sophie, who has a nanny for her children here, Nanny Robin. Now, I'm sorry, but does Robin just sound like she doesn't give a shit? Because Sophie's just like, oh, are the kids... No, they're fine. Oh, but are they doing... No, they're good. Are they missing me? No. (laughs) Can I just say, I think think Robin probably was asking for a pay rise or something. Because that's all... Clearly, that's all... She was thinking the phone call was to come... That Sophie was going to say, oh, I'm going to give you an extra yeah. dollar an hour or something. But uh, let's be it, Robin didn't care. And the Robin fact gave when... no shits. <laughs> this is a hint. I've never been a nanny, but I'm going to give a tip to any potential nannies out there that are listening to this podcast. If if the mother of the kids is away and they've been away for a couple of weeks and they ring you and ask you if the kids are missing you, even if they're not, always tell them, so yes, yes, they're missing you dearly. Don't just say to them, No. And, and, like, I feel so bad for Sophie here because clearly, like, it's not her choice that they're making the phone call at this time. It's not like Sophie said to Lincoln and the producers, like, oh, can we call at 4.30 so we know they're home? Like, clearly this is a schedule. So she's asked, like, oh, are the kids there? And she's like, no, they're at kindy. And Sophie's just like, oh, you know, oh, of course. Like, I feel so bad for Sophie. And this is the, like, this is the most emotion we've seen from Sophie all season. I mean, Sophie hasn't had a lot to be shown this season, unfortunately. But here you just, you can't help feel bad because she just breaks down. She breaks down at this point. Uh, to Jane and yeah it's it's really it's I just feel so bad that she hired such a terrible nanny again Sophie if you're listening I'm sorry if Robin's like a family nanny who's still in the family and is helping you I know your kids are probably grown up by now you might have had more kids I don't know but if she's a dear dear friend of your family again no disrespect but Robin's kind of a bitch here like I feel so bad for you I've got a feeling when Sophie got home she asked Robin to step into her office yes. and fired her Yes, rightfully so. <laughs> her, her services were no longer wanted. I'd love to know where Robin is now, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah, well, I mean, God, hopefully not working as a nanny anymore. I hope she's gotten a, you know, maybe she's working for Telstra in their customer service. Maybe she's working for a nanny for Ben Dark. Who knows? <laughs> maybe she's with Ben Dark. Maybe she's kidnapped Ben Dark and kept Ben in the dark because clearly she sounds like a bitch. So <laughs> she's probably doing that. Who could have thought a phone call to a nanny could be so good? Like, I, I, you know what I know about nannies, Matt? I know Fran Drescher, right? And the nanny, right? That to me, yeah. and they're, they're funny. They've got a highly, you know, eh, Mr. Sheffield. Like, nannies generally seem to me great. Like, if they had made a sitcom on this woman, it would have just been like, oh, Mr. Sheffield, get fucked. The kids don't love you anymore. Ooh. Can I just say that voice of Fran there? That was a that was a great voice. <laughs> oh, Mr. That was a great Mr. impression. <laughs> Mr. Matthew. <laughs> Apparently, I've had a lot of practice. Um, who who would have ever thought it would have only taken to our thirteenth episode to bring up the nanny with Fran Drescher? Um, you know, I thought it would have taken sooner. But anyway, um, 
But great, it's great reward. Like I, I love kind of seeing this too, and it basically leads us straight into the immunity challenge because we're straight to challenge mail. Sylvan's working out if it's a pencil or something like that. Sylvan and Naomi get theirs, and Jane and Katie read uh, the challenge uh, going into this one. Now, do you have this one written down, Matthew? I don't, but I'm hoping you do. I don't. Uh, I wrote oh. all of Shona's lines. That was my one role for this episode, and and impersonating Fran Drescher. So. <laughs> And calling out family members of our favourite cast members on this show, basically calling them dicks. I'm sorry, listeners, but I was too busy trying to track down Robin the Nanny. Yeah, Yeah, just Google Robin the Nanny. I'm sure that will bring up something. I I seriously hope she's not working as a nanny still. I mean, like, seriously, she just sounds like a horrible nanny. And again, Sophie, apologies if she's, like, your best friend in the world and you're listening to us going, well, I'm never doing Australian Cyber Archives interview now. You're calling my beloved Robin friend... A bitch. Well, I, I, I can't help it. She was horrible to you on the phone. She really, really was. Maybe Robin and and uh, what was um, Karen's Adam. partner's name? Adam. Adam. Maybe they ended up hooking up. Maybe. They, they seemed like, you know, I'm, I'm sure Robin shaves. And that's clearly what Adam likes. <laughs> oh, too good. How do you see what I'm saying there, Ben? How good was it the fact that Kadena did end up losing this reward because all because of a missing bolt, and then that uh, Tapara ended up winning an lap. We wouldn't have got any of this. Like it would have been all different. So in the end, the Survivor Gods it all worked out, and we got a great little segment there. Got to mention a great little confessional here from our man Sylvan though, uh, when he's talking about the vote. And uh, what does he say? The boat's the boat. What will be will be. I'm leaving it till then. Then you'll see. And I love the little look he gives to the camera, kind of almost like a ba-boom, boom, shh. And he kind of like points the camera, he's like, hey. <laughs> Don't forget he clicks his fingers as well. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. He like, it's fi- so he good. He clicks his fingers, gives a little smirk. I love it. I just That's what makes it for me. Like, it's kind of just that little smirk. Like, Sylvan three weeks ago would have just been like, but, but, well, be, oh. you know, he'd be complaining. Here, he's just, he's, I, this is maybe what I really actually like about Sylvan this episode, is he's so much more self-aware that I think, Deep down, he probably knows he's going home here because he kind of talks it up a little bit, kind of like, oh, maybe I'm not, maybe I will. But I think really here now, he he pretty much knows. I mean, we get a, a sort of a, a bit of a red herring from Craig where Craig's kind of like, oh, I was going to vote for Sylvan, but I'm not anymore. Clearly he ends up doing it anyway. But um, it's it's kind of... I just I just like that. Friends. Maybe we needed this more from Sylvan out this season that he's, he's, he's actually happy that he's going home, clearly. <laughs> and, and we're actually lucky that Sylvan's lasted to the point he has because obviously we know merges next episode so without his character and all the confessionals and all the things it could have got a little bit boring but he has kind of kept it fun and interesting and you can have a bit of a laugh about some of the things that are happening to him so yeah you've got to give credit to Sylvan in the end um you know he, he was edited to show that he was struggling but still a great character tribal council sassy dick Sylvan's back uh, basically there's only four of you about to be three Tapara's decimated you in every single way. <laughs> like, kick him while they're down, Lincoln. It's all good. This is the last time we're ever having a tribal tribal council uh, with a tribe uh, rather than a merged tribe. So fuck it. Let's go to town. You guys suck, basically. this is Let's, let's read the context here, what Lincoln's saying. You guys are shit. You deserve to be decimated, and you are about to get your ass handed to you at the merge. What do you have to say about that, Craig? <laughs> I love... Lincoln in this tribal you know what he's he they Kadena deserve everything that you know they get told because Lincoln's spot on he I love the how he he 
tells them too that they've been decimated and they have let's be honest yeah, Lincoln is sick of seeing their mugs you know he know he knows that this tribe is terrible I'm sick of seeing you as Karen's boyfriend is of seeing hair on her body <laughs> he asked Karen about you know if they have any regret about them um, voting out you know the the, the early boots like a, you know I guess like a Tim and and um, and uh, David Haas, stuff like that. So, you know, and it's funny because Karen actually says, well, you can't look in the past, but I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were thinking about, oh, geez, you know, we, we made some bad decisions along the way. It's a very political answer from Karen there, isn't it? Very much a bit of a spin answer. You know, oh, we can't look in the past. We have to look into them. Fair enough. But um, I also love, yeah, Lincoln's on fire here. And again, if Lincoln wasn't such a nice guy, I feel like he would be basically swearing and going, you guys suck, you're fucking ugly, I don't want to see you anymore. Um, only kidding, Lincoln, they're not ugly, let's be honest, they're very attractive people you're looking at. But I do like, you know, he's basically flat out ass, like, why the hell did you guys choose rock, paper, scissors? Uh, oh, you lost the bolt, you just gave up, didn't you? <laughs> like, it's kind of... He's on fire. Like, as much as, as I said, Lincoln is a super nice guy, but this is dickery Lincoln is back because he's so good at being a bit of a dick, but being so goddamn nice that you just want to call Telstra and eat Lays and drink solo. <laughs> yeah, no, Lincoln is fantastic. And um, you're right, he's damn nice, isn't he? Like, I would so love nice. To, I would love to see him come back on to be able to host a season where they say, Lincoln, like, just go for it. Like, just forget the niceties. If there's a shit tribe, just tell them what you really think. I reckon it'd be brilliant. But he's already brilliant. We already love Lincoln. But uh, we also see Sylvan. He talks about Craig and him taking a lot of the burden of the physical challenges in Kadena. And that's why, you know, they do the scissors, paper, rock. But I'm still I'm still dirty that Craig didn't do that um, do that challenge. I think Lincoln is too. That's why he's asking him about it. You're 100% right. A lot of Lincoln. And Lincoln's, like, towing the line of Dick Lincoln and just everybody loves Lincoln and let's just give this guy some props because again, I feel like, yeah, we're sucking up to the guy. We know he's our only listener. How are you doing Lincoln? I hope you're having a good time over in the States. But I like, I, I love the fact that like, he's just got something about him that is just so, you just connect with him. Like I love Probst. I'm still maybe one of Probst's biggest defenders to this day. But, like, I don't feel you got this level of human to probes in Borneo. Like, I just, I don't think you did. Whereas Lincoln is just, he's just, he's the cool dad that's out there looking after his kids, making sure they're having a good old time and looking good in his powder blue big W shirt out there in the beaming hot sun of Whaler's Way. What a, what a man. Lincoln, you are, you are a, a, a legend, my friend. And if we ever end up ranking the hosts of Australian Survivor, it's going to be very tricky because I am so partial to this man. Dicko's probably on the bottom. Sorry, Dicko. But, like, let's be honest. When it comes to the top two, it's going to be tricky. I think it's almost unfair to even rate Dicko because, as you've said before, he's on another planet. So <laughs> Literally. He's on Silver's planet. I don't even planet. know if you can... <laughs> you know, you've got seven Tapara blue buffs staring in the face of three Kadena green buffs. And... Like, to those Kadena members, they don't already need reminding that they're in trouble when you've still got this. It's it's like if if all of a sudden tomorrow South Sydney merged with Cronulla, yet seven, you know, the majority of the team was South Sydney and only a few dregs were Cronulla. 
you don't you're all going to be wearing a brand new jersey aren't you you're not going to be wearing the majority of south sydney jerseys and then you know slowly getting rid of the cronulla blue it's it's, it's not going to happen is it you just said kadena was green did i i know we i know we've had this argument because the very first episode lincoln referred to him as green but come on ben we know they're yellow I I am apparently I've lost my vision and my color blindness uh, when it comes to this. So there's always going to be that debate whether they're green or yellow. It, it's it's something that will last forever. I thought it was There'll the other way around, that. Matt. I thought it was not yellow and it was green because I'm looking at this. This is green. You are bullshit. That's what I, the way Bull. I thought it is. I thought it was the other way around. No. <laughs> have I lost I t- my okay, marbles? I- you you have lost your marbles. Um, now I know we're gonna. I know you're gonna mention it at the end of this episode, but fuck it, I'm gonna mention it now. I'm sitting here in an aurora buff. I'm doing this podcast right now with an aurora buff on my head, and this is what I'm saying about the grey color and how I was always a bit like, oh, like why did they go with that color? It looks awesome, Ben. I gotta admit, I love this buff. Mm-hmm. It the color with the logo. It actually looks really good, and it shits me more now knowing that and having these buffs that they didn't have them out at Whaler's Way, and it will always annoy me. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just hung up over this yellow-green thing. Um, I, 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 like, am I just losing my mind in my old age? I haven't even so, had my birthday yet. What's going on? So in episode one, Lincoln calls it green, but we've discussed this in his interview and that's it. We, it's yellow. I'm, now you're trying to, after all these months, you're now trying to say it's green? No, no, no. I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm confusing myself. This is all down to me just being an idiot. I'm literally going back to my notes here for our Lincoln episode. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, you're right, because it's got here green buffs, question mark. I'm an idiot. What is wrong with me? How? I, but legitimately, looking in this light, this looks green. So I can see, like, well, I, well, I must have lost my colour, colour blind, well, non-being bl- I don't even know what I'm saying right now, Matt. So, well, well so, you're flustered. You're fl- Let I me am. take over here for a second. Please. You, 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 we know that someone on production, no one's ever admitted who it was, but someone on production said that they're definitely dull green and told Lincoln to say green. However, listen to go back and listen to his interview if you haven't already, guys. Lincoln said he always knew they were yellow, and everyone else knows that were yellow. But maybe in different light, maybe when the, someone in production had them in the box and they opened it up, maybe the lighting wasn't too good. And they're like, oh, they're green, called them green, and then when they got them out in the sunlight, they were yellow. Who knows? But but Ben, yeah, you, they're definitely yellow, mate. I have to say, I'm the person who edits these episodes. You would think that um, I would edit this out to make myself not sound stupid and we could forget this ever happened. But um... Hey, you know what? It doesn't even matter what colour they are, Ben. We're sitting here and we're both... Sitting here in grey Aurora buffs. That's my all purple. Right it's now, purple, mate. right? This is what colour it is. One thing I just want to really kind of do a tangent and go back to a scene that I think it's very important to mention because it's fucking hilarious and it's Dick Lincoln at his peak is just the moment when he mentions the shower. When he's basically like, guys, there's a, an important issue I think we need to raise here because, you know, we all know each other now. Let's be honest. Uh, you guys are on the nose. You stink. <laughs> just fucking hilarious, just like absolute Dick Lincoln. And then kind of we go into this whole tangent about you're going to have a hot shower and, you know, all these products. And let's let's just lay this on the line right now, Matt. Peak sponsorship this episode. I mean, between Lay's Chips and Far Beauty products, like I'm sold. Give me those Lay's and lather me up in the Far. 
I had forgotten. So this is they've got back to their new their new camp, and then we see Lincoln again. Yes. This time he's walking <laughs> into camp. I forgot about this. How the hell did I forget about this? Is one of the greatest moments in in this season. Like he walks in holding a a, a little basket of beautifully of laid of out, chips. perfectly yeah, laid he, out. He's got a couple of packets of Lay's chips with him, with one obviously that they had pre-opened and put into the basket. He almost trips as he's coming in, and and then someone yells out, "Oh, don't drop the chip!" And then. <laughs> It's just great. Like, this is what I'm saying. We see so much of the Lincoln. He just turns up at the camp, and it is brilliant. And then they're passing around the chips, and then uh, one of them asks, oh, what what, what sort of flavors it's, it's are Lance. these? And they're it's, like, oh. I was going to say that because, like, to me, and this is, like, we need to remember this to ask Lance because I, I swear we will forget, but we need to remember this because, to me, that has to be one of these moments. Surely a producer has gone, okay, guys, like, I just want you to put this into natural because these are brand new flavor. They're only just out right now. Uh, this is a bit of an ad. This is a bit of a plug. So, Lance, can you say this following line? Oh, these are great. Uh, is this a new flavor? Yes, they are, Lance. It's sour cream and onion or whatever the hell the flavor is. Yeah, if they said, yeah, you're right. It's sour cream and onion. And then you got to listen, Karen, she says it off camera. You don't see her say it. Yeah. She says, she goes, I don't even like sour cream and onion. Yep. But they taste fantastic. <laughs> I'm just expecting there to like just cut to an ad like, these are the chip that you need to eat. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 i love this episode but did i mention at the start of this episode i love this 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 episode this merge episode oh how good but lincoln at his best but this this is you're you're so right like this is peak lincoln and this just goes back to the point where it's like this guy is just like the, the cool dad like this is your friends you've got him over in 2002 you've you've loaded up the ps2 the gamecube like you know you've whacked it in you've got a couple of dvds you're gonna watch i don't know dude where's my car or i spy or whatever the hell was out back in 2002 and in comes dad with a box of chips okay matt how are you buddy have a packet of lays go over your life have some solo fucking wash it down with some far shampoo go to town kids like this is just where it's so cool and like again i love a good merge feast merge feasts are fantastic but there's just something about this where like it just brings them together and then this leads into the shower which i mean talk about iconic scenes in australian survivor season one like this just and this is the thing like we're, we're only, what, 15 minutes into this episode right now and just everything is just flowing and just going so well. Ben, you're forgetting the part where he gives them a mirror and they go around, they go around and they get to look at themselves in the mirror. So he, he passes around the mirror and they all have a bit of a look and they're all like, ah, oh, no, no. And it gets to, to Jane and she kind of, I love this part, before she actually looks at it, she like she t- takes off a hat or a bath <laughs> or something and puffs up her hair a little bit and then, and then she puts up the the mirror still looks just as good as she did on day say, one. She say. she's definitely one of these survivors. There are definitely survivors in history who almost look better dirty than they do clean. And Jane Yeah, no, I I, I agree. But but the best bit is when it gets to Shona. Yeah. And and she, she takes off chicken. Her hat. I, love I love how she wears the buff around the top of her hat too. Mm. But I love, I love it. But she takes she takes off the hat and then she's like she looks like a, just a young spring chicken. Yep. Just a pup. Yep. Oh, how could Shona? But I also, the thing too, like just with Lincoln as well, just going back to the cool dad, like I, I love how he like kind of sits down and is almost just kind of like, guys, 
yep, and tomorrow you'll be competing in your first... In-. Like, he's just... He's, and but this is the thing, too, where it's like, it's very Jeff Probst Borneo because he's doing it in a way that the viewers are also learning as they go along too. So, and but look, I have to say, it's done more subtly than Probst because Probst, if you remember in Borneo, literally was walking towards the camera and kind of giving it to us in a real, you know, narration style, whereas this is just literally Lincoln going, G'day, guys, how you doing? Tomorrow, immunity challenge. Have a chip. Good on you. Let's go do some karaoke. And then he tells him, he goes, hit the showers. Yeah, you fucking stink. <laughs> yeah, he's like, hit, hit the sh- I love that line. He's like, hit the showers. Yeah. Seriously, guys, hit the showers. You, you, you're really bad. Uh, now, now, Ben, you, you probably don't want to talk much about this next shower nah, scene, do you? Would, nah, it, would, would it skip over it? Unimportant. Skip- don't know what we'd want to talk about with this scene. Um, look, this this is um, one of these scenes that I've always remembered from Australian Survivor Season 1. And just what is not to love about this scene. Um, you know, you've got the the guys and the girls separated into two little sections. I love the set design here. Like, props to the, the, the set design here. Working with a very limited budget, of course. And, like, I do love that shot where you've kind of got the two barrels of water. It's got, like, H and C on it and that sort of stuff. You've got the most obvious product placement in the history of the world this zoom in on the the far deodorant and the far thing do you think um katie got into a bit of trouble later on when she says that schwarzkopf feeling like you know is that the same brand or yeah no she says that at tribal council yeah i'm not sure was it the same brand but you're right ben this this we know it was a low budget production but they nailed this scene it and I'm, I, I'm, you beat me to it. I was going to say too, was it just me or did, they did an amazing job? They obviously had to build this shower, the the backdrop. This, if this was in All Stars right now, you you, you wouldn't, wouldn't realize that this was from a season from 20 years ago. Like 100. It's it's they could transform this straight into modern day Survivor, and it would still look amazing. So all credit to production on this. Amazing job. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And, I mean, what makes this scene even greater is that, like, it's just so much is brought around this with characters because, I mean, obviously we all know that the, the very famous scene here is Rob sort of dares Katie to, to do a nudie run for, for 100 bucks. She says, I'll do it for 500 She does it. Um, which actually, like, in all honesty, like, I remember this from the surviving survivor special where it's like completely uncensored you see katie fully naked but even like the way they've edited this like they actually don't blur anything out you kind of you, you see pretty much everything and i think when we eventually get to season two we're going to talk a lot more about how that was a little bit more graphic and in your face kind of with the nudity but uh we know australia a little less prudish when it comes to the nudity compared to our u.s counterparts when they blur a bum crack but um i mean it's funny it's great i like but like there's obviously one main bit here that we're going to talk to, which is just absolutely hilarious. But a couple of little subtle moments here I love. Like, I love um, uh, when uh, Shona's doing the whole bit when she's watching Katie's hair. And it's like, oh, your hair's grey. Oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> like, Shona is just such a clean freak. I love it. I love it when Katie's done a run. And then basically the first thing she says is like, oh, no, my feet are dirty. And then I also love the intersection with the uh, the confessionals when Katie's basically like, I did promise my parents the one thing I would do is not go naked. And then she's basically like, oh, I hope that doesn't come back to haunt me. Katie, it's 18 years later and we're still talking about it. So sorry to say. It's haunted you, but, but, but I love how she says, oh, "I t- yeah, I promised my parents I wouldn't, I wouldn't get naked." But she's like, "Yeah, but five hundred bucks." Yeah, it's like, which I don't think like, oh, she ever got. I don't think she no, ever got. No, so five hundred bucks is five hundred bucks. But another little subtle thing I like when she does the runaround, 
you look at the blokes. I mean, these guys, they've been out on there for 20 days. If you, if you notice, um, Craig, actually, he's up on his tippy toes. He's trying to get, they're all gawking. Yeah. Absolute all gawking. Poor, poor um, Craig, he's sort of in the middle at the back. So he, he's up on his tippy toes trying to get a little bit little bit of a geese. You, 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 um, you, you see Joel and, and Rob, he's really looking. He's looking the whole way. Like, it's just... <laughs> and then... <laughs> It's just a great set. It's a bit of fun. Like, there's no harm in it. Katie's all for it. Like, it's not something where she's done without them knowing. Like, she's she's gone knowing that they'd all be looking. So that's what I like about this scene. There's no harm in it. Like, everyone was aware of what was going on, and she's agreed to do it. And it, it, it is. It's something in history we're, we're still talking about all these years later. And, I, and like, it reminds me to compare it to the Amazon sort of strip for peanut butter uh, scene, whereas so many of those guys up in the polls are like, I'm not going to look. And then is it Rob Sestanino or somebody who's like, <laughs> oh, I'm looking or something like that? <laughs> Which oh, it's hilarious. Geez. But, yeah, let's be honest. We talked about Rob dropping some clangers in this episode. Um you know, we've, we've mentioned several iconic confessionals already, you know, shown as tiddlywinks. Uh, we're going to get maybe the, the greatest confessional, of course, of all time in the final episode. But uh, when it comes to Rob here, just sort of comparing it like, oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's a bit like all the old footy days, you know, in the change rooms and all that sort of stuff. And uh, Joel is a bigger man than I thought he was. Uh, yeah, actually quite impressive, really. <laughs> Everyone, let's be honest, Joel has a big dick. Yeah, that's what and and from the sounds of it, Rob, you know, he was a professional football player. He would have seen a lot of dicks in his time. So if he's saying he's impressed, the man's impressed. Yep. Uh, I mean, look, we talked a lot about uh, over on the Oz Network during uh, season six that uh, I don't think Sean Hansen was called horse because he liked equestrian. So um, Joel, uh, maybe the original horse. Uh, of Australian Survivor. So, good on you, Joel. Well done. Um, yeah. Big, big man, Joel. I, but it's just, it's just Rob. It's just the natural charisma of him that he just, he just drops this in the middle of a confessional. It's just kind of like, you know, yeah, like a bonding session, kind of like, uh, you know, back in the footy days. And yeah, fuck, Joel's got a big dick. Uh- <laughs> uh, it, it's, yeah, it's a it's a great part of this episode, isn't it? And uh, I'm I'm glad we're still talking about it all these years later. The whole scene itself, the whole, you know, new new camp, the shower scene, all that, the nudie run. Uh, hey, it's funny though. Um, we see a lot of nudie runs now, don't we, Ben? Like in All Star. I mean, you see you missed Lee out Carson on it, Matt. Line, we didn't get to see it. your bum yeah. day after. Nah. <laughs> but yeah, it's right. Like we've seen multiple Zach nudie runs in both seasons now. Um, you know. Uh, Lee Castledine, that obviously um, he likes John, looking. Like John's Lee's always, always looking at him, his, isn't he? <laughs> John's always showing his ass in all his seasons, but uh, but yeah, they have sort of veered away from any any of the feet showing. Even the bums are females now. They they're really. Um, it, it's funny how times change. They're they're more than happy to show the men and their bums, but they definitely don't show any female nudity at all. We got to see Shona's bum this season, so we're, we're pretty good. So Shona and Katie's bum, we can't complain. So, you know, we've had a good season so far. Joel's family photo, it's just kind of, an, it's a nice little weird moment. And is it Naomi? She, she loves this photo. Like, oh, no, it's Karen. She's like, oh, it's such a nice photo. And then we get a really classic Joel. We haven't had a Joel overly happy scene in a while. Like when she sees a fish, she's like, oh, wow, you got two. Oh, wow. And then maybe to cap it all off here, um, Karen the cannibal 
because we have Rob, who just all of a sudden is like, would you ever eat a human? And without hesitation, Karen's like, alive or dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's and not then, even a thought Rob's process. Like, uh, <laughs> Rob's like, uh, dead? And then Karen's like, yeah, nah. So I feel like, alive, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, love, I love Rob's reaction. He's like, oh, shit, I'm yeah. dead, of course. Like, <laughs> just, we're not going to be eating them alive. It's just one of those moments where it's like, there, there are questions you get asked in life where there should be a little bit of a pause for, you know, just not just dramatic effect, but like, so it's not disturbing. That's bordering, bordering on disturbing from Karen, where it's like, would you ever hear him? Alive or dead? Like, just straight away, without even thinking. And then we, of course, get um, Rob. And this is, again, subtle Rob kind of throwing Craig under the bus. And we're going to get more of this, but... Rob's moment where he's like, "Ah, oh, Craig, you've got some, uh, you've got some chunky thighs there. Maybe we'll have a crack at them." Uh, I, love, I do love Craig's reaction. Like, yeah, you can have a go. <laughs> Lance's uh, speedos are back. They're falling off. Uh, you know, do do like a bit of Lance bum. Was it just me? Or was there? Was this a bit of a random quick scene they put in here of just them at going and having a swim in the beach? You see, why not? Once again, you see, yeah, you see Katie and Rob sort of having that close relationship. They're in the water, splashing water on each other and all that. But I actually had a laugh when I saw they did the the whole Lance almost from top to bottom up with his <laughs> with his DTs on. And uh, I know you're a big fan of Lance and his DTs on, so I had a little bit of a um a bit of a laugh about this random scene that this sort of popped up before tribal. But one scene I do love, which is directly after this, where they're walking to tribal, you see it's a great shot. Big full moon. It's 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 sort of just hit night time. Big full moon. And they're all walking to camp and they've got the, with their, uh, sorry, walking to tribal with their torches and they're all the torches are lit. It's a magnificent shot. Can I, can I just backtrack a little bit here? Don't know if this is a lost in translation moment, Queensland versus Tasmania. What is a DT? Dick togs. Dick togs. Okay, I've never... Have you never, have you never heard of this? No. I, I was thinking like dream team, like you're playing a bit of AFL fantasy or something like that. But um, no, I've never quite heard the term dick togs before. Uh, banana hammock, sure. Dick togs, no. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe it's a Queensland thing. Could be. <laughs> I just assumed everyone knew what DTs were. Bloody banana benders. Speak English. You bloody, <laughs> let's not do daylight savings and call them dick togs and stuff like that. And yeah, uh, interesting. All right. Good. Uh, we'll be sure to bring up Lance's dick togs when it, when it comes to. Uh... But can I just say, equal opportunist uh, perv here on the Oz Network. Uh, not the Oz Network. What show are we on? The Australian Australian Survivor Archives. God, ben, you clearly do too it's many. It's yellow. Times. It's yellow. It's not green. Um, oh. Equal opportunity perv. Lance, bit of a silver fox there with the uh, the old beard and the the DTs hanging over there. Like, uh, gotta say, Lance, you know, yeah, I, I, I'd I'd give it a crack if I swung that way, mate. <laughs> Well, little does he know he's about to get a few votes on him, so uh, maybe he wouldn't have been so happy uh, on that beach just before tribal. Why wouldn't production show the vote? Why wouldn't the first vote they show is, bang, Rob? Mm. Like, th- there's two votes that they didn't show, and that the Rob vote was one of them. I don't get that. I reckon, wouldn't you want that, that shot of Rob's reaction when, like, a first vote, bang, Rob, like, and then sh- shoot to Rob and see his face? 
Oh, I that I don't get that. That's to me, that's every day of the week. That's the first vote Lincoln reads out. Yes, it's one vote. It doesn't mean anything. But you're doing it for the shock value. But they do show Rob's vote, don't they? No, not uh, no, because there's two votes they don't show. As far as I'm, sh- I've written down here that they they show the votes for no, Lance. They, they and do the votes- show Rob's vote because I've written down Rob as the first vote here, and I'm just watching it right now. And the first one that he does hold up is Rob's vote. So ah. Okay, my bad. God, it's, it's, it's green, Matt. Don't you know anything? <laughs> we, we both stuffed up in this episode. Okay, Yay. production, you're on your game. You're on good work. <laughs> Keep it up. You're doing well. Jesus, you're How stupid, did I miss that? Matt. How can you not see things with your own eyes? God, watch oh. it properly. I wish I mentioned the reward is a night away in a 1840s cottage with food and and all the all the fun stuff there as well and a, a chat on the internet. Uh, ben, I trust me, I'm getting to all that. I'm going to do a full <laughs> review right. of where they stay. Sorry, so I got excited. Ben, back up right now. You're cramping my style. Jeez, I've got it all covered. I don't like this snappy mat now that you're married. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You've changed in five uh, weeks. But- and when it comes to the reward, Matthew Dyson, uh, I'd just like to quickly take this moment to thank our good friends at Intel for uh, this <laughs> reward because how good are our friends at Intel? Our friends at Intel are fantastic. They're almost as good as our friends at Lay's and our good friends at Solo and our good friends at Telstra. They're, they're, they're pretty bloody good friends, aren't they, at Intel? Uh, they're the best. We, we've we've made some great friends during this podcast, and uh, are we sponsored by Intel today? By any chance? we are now. So. We are now. Um, they don't even know it, but they're our good bloody friends at Intel. And 18 years later, they're they're your best friend. Like in, you're yeah. in lockdown, call your friends at Intel. Get them to give you a computer. <laughs> Bring over some Lay's chips. Drink your solo. Call up your friends on Telstra. As long yeah, as you're cherry ripe. Get a cherry ripe, cherry ripe, cherry ripe. Get your Black Forest going on, that sort of stuff. Take a trip to Sylvan's Fantasy World on your Intel computer because they're our bloody good friends at Intel. Um, now, now ben, you didn't, did, you, did you get that? Did you get that at all, that our good Lincoln was talking about, their good friends at Intel? Yeah. That? I don't I know if you it was subtle. It was very subtle. Uh, it, it was subtle, but, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. I, I, love, I love all the promotionals. I mean, we know the season was promoted hard and they got a lot of endorsements and stuff, so uh, why not get Intel involved? Why not let them, you know, surf the net? One thing i got to say, though, I love you to death, Lincoln, but... It's when they enter the door, how it's kind of like he's still in host mode, like with our good friends, Intel, blah, blah, blah. Like think about Jeff Probst, you know, hanging out with Colby in the car in Australian Outback, Jeff Probst on the boat with Dr. Sean. You know, Probst is just a little bit chilled, like with Kelly Wigglesworth in the bar, like a bit chilled, you chilled Probst. Lincoln's still in complete host mode here. He's just kind of like with our good friends, Intel, you have a computer and guess what, Naomi, you get to keep it. But I'm I'm sure executive producer Stephen Peters pulled Lincoln aside and he said, "You promote the shit out of Intel because <laughs> our good friends Intel." To... Yes, he's like, "Remember, they're our good friends." I got no doubt that was probably the last thing he said to him before Craig and Naomi came. And he said, "Remember, Intel, they're our great friends." I feel my impersonation of Lincoln has become very much like a you know a sale of the century. Like Lincoln's very much like, "Hey guys, come on in. Like you know, let's look at this and let's do that." You know, if it was Dico, we know he's like, Hello, guys, come on in. Play hard and play fair and bloody get our good friends intel. 
I, I did laugh actually. Lincoln's already halfway through his speech, and and Craig's still stuffing around trying to close the door as well. <laughs> it was actually quite funny. I, I rewound it and watched it. And I was like, "What's Craig doing?" And he's like, "He's like, do I shut it hard? Do I not? Do I do?" It takes him forever to shut the bloody door, and by that stage, Lincoln's already halfway through his speech, and. Oh, it's, but in all seriousness, Ben, we are going to do a, a Port Lincoln trip one day. We are going to go out to Whaler's Way. And, mate, we are going to go stay a night at uh, at the, the Micara station for sure. I do one thing that um, I, I agree with you when, when it comes to sort of like this editing, this sequence here where you kind of have the intercutting between, um, you know, these two and also Tapara. And I, I love the way kind of you've got this thunderstorm. They're all huddled in this little boat thing, this little shelter. And I just I love kind of how that goes. And... I do appreciate Joel here putting rice in his pocket for a rainy day. To which is it Rob turns around and goes, "It is a rainy day." He's like, "Oh no, but I, like I, I want it tomorrow, just like in case and stuff like that." But I, yeah, I do kind of like the cutting back and forth. It's always good when they do that. Um, but I think the thing that is kind of gelled over here is that Naomi and Craig, are two young, attractive, you know, people, single at the time, and here they are spending a night together in romantic Micara Station. So I, I, I'm really kind of just wondering why they didn't play up to that just a little bit more. But, uh, I mean, it's still a nice little thing. They're eating their steak. Uh, you know, they've got their chockies on their bed. They're, they're getting excited for the pillows. And I do love how they kind of cut to an ad and with Craig basically going, I'm stuffed, and then they cut to an ad. <laughs> So, was there only one bed? Because I, I forgot to mention, Lincoln also did mention at the, at the start when Craig was messing around with the door, he says <laughs> it's one of the oldest properties in the Air Peninsula and it hasn't changed much since it was built in 1842. So, I'm guessing in 1842 they probably just had one bedroom because that's all they showed. So, And it had fresh sheets. Remember, he mentioned fresh sheets. So, I'm assuming they... They both got in the same bed. We'll have to find out. I'm not sure. Unless one of them stayed up all night on the on the Intel uh, computer because <laughs> um, that was an option too. But, and it uh, took a long time Craig... back then to, to load websites. So, you know, like, yeah, getting a bit frisky looking up porn in 2002 is going to take a while to load. Craig gets caught yeah, looking up stuff he shouldn't have. But, uh, but no, it, um, <laughs> it Black, was it Black was quite Forest funny. Chocolate Babes.com. He probably was. He was probably looking up chocolate and working out, you know, wanting his block of family block of chocolate. Sorry, Lance, if you're listening, but this this is just gold here. When he's having this conversation with Craig, Craig's flat out telling him the truth. Like, hey, Katie's come to me. This is what's happened. This is that. And Lance is just basically like, yeah, see, like, I know Katie and Rob, and you don't, and... <laughs> You're kind of wrong. They wouldn't do that. And then Craig comes up with the perla. He's like, I guarantee you'll be in your lounge room after this is all done, thinking that you were right. And Lance has this confessional where Lance is basically like, yeah, look, you know, there could be an alliance, but in my heart, I know I'm right. I could be wrong, but in my heart, and my heart never, ever is wrong, I know that I'm right. Craig, you're wrong. And like just that line of, you'll be in your lounge room watching this. I did like that line because it, it, it reminded me of during All-Stars when, when Shawnee mentions to Jackie that you, you don't want to be that meme, that Sue's big move meme. <laughs> so she's – and it's, it is. It is. It's basically exactly what Craig's doing all those years before, you know, 19 years earlier. He's telling Lance, you know, you don't want to be on your lounge sitting at home thinking, shit, like I was right. And Shawnee was doing it all those years later saying it to Jackie, like you don't want to be that person that – 
becomes a meme because you didn't make the big move. So, and so sorry, I admit I, I did jump forward there to day 24 after the immunity. I'm not sure how that happened, but uh, I it all fit into it fit all very well into what we're talking about. But ah, I, I think we've just discovered then, Matt, that um, you know, again, Australian Survivor season one, well ahead of its time. Fuck Sue's big move. When's Lance's big move happening? Like, <laughs> I'm waiting. Thanks. Are you waiting for Lance's big move? I am. Good point. I am. I am. Let's talk about a little moment that Matt and I had to rewind a couple of times to make sure that we heard correctly what Mr. Rob Dixon said when he is talking to Shona and he is basically talking about Jane not being a threat in a challenge unless it's the biggest breast challenge or something. <laughs> now, I... now, what a what a line. This has got to be maybe the greatest... I don't know if it's the greatest line of the season so far, but this is just pure amazing. It reminded me of the 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 Zach and the dishwashing challenge yes. uh, comment from my season. Um, he wouldn't get away with it in social media in 2020. Oh, could you imagine? And and Shona's reaction. I mean, it it just shows you the relationship that Rob and Shona must have had because I reckon if anyone else said that to Shona, she would have been like, "What the hell did you just say?" But she kind of she kind of shrugs it off and pretends she didn't hear it. But he does. I rewound it like five times, and he definitely says it. And uh, you know, but it just sort of. It, and it's funny that the editors left that in. But yeah, Shona just fobs it off, like almost like I pretend I didn't hear that. But it, it reminded <laughs> me of Zach's comment about the only the only way that the girls were going to win in against him was in the dishwashing challenge. So it did it did have that sort of you know bit of uh, sort of humour to it, I guess. I have to wonder how much um, fun Rob had watching this back with his wife because a week ago he's basically dared another woman to streak naked to which he said in a confession, or at tribal council, might have a bit of explaining to do to my wife when I get back home, followed by the next week of, oh, yeah, basically this 18-year-old girl has massive boobs, Um, (laughs) which... It's just, it's just, it's hilarious. And this is, you you mentioned to me, I think, off air, that Rob's a little bit cheeky. Like, Rob's got a little bit of cheek to him. And it's just, it's just such a Passover comment. Like, it's not kind of, play- like, again, we, we had also, um, in the last episode, his comment about Joel having a big penis. So, like, I mean, <laughs> he's basically, <laughs> big dicks, big boobs, women naked. Go on, Rob Dixon. What a man. Yeah, he, he's a great character. He's got... Yeah, he's always his mind's always in a game. He's there to win, and he he, he makes that clear here that uh, you know he's got time to be friends with them on the outside, but here and he'll be friendly with them now. But he's not there to make friends. That he'll he'll do that after the show's finished. But at the same time, he he can also have that. He's still got that humor, and he's not letting get get in the way. And you're right. We talked about it before we started recording, and he does. He's got that bit of cheekiness to him, a little bit like like a Luke Toki. Luke Toki's probably a lot more, but Rob's got that in him. He, he's he got that, that you know, he can say the cheeky comments, but most importantly, he can get away with it. Someone like my man David Haas, if he said it, he wouldn't have got away with it. It's just the way society is. It's, it's Unfortunately, it's the way the world works. Some people can say things and get away with it, where if the ex- another person says the exact same thing, they would be turned on by everyone. It's it's the way it is, and he gets away with it. All right, we're gonna get we're gonna talk about next week, so we're gonna have her on the show. But I just want to ask this question to you right now: When we ask her next week, did her and Craig ever, you know, become an item? What's she gonna answer? Is it gonna be a yes or a no, Matt Dyson? Let's let's tease our audience. We don't we don't even know the answer to this. We do not know, but we will we will get it from uh, Naomi's mouth and then we'll get it from Craig's mouth. They might tell us different things. We don't know. 
Were they living in the same city or state? Where was so Craig Naomi, living? So Naomi's Melbourne. Uh, Craig is from Port Lonsdale in Victoria. I don't know where that is in the vicinity to Melbourne. Uh, it's near Geelong, so they're only about eighty minutes away from each other. So you know, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no. no. I think they would have made a good couple, to be honest. But because uh, Craig would have been, he was a little bit older, wasn't he, at the time? Twenty-seven. Five years old. Twenty-seven. Yeah. So, but no, I'm gonna say no. For, for shits and gigs, let's say yes. Let's go with a little bit different. Uh, let, let's say they just bl- briefly had a couple of dates, you know, a couple of drinks. Didn't last, though. I was just thinking, I don't know what made me think of it. I'm just thinking, you know, when they had that reward challenge and they obviously, they're tired, they want to get to bed. How funny would it have been if, like, during the night they wake up, you know, got to go to the toilet or something, and here they find Lincoln still there on the computer <laughs> looking <laughs> Lincoln's like, oh, sorry, guys, I thought you were asleep. I'm just, I'm just with our good friends at Intel using the uh, surfing the web, surfing the Cl- net. Closes down a browser quickly. He's on blackforestbabes.com. Um... I've just got that picture in my head now. Like, they come out, you know, they're a bit tired in the night, and, and here Lincoln is. He never left. He's just on the computer. You know, he's, he's actually on boatbabes.com. That's why in a couple of weeks he's so annoyed about, give me my bloody boat back, because, like, he loves his boat babes. There it is. So we oh, met his wife it. probably on a boat. Yeah, so, no, I love you know, it. I love it. Let's see how much of a percentage of the episode can be talked about, Carlton. Matt, you've got to. I'm going to give you homework between now and next week. You need to name five Carlton players between now and next week. Oh, jeez, I wouldn't even know. And Sean Hampson doesn't count. You can't cheat and go for the most obvious one who's played this game that we love. Sorry, who who was the most obvious one? Well, Sean Hampson, but you can't give me Sean oh, Hampson because, can't you know. Mention, oh, all right, yeah. I'll have to do some homework, but I have no idea. I know, look, I know I know. Warwick Kappa played for the Sydney Swans and Brisbane Bears. I know that Gary Ablett played for Geelong. I know Gary Ablett Jr. played for the Suns and Geelong, didn't he? But I think that's about, oh, and Hawthorne, you had uh, Jason Dunstall. And what was the guy with the curly hair back in the 80s? Uh, oh. Buddha Hocking, Gary Hocking, uh, who was, oh no, um, uh, oh, the long I'm curly hair, him. come yeah, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Hocking did have long hair, but no, 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 um, Platten, 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 yes, yeah, Platten, Platten, yeah. yes, but well, see, uh, see, this is this is where you've got to give me homework one time when we get another Rabbitohs fan. Like, I mean, the difference is I pay more attention to rugby than you clearly pay attention to AFL, like, I do follow the NRL, but could I tell you, uh, I mean, what was that guy Burgess? Didn't he play for the Rabbitohs? Am I thinking yeah, of the right? Yeah, all, all the Burgess did. I know Simon Black played for the uh, the, the the Lions, obviously. But uh, yeah, did, unfortunately, yes. who did uh, who did um, uh, uh, Grubby play for? Here you go, Brian Lake. Can you tell me the two uh, clubs he, was he played for? Wasn't he? Was he Hawthorne? Yeah. Yeah. You, can you tell me the other club he played for? Uh, I can't. I can't. He played for the Bulldogs. He lucked into joining Hawthorne just as they were winning a bunch of premierships. So um, you know, he he, he got lucky. Akamanis played. Akamanis. Oh, Aka. Aka should have been on a champions. Aka would be Anderson. gold on Survivor. Uh, he would just. He would not give two shits about anyone. He would be. Fa- Warwick Kappa actually would be someone to put on. He'd go out first. Let's be honest. But um, that would have been good for me. I think we're going to pay tribute to the last, the, the warrior, as he's known during this episode. Uh, I wish. I- Ben, I wish I got that name on my show uh, in my season, The Warrior. I think you need to last a little bit more than one episode to get called The Warrior. But uh, Craig, he, he, it was his nickname in the end, and I think it's one that uh, would stick to this day if he if he played a game. 
If you could hold a sword like you can hold a speed camera gun, mate, you can be uh, probably a warrior. I, I'm not too sure. Um, you know, maybe we can get someone to Photoshop a, a sword in your hand instead of that. I'm I'm senior constable warrior Matt Dyson, and I'm here to chop your head off or something like that. I, I really don't know. Uh, sorry, did, Ben, did we say when this episode aired as well? We did at the very beginning. Matt. Oh, I did. Sorry. I must you have don't been, listen uh, to me. You so tub on your Tapara bombshell that you're like, oh, I'm going to hold one over Ben Waterworth, but I'm not I, even going to listen to it. I second guessed you, Ben, which I should never do. Uh, here I'm calling you the icon, and then five minutes later I'm second guessing you. But uh, no, I had to do but, my job, uh, my no, friend. I'm going like... to stand next to you with a speed gun, and I'm going to know he wasn't doing 120; he was doing 110. Ben, <laughs> ben it's a it's a big bombshell. That's why my mind's um all scattered at the moment. <laughs> Who got caught speeding? Who got caught? Yeah. Who did you catch speeding the other day? <laughs> that, let, I'm going to say this: they don't call me the bloodhound for nothing. That's all I'm going to say. But anyway, golden moment number one for Sophie here. Sophie being an emu. Now, I, I, I never thought that that we would ever sit here and talk about a an Australian Survivor contestant being an emu, and if that was going to happen, I didn't think it would be Sophie. So I think you and I both need to give our best Sophie doing an emu impersonation here. I think it was something like, bah, bah, bah. Uh, you, you sound a bit like uh, Tony there from uh, <laughs> when he... <laughs> she's she's the original Tony. There it is. Sophie is oh. the original. You want me to speak llama to you? Woo, 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 woo. Yeah, like... I want to speak emu to you? Woo, 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 woo. I don't like being critical, but I think at times, you know, you have to be, and that that for me was a bit of a sour point on this episode. You know whose fault it is, Matt Jane's, because she sucks. <laughs> It's all James. She gets, fault. A bl- she gets a blame for everything in this episode, doesn't yep. she? I mean, yep. that's uh, the poor girl. She's she's trying. She's she thinks she's encouraging him, and uh... don't want to sound arrogant, but I think they admire her. So yeah. you know, <laughs> um, one thing though, Matt, that uh, while we get here into sort of the middle section of the episode, I just I, I I mean, look, you can join me here if you want to. I just want to just try and do something here. Just hang on, just, just let me get myself warmed up. Bum 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 bum. Dum 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 bom 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 bom. We could live for a thousand years, but if I hurt you, I'd make wine from your tears. Join me, Matt. I told you <laughs> that we could fly, cause we all have wings, but some of us don't know why. No, have no. I? I think I've missed something here. I you missed the, the greatest. Hell, what the hell the is this singing. podcast turned into? You're not. What, what are you? What are you watching? Like you what don't see Sophie and Joel doing their little sing along to one of the greatest songs of all time, while oh. kangaroos turn their heads and are in, watching in awe. This is gold. This is brilliant. I must have skipped over that part. Because, well, Matthew obviously you've done that quite well, Ben. You should have just kept on going and uh, singing the whole whole song. I mean, look, if you really want me to, but I don't think other people do. But no, this, this is the one thing I really like about this because it's it's a well-known fact in US Survivor that they're told not to sing real songs because they can't air it for copyright reasons. I think the only instance I can remember is T-Bird in Africa singing Tomorrow from, from Annie. I, I think there might have been another episode, but like many interviews I've had, they, the players have said, like, we were told off, like, don't sing songs because we can't air it. So this is kind of like a nice little fascinating moment. It'll be interesting to see if maybe they had to get some clearance from, you know, In Excess's record label and all that sort of stuff. But it's just a fun little quirky moment because let's be honest, I mean, you've played the game, Matt. I'm sure there are, you know, moments 
you were there for two days, but like if you were there for longer, you're bored. You you know you're sitting around and hey, one of my favorite songs is this, and you start singing it. Like it's just it's one of these things that let's be honest, we do as human beings when you're in a situation where maybe it's a bit awkward, you don't have anything to say. It's just a fun little moment, and I really like this little sing along between these two. Yeah, I wasn't there long enough to uh, worry about uh, singing songs, unfortunately. But but you're right. I, I imagine it's like anything, you know. It, when you you know, I've obviously done a lot of travelling, and when you've been on the road for a long time, you just you know you start uh, getting a bit of down, fair bit of downtime, and and you start resorting back to what you know, you know, and whether that's uh, singing a song you like or humming a song, you know, it's it's just the way it is. And and you're right, production would have been sort of telling them not to talk about certain things, you know, um, outside the game or pre-production stuff. You get told that you can't talk about that because obviously they can't air any of that on, on TV, any pre, pre-production talk. Um, and, um, yeah, and of course, you're right, with with music, anything that, um, that they're going to air, they have to get permission. But uh, I, I do remember this little little segment happening but um i think by that stage i was still enraged about the whole pizza thing i must have skipped over it a little bit you were you were so angry with it one thing i mean i like it's it's funny actually because i mean never tear us apart iconic song by in excess everyone loves in excess i think you're australian you're born into it you love in excess um 1988 that song came out so that song at that point was 13 years old i'm just i've just quickly brought up here matt the uh the Aria chart, end of year chart for 2001. Of course, they filmed this at the end of 2001. So I'm thinking here, if they had gone a bit modern, they could have dated this a little bit better. Like they could have sang a bit of Hole Again by Atomic Kitten. Can <laughs> We Fix It by Bob the Builder. I, I would have loved to see Shona walking down the street going, you know, like, Can We Fix It, Bob the Builder. Um, Smooth Criminal, Alien Ant Farm, the Michael Jackson cover. I'm Like a Bird, Nelly Furtado. I definitely think that would have been a Sophie song. Stan, Eminem, Joel would have been repping that one. We're going to see him <laughs> rapping in a few weeks, so that works out there. Hanging By a Moment by Lifehouse. Angel by Shaggy. Can't Get You Out of My Head by Kylie. You know that you know Rob's going to be singing a bit of Kylie. Come on. It Wasn't Me by Shaggy. And the number one song in 2001 that they all could have had a sing-along around the campfire, Can't Fight the Moonlight by Leanne Rhymes. I actually really hate that song, but whatever. I- that would have been fun to watch. I can't believe it was 19 years ago that Shaggy was at his prime. Uh, he's only prime, right? Like, <laughs> peak Shaggy, 2000. What, what, I miss the days when we could say a singer called Shaggy was topping the charts. Yeah, I think he's uh, he's still big in the Caribbean. Cause, uh, he's from Jamaica or Barbados. I think it's Jamaica. No, he, he's American. He's American. He's actually American, but he kind of puts that accent on. Like, I think yeah. he's got heritage there, but... It- because I remember when I was in when I was in Jamaica, um, he was still yeah there was still so, like current songs where he was heavily involved in it. So he obviously yeah has that that heritage back to the Caribbean. But um, uh, he was still big in the Caribbean a couple of years ago. Maybe you know living off the fame from Angel and uh, it wasn't me and all that stuff from 19 years ago. I will correct myself. You are correct. He's from Jamaica, but I think he's American Jamaica. But I actually he um, randomly came to Hobart like five years ago. You know your career's gone down the toilet when you're doing a small concert in Hobart. Uh, and actually quite fun live. He was actually pretty good. And the the most funniest thing about Shaggy was he got there up on stage at one point and he's like, you know, there are a lot of people ask me, like, where have you been? You know, you, you haven't been around since it wasn't me and, uh, you know, uh, Angel. And he's like, I've just been living off that money. Like, what else do I need to do? I've been sitting around smoking cones and here I am now. I've run out of money, so I better do some touring. <laughs> And for anyone that's just happened to tune into the podcast right now, just welcome to the archives of the 2001 <laughs> songs of the year. Uh, but uh, can I also just say that, Ben, I can't believe 
normally I'm the one getting things wrong on this podcast, and and you've just admitted that I was right. Shaggy was born in Jamaica. I thought that was the case, and uh, finally I've got one up on you. At least I listened to what the other co-host is saying, though. Like you know, <laughs> true, you, that's you, true. Prob- you you would have gone, Ben. Did you mention that Shaggy wasn't Jamaican at some point? Um, but yeah, no, it's always good to go down memory lane. And thanks very much, uh, Sophie and Joel, for. Having a sing along, we'll uh, be sure that you sing along to things at some point. I, I want, I want Sophie to sing along to "Old Man Emu" by John Williamson. There you go. <laughs> That's what she needs to to sing along to. Going along Two- with the wobbling. Two of them actually take turns of reading it because there's one lot of words on one shell, and then the remaining part on another shell. So it's Lance and Craig that read it out. Lance. Uh, he reads out the first bit. Craig reads out the next bit. So, so I'll read it out. Uh, so they're on yeah two shells, and they're sort of written around the edges of the shell. So you've got to kind of got to keep turning the shell as you're reading it. So it's I'll, I'll read it out. So Lance says it first. Wakey, wakey, hand off, snakey. Oh, sorry, no, that's wrong. That's that messed up that line. <laughs> sorry. What have you been again. reading in your time off? <laughs> My no, goodness. Let me, start, let me start again. Wakey, wakey, it's time to eat. You've got 30 minutes to get to your feet. A taste sensation is what you desire. So that was Lance's. Now it goes to the second shell, which is read by Craig. But there will be no cooking around the campfire. Come and see what your tasty treats will be, and one will go home with immunity. Good job. I, I like the snake one better. I have always said that if I ever get on the show... The thing that I would struggle with is the sleeping on the land, the uncomfortableness. Like, that, to me, is where I... I think I would be fine at everything else. I say that now. Play this clip in, like, five years' time if I ever get on the show and I join you in the first boot club. But... Because <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest, I'm going to end up there. Um, and I'd be proud. I'd be a proud member of the first boot club, Matt. Great I'd club. Be very proud member. It's, it's a fantastic club. club. But, yeah, I, that would be the bit that I would struggle because, like... I'm not. I'm not not an outdoorsy person. I like the outdoors. I'm not a serene who's scared of leaves and that sort of stuff. But there's a certain level of comfort that I enjoy that I would struggle with. I hate spiders, so I would be freaking out that I'm going to have a spider crawling on me at like two o'clock in the morning. Things like that. But they're never going to air that unless I freak out on the first night and quit, which would be hilarious if I do because I would never live that down. So I'm, there you go, Channel Ten. I'm going to do that just to create drama. And we also find out that Katie finally goes to the bathroom after 12 days. <laughs> now, which which this leads me into Sophie Golden moment number two, and it's kind of on the point here that I mentioned the word golden because, as you're saying, Katie comes back. This is, what, her sixth bowel movement in 12 days. Good for you, Katie. I love how, like, no, Rob no, 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 kind no. of... Ben, no, no, it's her sixth one since being on at Whaler's Way and her first in the, in 12 days. Did I, that's what I meant. I yeah, must have said yeah, yeah, the wrong no, no. way. So the one time six... you bloody listen to me, you can't just let it go. And and also, Ben, can I just say, I'm glad you're about to talk about what Sophie says because I rewound it like 10 times and I could not make it out. And I was hoping, I've written it here, like hopefully Ben knows what she says. So take it away, Ben, because I need I to know what she said. did the same thing. This was a Rob talking about Jane's boobs moment all over again. But because um, Shona's is basically like, oh, you know, we know each other too well here when we're talking about this. I also love Katie's subtle little line. It's like, oh, it was like shitting bricks. Good to know that. <laughs> but then <laughs> Sophie says the line, yes, we have no trouble weeing around friends or on friends. 
<laughs> she is literally talking about pissing on people. But, like, the thing that's hilarious is the way she gets there and she's like, oh, no, only joking, only on your best friend. <laughs> It, so, so we have learned this season that that Karen likes eating people, which we've had to rewind a few times. Got what? Like you know what? You want to eat people? Like what? We've learned that Rob basically knows that Jane has big boobs, and now that Sophie likes a golden shower or two, but only on a best friend. Don't forget the best one of all that Tim liked the bondage ropes. Tim likes the bondage ropes as well. Yes. Now, now, like this is the thing. We get Sophie on the show. This is a question I feel we need to ask her. But at the same time, I don't want to ask her because that's not a question that I feel you ask someone you've met for the first time. But this is hilarious. No pun intended. This is gold. Like, this is just just hilarious that she's literally... And it's just the delivery of it. This is what is fantastic about it. It's similar to the current situation where Karen doesn't literally utter the words, I like eating people. It was the whole thing where it's like, would you eat a person if you had to? And Karen, like, without thinking, is like, alive or dead. Whereas, <laughs> like, he, like, literally, Sophie is just, you know, oh, yeah, peeing around friends or on friends. Ha-ha, <laughs> only kidding. Only best friends. Sh- Shona <laughs> always seems to be the one that's right next to him when they say all this stuff. Yes. Oh, it's, it's, oh, it's gold. It's gold. I'm yeah. just going to keep saying it. It's gold um sophie uh, you, you sophie can easily i don't miss, want to meet your best friends you can easily miss it too because i know they talk I, you can hear the part where she says all oh, the best friends but i couldn't make out what she, it, I, I know she was talking about pissing but i kind of you couldn't quite hear it and i'm glad you you sorted that out and worked out exactly what it was yeah it's a bit sad on my behalf if i'm the one who's jumping on the golden shower aspect there it's interesting. We'll get to a little more of this along the way, of course. Uh, good good little side tangent there, Matt. Doing well. I like none of these brilliant seconds. Can I can I attempt a Matt Dyson segue? Hang on, let me just backtrack from there. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that along the way as well because speaking of wells, there's water in them and water needs to go under the bridge between Katie and Rob. Hey, there <laughs> we go. Does that See? work a little bit? No. The me- perfect segue. You are the king of the segue, so... <laughs> no, uh... no, 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 no. You've got the crown, man. I love oh. the moment. Like, oh, God. I, I, fuck, fuck the world. Let's be honest. Jane is amazing. Two yeah. weeks ago, you suck, Jane. Now you're fantastic. Like, <laughs> so much of Jane this episode, I'm in love with. Just, we're I on love that, this girl. We're on that roller coaster, Ben. I'm telling you, the editors got us, mate. They, they, they sucked us in. They sucked us into the Jane Dalton roller coaster ride, mate. And me and you, we're front seat. We're we're Come, along for the ride. We're along for the ride. Coming soon to Movie World, the Jane Dalton Express. Like, get on it. Like, you know, she's gonna suck next week probably. But this week, I'm on the top part of it. I'm in that front. I hate ride, but get me on the Jane Dalton Express. I'm in. And, and the way he told that seal story about and. and it, it got me in. Like, I was like, oh, okay, shit. I, I was on for the ride. I'm like, okay, and then what happened with the seal? And, and then it's like, it's like that scene of Bowfinger at the end where it's like, I got you, suckers. Yeah. It's like, that, that, that's what it felt like. It felt like, great movie, by the way. If anyone. That is if a anyone, brilliant movie. Yeah. If anyone hasn't seen Bowfinger, go, stop this podcast right now and get on Netflix and get Bowfinger. Seriously, of, don't listen to this crap. Go and watch Bowfinger. Like, that should be our new tagline. Australian Survivor Archives. Don't listen. Go watch Bowfinger. How good is it when he's standing at the top and all they need, all they need Eddie Murphy to say is that last line that, I got you, suckers. 
And then and then he realizes that 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 oh, I'm not gonna I won't spoil the movie for anyone that's gonna go watch it. Go watch it. Be- best line is when Steve Martin's on the date with Heather Graham, and it's like I really love smashing pumpkins. I love doing that too. <laughs> Just, I know we've gone off, off a bit here from Survivor, but just just a little side note. So Ben, anytime I've got to enter like a fantasy football team or come up with a name for a like a group, with, I always go. I always use the one name, Chubby Rain. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was the name of the fake movie that they were yes. doing in Bovik. So that's so. Any time I need to come up with a name, it's always Chubby Rain. Slight plug for the Oz Network. Download now. Great show. Um, Colin is. I thought the biggest Bowfinger fan in the world. You clearly are up there. So when we eventually recap Bowfinger, and we will be one day, don't worry, because I'm I'm with you both. I love it. We will get you on. I am in. Make it happen, Ben. Make it happen. 100%. It reminded me a lot of our Queen Jane a couple of weeks ago saying that she's, listen to me calling her a queen already. Jeez, I don't want to do next recap after this one, Matt. I'm going to be sad to see Jane go. <laughs> no, let's be honest. Next week, we're going to be saying how much she sucks. So it's all good. Um... Now, all right, can you fucking read this challenge mail? Because I don't want to talk about what we're about. God damn it, we're here already. I think can we uh, strap yourself. Else? Strap yourself in, <laughs> listeners. I think we're going to have a good little debate here. So this is oh, the- don't no, it's not a debate. This is a one-sided argument. Don't tell me you've got to debate the merits of read the challenge mail. <laughs> so, so we've been waiting ten <laughs> recaps for this. So Ben's been talking about it. The worst ever challenge in history of Survivor. He's, he's called it. So it's uh, Jane reads this one. So I'll read it's the uh, Queen I'll Jane. Oh, yeah, I won't do it in uh, her Royal Highness, <laughs> Queen Jane. All right. So your challenge today for you to treasure is to keep a cool head amidst the pressure. The task you complete is not for pleasure. Immunity will be for the one who can measure. <sighs> yes. Um, all right. I love. Season one, Whaler's Way. I am in the official club of let's defend the crap out of this season. Love this season to bits, but I cannot defend this challenge. I'm sorry. This is the worst challenge in the history of US Survivor, Australian Survivor, New Zealand Survivor, South African Survivor, UK Survivor, Azerbaijanian Survivor, uh, Burkina Faso Survivor, you name it. This is, Like, we have talked about the budget of this season, right? We have talked about saving money, doing this. We couldn't afford Aurora buffs. You know, we couldn't redo the challenge. We couldn't do this kind of crap. They have literally sat around a production meeting and gone, all right, challenge guys. All right, cool. Let's do this. Let's do that. Slingshot, fantastic. Car driving. It's a bit quirky. Sure, let's do that. They've laid out all the challenges and then they've gone, all right, okay, fuck, we've missed one. Okay, right. Yeah, we've got like 10 bucks. Shit, oh, fuck. What are we going to do? 10 bucks, like, you know, we could build like a table for 10 bucks, stand on there on one leg, I don't know, a pole, like just fuck it, nothing, swim out to the ocean and back, who's the fuss? No, no, I've got an idea. I'm going to go down to the local dollar store and I'll be back. You, you're going to love me for this. All right, so this person has come back. They've come back with stopwatches. They've come back with rulers. They've come back with temperature thing and they've come back with a set of scales, right? And they've gone, let's get them to guess things, measurement. This challenge, literally, Matt Dyson could have been Lincoln Howes standing on a blank nothing and gone, I'm thinking of a number between one and a thousand. Whoever gets closest to it wins immunity. Go. Fucking save ten bucks. This this challenge is dumb. It is stupid. I'm not even explaining it yet. But, like, I'm just getting my rant out right now, Matt. Like, it's it's this challenge is stupid. 
Do you reckon Stephen Peters rang Lincoln the night he was flying down to Port Lincoln? So, hey, mate, uh, pack a tape measure as well. You're going to need it for one of the immunity challenges. <laughs> this challenge would have been more tape. entertaining if Joel, Lance, Rob had all whipped it out and measured their dick. I would have been more into that. Joel would have won still. Good for him. Um, but, like, I'm sorry. Like, okay, calm down, man. This challenge is literally, they have, what, five, six different stations. And Lincoln gets in, oh, we're going to, you know, test you on things that you all take for granted. So they've got to, the first challenge, they've got to find something that weighs a kilo. Whoever's furthest away from a rock or something, kilo, eliminated. Next, go find me something that's a metre long. That's surely where Joel should have unzipped, but never mind. Um... Rob's eliminated the first one. Shona's eliminated. Then they've got a stopwatch. They've got to count and try and guess five minutes. Katie Gold, very smart, by the way, using her uh, pulse as a as a beat point. I enjoyed that. Can, can, I just, can, can I just cut in, Ben? How does Lance not get voted out when he gets 13th, 13th of a second and he's still not the lowest? Yeah, exactly. Um, Sophie got 0-0 zero, because zero she didn't press the, the stopwatch right, right? Okay, so, you know, boom, done. Then it's you've got to measure two litres of water with jugs, okay? Um, and then you've got to guess the current temperature. And then this all ends with, oh, guess, uh, guess each other's weight. This is just like Matt Dyson. If you defend this, if you defend this right now, like I, I, I don't know what I would do and say. It, it comes down to Joel and Jane, and I like when Joel says, "Oh, to to Jane, can I can I pick you up?" Because he's trying to work out the weight, and Jane's like, "No." Oh yeah, I love that moment. Yeah, yeah no, 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 you pick- may not pick me up. Yeah, don't touch Queen Jane, Joel. <sighs> Look, Ben, I'm not going to sit here and defend it. I, I, it's not great. <laughs> it's certainly not great for an immunity challenge. I'll say that. Look, I'm not, I don't hate the challenge as much as you do. I think for a reward challenge, I think it could have been done quite interesting. I think it could have been a bit of fun. People are hungry. Um, it, it, anyone could win it. I'll, you know, Ben, I'm a fan of the challenge that anyone can win. Not necessarily it has to be the big, strong bloke or, or the big, strong woman. Um, so I like that part of it. Definitely not for an immunity challenge. I'll say that now. So, Yes, as far as immunity challenges go, probably agree with you. One of the worst in history. You're saying it is the worst in history. If it was a reward challenge, I don't think I have a problem with it. I think they could have got away with it. It didn't look good when stopwatches aren't working. You know, Sophie doesn't press it and Lance does something and it basically turns off straight away. That doesn't look good. You know, I think they they needed to at least work out a way that they knew it was definitely going, you know, that the stopwatch had started. It's not a great look when Lincoln asked them to peel it back and all zeros are there. Once again, it looks like these challenges are just shit. Um, So look, I agree with you. Yes. Immunity challenge, one of the worst ever, but um, I think it could have worked under the, the right circumstances. There is a challenge, which from memory they've never done in Australian survivor which they have not done a long time in US Survivor, where there is measuring involved. But it's the one, remember, where they've got like a giant hunk of meat hanging and they've got to tie their hands behind their backs and they've got to grab it and they've got to put it in a tray. There's also been other ones where there's been mud pools and you've got to like jump in the mud and you've got to basically carry mud back into a bucket and whoever's got the most mud wins. I'm not against measuring challenges. That sounds like a sentence I never should have to say, but there we go. It's just this is boring. 
it there's no tension to it. Like, oh my god, who's gonna have a one kilo rock? <gasps> Who is it gonna be? Like, it's just like, how do you edit this so it's actually nerve wracking and tension filled? And it just like it goes on for like nearly ten minutes of literally people picking up a rock. It's like it just. I cannot defend this. And even if this is a reward challenge, I'm sorry. I I would have a problem with it because it's just, this is this is something that you would have if you were getting your mates together on a weekend to do a cheap version of Survivor in your backyard. This, this is a multi-million dollar production of television. This is the most expensive or one of the most expensive Australian television shows ever made at the time. And you are literally getting them to guess what the temperature is. Yeah, when you when you put it like that, Ben, I ha- I do have to agree with you. You're right. It, it's it's looks like a fan fan has put this challenge together in their backyard and got a, and got a group of mates around and they're doing like a backyard survivor. You're right. I'll get I'll I'll admit that it's not a great look for a multi million dollar production. Um, I I think like I said, I think if they edited it more tightly maybe did slightly things a little bit different. I don't have a problem with people having to guess weights and stuff like that. I don't have a problem with that. You're right. It dragged on the stopwatch one. That was stupid. I didn't like the stopwatch one. That Get rid of that. Anything that could go wrong, they, they need to minimize things that could go wrong. And the fact that two of them hadn't even pressed it properly, that's not a great look. It looks amateurish. Uh, you know, it looks like amateur hour. And it that made it even worse. If they put it down to like three, edited it tightly, made it a little bit better, I think it could have worked. But you're right, it did look like some fan has just got a group of mates together and done it in their backyard. On the, on the Dyson thing, do you ever get called like a vacuum cleaner? Do you get told that you suck or anything <laughs> like that? <laughs> well, you, you'll probably call me that when you recap my, uh, my episode. Hey, then. there we go. Bradley brought to you by our good friends at Dyson because Matt sucks. There we go. Look at that. How it sells it. Uh, you could actually shit. be a spokesperson for Dyson. You could literally be like, hey, Dyson, my name's last name's Dyson and I suck at Survivor. Well, we we we've seen we've seen the bloody the ads that Jeff Brown was doing uh after he got out. He he was hitting up all these ads and you know, doing ads for water and what was it organic harvest and stuff. So uh Hey, who who knows? I could have been doing stuff for the vacuum cleaners. And I could do ads for water. I could tell them how much it's worth, you know? So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty simple. I've got a confession to make, Matthew Dyson, um, and I'm glad I don't live in Australia anymore because this might get me kicked out of the country. I am not a Powderfinger fan. I think they are maybe one of the most overrated bands Australia has ever produced. But I will say the only song of theirs I do like is My Happiness. So uh, I, I am happy to give this a bit of a... You know, a bit of a, a plug. I mean, I, I don't know. Are you feeling a little bit brave this week? Do you want to put on the singing look, voice for once? Look, look, I don't mind a bit of Powderfinger. He, he's a, he's a he's a brizzy boy, um, Bernard Fanning, and uh, yeah, it's um, look. I think I'll hang off. Look, no, no. I, I'm, but I'm not. Powderfinger's not on the top of my list. So uh, no, I thought maybe you might uh, might want to get your pipes out again. I've Slowly I've had some people commenting back. about. Uh, <laughs> I've had some people commenting that you're not a bad singer, but who? Uh, who are no, these people? How drunk are they? What's wrong with them? <laughs> I actually got a message from uh, Naomi saying that uh, <laughs> she she was surprised that you had a good set of pipes on. How here, much so. are you paying her to say these things? <laughs> I don't believe this message, Naomi. What are you doing? No, no. 
No, she probably listens uh, to Powderfinger and probably thinks that's good music. So that's probably why she thinks I'm good music. I don't know. Like, uh, Naomi, come on, you're a Carlton supporter. You've got good taste. Um, <laughs> but no, it's yeah, a bit of bit of bit of singing here. Powderfinger, why not? Um, there you go. How good is it? They've got. <laughs> how good is it? The product placement. They've got the empty pack of Doritos, and you can see in the wind that's like flying around. They've got. It looks like a rock or like a shell that's holding it down. It looks like they must have the Doritos in the shell, but you, you just see the Dorito packet. It, it's, you know, obviously they need to weigh it down because it's going to fly off, but it's this perfect position so you can see the Doritos and then you've got the, the big can of Pepsi on, on the other side. When they do the other camera angle, you see the big Pepsi can. Oh, br- br- hey, they're not shy of trying to do some uh, product placement in, in, in this whole season. And they're not shy of getting the biggest fucking webcam in the history of fucking webcams. What, what the hell is this thing, Matthew Dyson? <laughs> When I saw that, I paused it. I mean, I swear they could shoot a Bollywood movie on that thing. It's how bloody big it is. I I don't recall ever seeing a webcam that size. What the fuck was going on? I'm pretty sure that's what landed on the moon. I'm pretty sure that's what Kathy Freeman lit at the Sydney Olympic opening ceremony a year and a bit beforehand. I mean, I, I think my first car was that size. I mean, my oh. lord, that was... How does that even sit on that screen? Our good friends at Intel build a bloody strong monitor if they can hold that fucking damn thing on top of it. No, well, it looked like it wasn't on the monitor. It was sort of sitting back. They had, it, I think they had to assemble a whole bloody scaffolding site just to put the damn thing on. That's how big it was. That's where the budget went. That's why, you know, in the episode beforehand, they will tell them to freaking weigh themselves. They spent it all on this bloody thing that landed them on the moon. The thing is, too, when you actually see the monitor, there's, like, squiggly lines all across Claudia's oh. face and, like, you've got an Intel logo on one side, you've got a Telstra logo on the other. It's, like, freaking... Like they've got bad reception on the biggest webcam in the world. What a waste of money. How's your wrapping... Matthew Dyson, how how are you feeling your inner vanilla ice right now to give us a bit of uh, a bit of Joel Dizzle? Well, <laughs> I, I've got to admit, uh, I, I'm not a good singer, but I have always, uh, you know, thought that uh, in maybe a, a different life, I I could have been a MC white Dyson rapper. Oh, <laughs> what was that? MC Dyson. Is this what you're trying to say? MC... Are we going to get some well... MC Dyson? Do we do we need to do this here right now? We, we are not going to get some iced tea, uh, as Rob was saying, but you will get some vanilla ice. So, uh, Ben, hit the music. Oh, all right. Hang on. We're doing this. All right. Dropping, dropping some beats. Uh-oh. Yo, VIP, let's kick it. <laughs> all right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Ass is back with a brand new invention. Stop then. Grab a hold of me tightly. Fold like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll glow. To the extreme, I rock a mic like a vandal. Light up the stage and watch a chump like a candle. Dance. Garage the speaker like booms. I'm killing the brain like a poisonous mushroom. Deadly. I play dope as a melody. Anything less than the best is a felony. Love it or leave it. You better gain weight. You better fill the boots out the kids don't play. If it was a problem, yo, I solved it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. Wow. Matthew Dyson. MC Dyson. Wow. Was I... So I, I couldn't let Joel be the only one rapping Vanilla Ice. So this was my chance, Ben, this season to uh, sing a song, and it was the only—it's the only song that I could uh, quit your could job. Do. You don't need to be a cop. You need to go out there and get yourself a, a recording contract. My lord, that was incredible. And, and it was at that stage I fell off the pontoon. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, no, the bit where you're falling off the pontoon is like, make me so horny. Ooh, Rumpelstiltskin. You know, you're going to do Baby Got Back for that. Yeah. <laughs> I like big butts and I can not. Yeah, I can't rap. But Lincoln Howells, a man ahead of his time, has his little remote control boat with a packet of Lay's chips attached to it. And you thought Lincoln's been a dick to this point of the season. This is Lincoln with a capital D for dick because here he is basically trolling Jane like, bend down, bend down. Nah, you had your chance. And I love hearing uh, Rob in the background going, ah, you little tease. Uh, It's so great. And then it gets to the shining moment of Lincoln Howe's broadcasting career when Rob Dixon, the smart man that he is, still outwits the host of this show by getting this boat at his feet and picking the whole thing up with the antenna to which we get the greatest light ever from Lincoln House. Give me my boat back! <laughs> uh, it, it is brilliant. It, it is absolutely brilliant. We've been waiting for this episode all season, Ben, and it's just, it's great. You're right. Rob, he outsmarts Lincoln. He, he picks up the antenna from, from the boat, which gets out of water. Of course, Lincoln wants his boat back. Um, I love that Jane, she's trying to make all these deals with Lincoln. She doesn't just want one chocolate bar. She's trying she's trying to get everything that's in his pockets and everything. It, it's oh, but you're right. That that scene with the the give me my boat back, it's um oh, it's Lincoln it's Lincoln's best line of the whole season. Now 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 we know that Naomi hates boats, but Lincoln loves boats because clearly he's like, Give me my boat back like just all the time, he just wants his boat back. I'm actually, I we didn't ask Lincoln in the episode, like, how did he, does, is this his boat? Does production just have a boat? Like, who's got a little remote control boat sitting around? Come on, Ben. Stephen Peters told Lincoln when he was, just before he flew down to Port Lincoln, he said, bring two things. Bring your own tape measure. <laughs> for the challenge that Ben loves. We all know that challenge. And bring a remote control boat. So those are the two things he got told to pack. Either that or when you buy that webcam, you get a free boat. And uh, clearly because the webcam was so big, that was actually, they thought they were getting like a big, big boat, but the, the webcam was actually bigger. That, that The webcam, it was that big. That, they could have just used that as yeah. what they took out to see the blade. It was that bloody big. Now, Ben, before we get into this fantastic episode, there's one more thing I need to raise. Now, the legend himself, Craig Abbott, one of the all-time greats of Australian Survivor, or any Survivor, should I say, after we interviewed him, uh, he found out that I, I didn't have a Kadena buff, and uh, he had a few extra, and he, he sent me one. So thank you, Craig Abbott. Much appreciated. Now, when I came home from work, it was nighttime. I got it out the letterbox. I opened it up. Now, I've been a big defender of Kadena being yellow, and I think I've always said anyone that thinks it's green is nutcase stupid. I opened it up, and my first look at it, the first thought I had was, oh, shit. Now, I don't know whether it's different in the day or the night, but when I opened it up, it looked more green than yellow. So I called my wife over, who has no idea about this whole Kadena and Tapara stuff. I just said, all I said is, tell me what color this is. She looked at it. She hummed it hard for about 10 seconds. I didn't say anything. And then she says, it's green. Then I messaged, I messaged Craig Abbott and I said, Craig, oh, I don't know what the hell's going on here. I, as, as Richard Hatch once said, he was bamboozled. I was getting bamboozled. I didn't know what was going on. 
And he and Craig's like, no, no, it's definitely yellow. And I said, well, I've always said that, but now I've got I've got a Kadena buff. I'm starting to think maybe it's green. So I said, you know what? We've got to get to this. We've got to get to the bottom of this once and for all. So I did some research, Ben, and I think I've cracked what's I think I've cracked it. I think I've finally can put this to bed. Uh oh. So I believe the colour is not yellow, is not green, but is chartreuse. 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 And it's named after, of course, the chartreuse liqueur. Of course. Which is a French which is a French liqueur, which I'm sure our good man David Haas, there I go, I mentioned him. Fifteen David minutes. David Haas there we go. Drink, dr- drinks every Friday night, being the only Frenchman to ever play Australian Survivor. I'm sure this is his go-to drink. Lucinda spoke so, French, didn't she? Wasn't there something about Lucinda speaking French? <laughs> Possibly, but he she's not a French if she's not from France. He he was born and he was born in France, so he's a Frenchman. But so um yeah, I, I believe the colour is actually chartreuse, and if you Google it, it's precisely halfway between green and yellow. It's 50% green, it's 50% yellow. So I actually think I've unlocked the secret here. I don't think either person's wrong if you say green or yellow, it's halfway. Doesn't quite sound the same though when it's like Chartreuse tribe wins immunity. <laughs> like you're on the Chartreuse no. tribe, you're on the blue tribe. That's right. So I did a bit more digging, and so you can get Chartreuse yellow or Chartreuse green. So the liqueur Chartreuse it comes in a green or yellow, but so there's one that's slightly a bit more green, one that's slightly a bit more yellow. But it's fifty percent green, fifty percent yellow. That's what the color comes up. It's got a color code and everything. It's actually legitimate color. So I think Ben, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna call it right now that no one is wrong. It's if it, if you say it's green, you're you're correct. If you say it's yellow, you're correct because it's fifty fifty chartreuse. Wow, you've you've been busy in the last few weeks. Good job. Um, I have to say though. <laughs> To ruin the magic of podcasting, we have an interview coming up in a few weeks to our penultimate episode of this season, which I re-listened to recently. We recorded several months ago. That is not sadly brought up, and I'm kind of sad now that we didn't do that interview after you've had this discovery because that question is going to kind of sound a bit silly now in a couple of weeks when you ask about it at your own But it's funny. It's, it's so funny you mentioned that, actually, because when I made that little faux pas several weeks back and I called it green and you called me out on it, I'm looking at the freaking buff, and that's where I got confused because I will often look at my Kadena buff and go, that's green. So it is a bit confusing on the eye. Yeah, and I think it's whether if whether there's light on it or if it's like I when I open it, it was nighttime. So I think at night it looks a bit more green. I think if you're out in the day and there's sun on it, it looks more yellow. But look, I, I could be wrong, but I'm going to say I've cracked the case. The bloodhound at it again. He's worked it. And what made me laugh is now I'm just picturing David Haas on a Friday night just drinking <laughs> chartreuse liqueur all the time. I don't know how I've got that, but him being a Frenchman, that's how. That's the immediate thought I had. All right, immediate thought I just had. Reunion 2021. We are buying a bottle of chartreuse and we are bringing it to Whaler's Way. You want, Do you think a bottle of in Port Lincoln, if I went in there and was like, g'day, mate, you got any chartreuse? I'd probably go, get the fuck out of this town, you Frenchie. <laughs> Oh, and I even love how with the French accent, like we, we say it obviously with the with an Aussie accent, but the the way they say chartreuse in a French <laughs> accent, we'll have to get David Haas to say it. It's uh, it's amazing. <laughs> you but get anyway, on the phone. Ben, G'day, so, David, how you doing? Can you say yeah. chartreuse? Cool, thanks, Kate. Bye. Actually, you know what? I'm going to get David Haas lick it up on chartreuse <laughs> at the reunion. There we go. I've said it. 
I'm getting him liquored up. It's a tradition, isn't it? Every November yeah. when he goes to Whaler's Way, he's going to get pissed the night before and not show up and not eat and get drugged by Sylvan. Ben, there's an interesting um, segment here with with Rob and Joel. Yes. He, and I, I actually really enjoyed it. I, you, you're good at doing the Joel impression, but, yeah, he, he's yelling out, Rob! <laughs> That's that's the bit I wanted to talk about because like this is the the thing I just really quickly interrupt you. Joel is gold in this episode because we're back to like Joel love and life episode. Rob, Rob, you're a high five man. Oh crikey, look at the fish. Oh, that's bloody good rice, Shona. Like Joel's loving everything. But I love this whole opening section of literally Joel. You've just got this shot of him standing on a cliff. The camera person has literally said, Joel, I want you to stand there. I want you to we're gonna film you calling out for Rob. The Rob. Rob, you're standing over a cliff. You hear the echo of Rob, 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 Rob. And then he finds him and he's basically like, you know, I found you, your footprints. It's like, you woke me up from the flame and sleep, you bloody bazooka. What I love too is Rob was not getting up. He was He's hiding like in the sand with the, the, the small bush shrub around him and he could hear bloody Joel yelling out Rob 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 and he's not getting up he's hoping that that the cameraman don't give his position away but of course he he tracks him down with the uh, the footprints apparently and uh it's it's pretty funny like it almost reminded me of like you know you you go on a first date and the bloody she she does a run on you because she doesn't like you and then you and then you're like oh where's she gone and he's like (laughs) didn't happen to me but I'm just saying he's like (laughs) <laughs> He's acting a little desperate about. Oh, gee, look, where have they gone? Where have they gone? Yelling at the name. It just, Let's be honest. That's me on the first date. That that was me before Mallory. I'd just be literally going like, Jenny, Jenny, <laughs> shit, Ben's coming hide in the bushes. Oh shit! And then they then they realise that Jenny left for you with the the check as well, but uh, the bill. True. But uh, yeah. So they get to choose out a minestrone soup or a roast chicken. Easy I'll choice. Also th- I'll also throw in a little friend to keep you warm at night. <laughs> And he holds up a teddy bear, which we now know to be Ben the Bear. Yes. One by now, freaking Katie. Katie has a bear named after me. Woo. So in the end, what would you have cho- chose, Ben? Would you oh, have chosen the minister? The, the- Not even a question. Give me the whole <laughs> fucking chicken. Let me chow down on it right now. I want chicken. Chicken's my favorite food. Mm, 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 chicken. I have to ask, who the fuck puts on minestrone soup as one of the options? Why wasn't it like a beef burger? Or a chi- or a chicken, like who who chooses a minestrone soup or a roast Shona. chicken? And Shona would have I chosen want- minestrone soup. Let's be honest. <laughs> but I want to know, it was like whatever they didn't choose. Did does that mean like Stephen Peters he had to <laughs> end up eating the minestrone soup? Like was it his choice of meals and he just got whatever was left they- over? No, Matt, come on now. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about this. They ran out of money a while ago, didn't they? They had to fucking get them to weigh themselves and shit. They're just literally going around the camp over there at Whaler's Way going, fuck, we've got, what have we got left? There's a chicken, a couple of baked beans, or oh, minestrone soup. Uh, minestrone soup sounds fancy. We'll put that as a reward. And I bet you it was a can of Campbell's minestrone of soup as well. Of course it was. Our good friends at Campbell's getting their <laughs> soup. But I just, oh. can we just... I feel like we're gelling over the fact they're giving a freaking teddy bear as a reward. This is brilliant. This is so good. A teddy bear, Matt. <laughs> to, to, to keep them warm at night, you know. Oh, and it's a good teddy bear. This isn't just some shitty thing they've bought from freaking $2 store Whaler's Way. This is a quality-looking bear. I, I, I am down for teddy bears as rewards on Survivor. Don't weigh yourself. Don't measure water. Give teddy bears as rewards. This is brilliant. I wanted Shona to win it just so I see Shona with a teddy bear. 
Oh, it would have been better if they just said, instead of giving the teddy bear, that Lincoln was going to hop in there at night and keep him warm. Like, he was the <laughs> oh, prize. Oh, now that's a tough choice. It's not minestrone yeah. soup and chicken. It's Lincoln or the bear. Ooh, what would you choose, Matt? <laughs> uh, he's, he's a good-looking rooster. He is. Tell you what. I'll tell you what. Let's make it easier. Lincoln in a bear costume. There you go. <laughs> That's what I want as my reward. Oh, All right, Stephen Peters, you get me a bloody bear costume and you put it on Lincoln, I'm in. And I'll it's even like eat Minestrone soup with him. It's like that show Wilfred. I don't know. Do you ever <laughs> see that show Wilfred? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, Career revival for Lincoln Howes, just walking yeah. around next to Ben Waterworth and Matt Dyson in a bear costume. I like it. I need your honest opinion here, Ben, and I – I need you to be honest. Now, you, you've talked up, you say with Channel 10, they use, sometimes they use bad sound effects or mu- dramatic music. What <laughs> the fuck was going on when they were smashing the rock into the wooden <laughs> case? And each time it, they, it would be like this doing, doing. Hang on, hang and on, just Matt, kept- Matt, Matt. So I have to interrupt you. We don't often do this. We hear this sound. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Uh- <laughs> Like, I, I, and I, as soon as I heard that, I'm like, what is going on right now? Like, who decided to all of a sudden in episode 12 to have these sound effects during a bloody challenge? Like, someone's just like, you know what? We're nearly at the end of this game, but uh, let's start adding in random sound effects when they're breaking open uh, wooden boxes to get their letters. And, and it's not just once. It's not no. just twice. It's like 15 times. Can we can we try this out to our editor, who, let's be honest, is me, but we'll call him Jim for right now. Can we just, like, for the following, like, minute, just every time I pause, we hear that sound effect because it really adds to the feeling of what we're trying to say. Matt, you give it a try. See if it works for you. Well, it's that sound <laughs> that every time something big, that it just happens. <laughs> Mate, I tell you what, Ben, it was so random. And I was watching it and I was like, if Ben doesn't criticize this, you were the most biased podcaster in history. It was bad, Ben. And like you said, they didn't just do it once or twice. They did it for every bloody contestant. It's funny that you brought it up because I had writ- I've got it written in front of me, like big, like, hey, mention this goddamn sound thing. Because like, yeah, like you're right. It it, it it's odd. And the thing about it that makes it even odder is that it sounds like it's a tin can sound effect from like a 1970s b-grade martial arts film that's dubbed over from someone in freaking Burkina Faso or something like that like it is it's not even a professional sounding thing now we we have had Jack Roman on the show we've talked up his theme he's talked up his music it was one of the biggest criticisms this season had at the time, and it, it holds up so well to this day. But, yeah, I, I I think we need to get Jack Roman on just to literally question, like, was this you? Did you put this in? Because it just it – is, it is odd. It does take you away. It's kind of like that one time, was it uh, Worlds Apart, when they added a Wilhelm scream uh, when, when Will fell down the slide, and then we've just had it in Winners at War when they decided to dub in a – like randomly, it, it, there are things in Survivor that don't work. And like, I am so critical of Channel Ten for their super over the top dramatic music of every little thing. This, this, yeah, you're right. This is on par with Channel Ten making everything the most dramatic thing in the world. I don't think you can blame Jack Robin for this. He's a composer. He's not the editor. They've just got this random sound effect. 
His wife is an editor, though, so maybe it was Jack Robin's wife that can be blamed for this. I don't know. Maybe there was a contract where basically Jack Robin had to have a certain amount of music or sound effects put in and they got to episode 12 and they were basically like, fuck, we're, we're 87 sound effects below the quota. Shit, um, cut something out of one of those songs and and let's do it. Let's, let's, let's add a couple of these sound effects in. Yeah, like those. Like it's just... For now, I'll tell you what, Matt. I'll tell you what. For now, when I, one of us tells a clangor of a joke or, or does something that's, you know, like there's, you know, like you're waiting for an audience laugh, it's something like a sitcom, we're going to we're gonna add that sound effect in. Oh, I love it. Ben, I'm glad you're on the same page with me. It's, uh, yeah, it doesn't hold up. I'm struggling right now who's the MVP of this episode if it's Katie or Joel. I, I'm, I'm going to give it to Katie. Come on. She's got to get two of the last two maybe of the, the season. But Joel... Like, we see swing votes in Survivor. They're like, oh, I don't know what to do. Like, oh, I could go this way. They struggle. Like, Cochrane, South Pacific, you know, a very infamous one. Like, you know, what side of what do I do? Joel fucking is loving this. He's living life. And, like, I love this bit here when they're sitting around the campfire and Shona's going on about, like, oh, you know, I'm not really doing much work at the moment. I want to conserve my strength. Joel, in Joel fashion, oh, this is really good rice, Shona. Like, he's just, he's like the happiest guy. Wow! Like, I can't do it justice. Jane did it last week. Queen Jane did the best Joel impersonation we've seen, but I love it. And then we get into this great transition period where literally, even the way Joel tells him, he's like, hey, guys, guys, I'm going to tell you a story and you can even touch it if you like. I've got, you know that bony bit in your ass? I've got calluses on both sides. But then yeah. I, the, the, what it makes is brilliant is Shona, like the back and forth, Shona's basically like, well, that just shows that you've been sitting, you know, you're not doing enough work. And he's like, well, you should see the calluses on my feet and on my hands. And, you know, I've been doing a lot of work. And then Shona's like, oh, yeah, thousands of people really would, you know, believe that. And then Joel comes up with the, oh, well, you know why I've got the callus in my ass? Because you keep kicking it so much to make me do work. And then Shona's just basically like, fair enough. Good comeback. <laughs> yeah. It is brilliant. Oh, look, it's brilliant. I like the fact that I love the fact that Shona actually acknowledges it's a yeah. great comeback. Shona's like, actually, good good comeback. You know, you know, you know, Matt, you know what that deserves? That deserves this sound effect. That's a that's a zinger. That is uh and speaking of zingers, our good friend at KFC, show us a silver ads. We want to see him on the uh <laughs> the the zinger point. Um that I mean, yeah, that is one of those moments where like We've all, we all have them. One of our friends or somebody will be in something. Somebody will say something. You literally have nothing to say. You're just like, fair enough. Touche. Yep. Okay. I'll, I'll, yep, I'll give it to you. He is up there. He, he, this is why him and David, it is so hard to pick for me who is the greatest of all time because they tick all the boxes. Well, he's the original, isn't he? I mean, yeah. and you're right. When he's going through that calendar, he's, he, he points to like the days. There's like a couple of days, obviously they're non-tribal days. And then he's like, you know, it could be like day 36 or, you know, day 35, Sophie, gone. And he points a couple more days, day 37, got, uh, yeah, does the neck thing, Katie, yeah. gone. And But, yeah, then when he finishes off, like, oh, shit, they might be under the tarpaulin. <laughs> Better just check that. I oh, know they're fine. All good. Like, you're right. It makes the top 115 easy. Classic Rob. And uh, he, like I said, he knows he, he knows it's going to make for good. He would have known there and then. This will make the edit. This will make the cut. They will show this on TV. Camera guy, get over here. It's like that bloody Shamwala ad. You know, camera guy, you following me? Um, yeah, and, and he brings over the cameraman. Uh, you remember that Shamwala? Sorry, I, just, I didn't think it would take us 26 episodes to drop our good friends at Shamwow. 
<laughs> oh, you love that ad. But um, yeah, it, it, look, it's it's classic Rob, and the guy he knows what's going to make the final cut, and he knew that was going to make the final cut. He brought the camera guy over there, and it made it just added to this great episode. Oh, so, so good. So freaking good. He, he I mentioned it before, he's the Brian Heideck of Australian Survivor. Just he, He's personable. He just controls edits and controls the game. Just just amazing. <laughs> That's actually great that um, they kept the ticket from all those years ago. How fantastic is that? Yeah. But uh, it, look, it would have been great. There's one shot throughout the throughout this episode where they um, show the crowd and there's a guy like dressed up in like army camo gear and he's yep. got all uh, the army face paint on and people are getting right into it. Glad you mentioned that. I was going to bring that up. I'm, I'm surprised we didn't see Kitty Galore in the crowd. Um. <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually that, you're right. That she should have been on there. Kitty Galore, Ben Dark. Where was Ben Dark? Maybe he's the guy in the army costume. Maybe that that's him. Uh, you know, I feel I need to get an update from you at the end of this episode, Matt, about uh, Ben Dark and Kitty Galore. If you've had any luck sniffing them out, well, fuck it. I'll give you the I'll give you the update now. Um, you found so, Kitty Galore. You found her. No. Tell me you found her. <laughs> so I actually messaged Katrina Roundtree. Of course, worked with um, Ben Dark for for many years on Getaway, and um, Katrina Roundtree actually got back to me and she said, unfortunately. She um she's not heard from Ben Dark in many years and uh, didn't have any contact details for him. So that was a shame. I uh, wasn't actually expecting her to message me back, but she did, and she said, "Yeah, hope, hope we track him down." But she's uh, she's lost contact with him. Uh, that's very sad. Uh, and I, I, honestly, it doesn't actually surprise me that she wrote back to you. I um I interviewed her many years ago at one of the uh, Grand Prix. It might have even been the same Grand Prix that I interviewed Jonathan Lapalia at. And I mean, she lives up to her reputation. She's she's often regarded as one of the nicest people in Australian television, and she she uh, she just was so goddamn nice. Um, so that doesn't surprise me. But look, we, we there are other getaway presenters like uh, Sora Wilby. I don't know if you remember her. I, I believe I googled her recently, and I think she kind of is um maybe somewhere active online. I think I saw a profile or a website for her. Um, we, we we'll keep the dig going though. So we'll we'll see how we go. We don't give up on we Australian don't. Survivor archives. I might have to put my attention more to, towards Kitty now instead, though. <laughs> KittyGalore.com or something. Just be careful that don't Google that around your wife. You might get something in that you don't want to see. Now, Matt, just on a quick tangent, uh, ice cream, are you an ice cream man? Uh, ice cream, you scream, you'll scream for ice cream. And, uh, you know, what, what, what's, your, what's your poison when it comes to some ice cream? I'm a chalk mint guy, Ben. Oh, good choice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I don't mind a bit of the chalk mint myself. Yeah, I'm a chalk mint guy. And if I get, uh, if you're at Cold Rock and you get to put, I like the oh, caramello put in. Good choice. I tell you what, I'm not, I'm not like, I have a sweet tooth, but I'm not a huge person for like, you know, junk food. Like, I, I like my chips, I like my chocolate. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not one of the, I'm not a Shona or a Craig here. But if I, if I had, one sort of, you know, bad food that I would be very much into, it definitely would be ice cream. So if there was a reward challenge and ice cream was on the table, I, I would be going there. I, I'm much more of a savoury person. Like if it was garlic bread and freaking, you know, uh, fries, I, I would be more excited. But if there was a sweet reward that I had to choose, ice cream or chocolate milk, chocolate milk. Wasn't there a Channel 10 one where they all got chocolate milk? Yeah, when um, Sam won it, he was wanting his chalky milk. But uh, uh, that was in my season. But, um, Ben, let's be – I've seen the photos of you recently of how much weight you've lost. You don't touch that stuff anymore. Come on. 
I had a three-week break on my diet over Christmas where I had some ice cream, but no, I, I honestly have not been able to have ice cream in basically 12 months. You can kind of have a keto ice cream, but um, yeah, it's been oh, it's making me sad actually. Now, I see, I'm actually very partial to the vanilla flavor. I like caramel as well. Uh, but like when I say vanilla, not like that fake vanilla. I'm talking about real genuine like vanilla bean. Um, but hokey pokey, I'm quite a hokey pokey man. Uh, and also splices. Good ice cream. If you've ever tried splice in a tub, mm, that is that is some good shit. And English toffee. <laughs> Give me a good old English uh-huh. toffee as well. So, and honeycomb. God, I just love ice cream. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, Joel liked it because you're right. He did give that giddy up, didn't he? Giddy up. I've got to ask you, Ben. Is she throwing out the warrior line a bit willy nilly? It's only twice. You know, yeah, didn't call Silver Warrior. She's a- but she's. <laughs> She's already told Craig he's a warrior. Now, I want to know how Craig feels about that. He's been built up as the warrior. Now we find out, Craig, sorry, mate, you're not the warrior. You're still just the creep. Uh, Joel's the warrior. Craig, I know you listen, mate. Shoot (laughs) us a message. How did you feel seeing this, that all of a sudden, did you send Shona a text and like, Oi, I'm your warrior, not this Joel. Like, what's what's wrong with you? It's Um, like just because because, um, Craig's gone by this point, you can't just be – then renaming it. It's like rebadging a card. You can't just be renaming someone else the warrior. She's already given that name to Craig. Is she, is she playing the game? Back to what I was saying before about, like, well, you know, uh, you know, just, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Keeping Joel on side so that he, he doesn't, you know, sway. Um, I'll let you read the tree mail here. This is, your, this is your last time, I believe, that you will be reading this all season. I don't think we get a tree mail for our final immunity challenge, but I just want to set the scene here. Shona's getting a bit 2020 COVID-19 here. She's got the face mask on. Good on you, Shona. And we also get a moment here where Rob is sleeping on Katie's bed and we get a very weird camera in the boat. Like, this is screaming of recreation here. This is not a natural shot uh, because they want Rob to come out and uh, join in on the conversation. So is it challenge mail time, Ben? It is. Go for it. This is your this is your oh. last time, Matt Dyson, until season two. Have I done all right reading the mail? I You've done very re- well. You, Thanks, when mate. I remember to let you read it, that is. <laughs> all right. So the challenge mail. Think hard about your time here for soon it will be gone. If your memory fails you now, you won't last long. One step at a time, you'll walk over the sea. When you stand alone, you'll win immunity. That's me clapping for you. Um, the audience went home. The renter crowd, we yeah, we, we lost the budget. So uh, good job. No, you've done very well. I, I, don't, I think, honestly, at the start of the season, we didn't plan this and it just kind of went into it because you were Mr. Transcription. So, um, no, that, that can be your job moving forward now. Good, good fucking luck in Channel 10 versions when we're covering three episodes of Bloody Episode. Well, do they even do them now? That's the I thing. Don't think they do. So, do they? Uh, do they even have tree? Do they have tree mail in your two days? Uh, not in my two days, and 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 obviously, at my first challenge was at the very start of the game, so right at the start, and then the immunity, we didn't get any any tree mail about it. So uh, yeah, who knows? God, you're losing us, Channel Ten. All right, so okay. Let's let's set the scene right now because this is it, folks. We've been building up. We talked about the tiddlywinks being an amazing confessional. There are a couple of other confessionals there that were just absolutely fantastic. But 
the granddaddy of confessionals in in Australian Survivor, in any Survivor. I don't know if you can ever have a confessional that tops what we are literally about to see. We opened our episode with this. I will play this again at the end. I have written this down word for word. We, If we haven't shared it already, we will share it on our social media. I actually shared it on my personal Instagram maybe six or seven months ago because I just absolutely love This is the one moment from Australian Survivor when I hadn't watched it in like 10 years that I remembered. It was this confessional. Katie sitting down. We've got the slow kind of piano music going in the background. She's completely broken. She's completely gone. Katie says the following. I always look for how else I can win, but it doesn't look like I can see anything anymore. Nothing is coming to me. Maybe I could kill one of them. Can we just can we just can we just sit on that? We've just had a 24-year-old woman on national television have a complete breakdown. She has lost everything emotionally in this game. She is at her wit's end. And she has just said out loud, maybe I could kill someone. And and it's important to remember the way she says it, she's not. She's not saying it with a smile on her face or like joking. You can see she's actually quite distressed when she's saying it. And when she says that last line, maybe I could kill someone, she, she actually, or kill one of them, she actually sort of is looking to the side. She's almost lost. Like if you look at her facial expression, there's almost no expression at all. She's just, she's lost. And she's just, you can see her, her mind just ticking over and she kind of looks to the side and, and says that last line, maybe I could kill one of them. It's, it's you're right. It's it's a massive confessional, and you're right too when you say like it's not like she's saying this is a bit of a joke or something like that. Like she, the way she looks off, like I, I legitimately, and I will ask this to Katie next week. I want to know, did a producer have to pull her aside and like be like, whoa, dude, like just stop. We need to have a word here because like the way she says it, you believe her. <laughs> like you, you actually believe her that she thinks that is a valid option. Well, Ben, if this is the greatest confessional of all time, should we play it right now? So the, oh. so the listeners, play it right now, Ben. All right, all right, all right. Let, let, let's hear it again. I always look for how else I can win, but it doesn't seem like I can see anything anymore. Nothing's coming to me. Maybe I could kill one of them. I will play that to the cow. Screw that weird noise we played a few weeks ago a thousand times. Like, it's just, it it sounds like I just keep harking on, like, this is the best ever. This is, you know, it's all well and good to lay claims and kind of all this sort of stuff. But tell me another confessional that is more iconic in any Survivor that you can think of. I mean, yeah, there are a few that come to mind in the US one that we're going to have, of course. Even the Australian one, there are definitely ones that, you know, come to mind and, and that. But, like, you literally have a contestant who is thinking of a valid way of making it to the end as killing someone who is not joking. In that moment, she genuinely thought that is true. Okay, on one level, slightly disturbing. She should get some help. We shouldn't be glorifying this. But at the same time, reality television, folks, we want this to be real. This is as genuine, as genuine as you can get. We have a person thinking to get to the final three, they could kill someone. 
Like, it sells itself, people. This is why Australian Survivor Season 1 needs to be remembered and acknowledged as a season because we have this. It's funny how times change too. I don't know if they would even show that on TV anymore, to be honest. Like, if this was a current day season and someone was that emotional and said that, I'm not 100% sure as much as they would want to show it. I don't know if they would. Think about Brandon Hans. In, yeah. in Karamoan. I mean, the guy basically got pulled from the game because he was so emotionally unstable. Now, ultimately, Katie doesn't kill someone. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> I'm sure Stephen <laughs> Peters is probably going, well, wait a minute. That could cause some good ratings. Um, <laughs> but, like, it's just no matter what you think of Katie, just the emotion that you would have to feel to say something like that. And this is, again, Channel 10. How are you not shown this clip to say, let's bring back that contestant from that season that no one remembers who wanted to kill someone. There have been people on US Survivor who have been brought back for less to come back. There were people on Australian Survivor All-Stars who were brought back for less. All right? I'm sorry to be like the... I know, I'm not even going to bring it up. I don't want to go on a tangent and ripping into players because we want them on the show in the future. I'll save my anger for those players when they come on the show one day. But some of those all-stars, they got brought back on some of the reasons. For what? You have a player who wanted to kill someone. That is that is enough. She should have a whole season. There should have been Survivor, Australian Survivor Season 2, Katie's Island. <laughs> they made a season of US Survivor based on two people having a fight at the reunion and Jeff Probst getting an erection because Rob and Russell were going at, oh, that could be a good season. So they made a season of it. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. You'd almost, you know, if they were going to make uh, more Australian Survivor seasons after, you know, after this first one, you could almost imagine like a couple of years later, there would have been like one tribe with Katie, one tribe with Rob Dixon, wouldn't there? That, oh, yeah. that would have been the season. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like, oh, and like, it is just so frustrating. Again, I know why Channel 10 would not get season one players on the show. I understand it. It's their own version. Again, they don't even call this a season. Season one to them is what we refer to as season three. And most fans acknowledge that. Fine. I'm not that naive. I'm very much Katie here, aren't I? I'm not that naive that I don't see that and understand it. But when we can sit here for for multiple weeks, multiple episodes and go over this and try and celebrate this season, try acknowledge its history, that we can come to this point in time to have a player who has done everything in this episode that just makes her such a star, that has this point in time where she says these words in a confessional. How, how you cannot have her in a conversation to come back is beyond me. If I ever speak to somebody from Channel 10, and I'm really hoping that will happen either on this show or through writing this book, if they say to me in an answer to a question of, was anyone from Channel 9's version ever considered? If they utter the phrase, we thought about it, we were thinking about getting Katie on, or they acknowledge something with that, I will definitely have a big sigh of relief and go, okay, well, at least she was considered. If they turn around and say, no, we didn't even think about it, I will, I don't know what I will do. I will, what if I they will turn, find Rove McManus and punch him. What What if they turn around and say, Katie, who? I will find Rove McManus and I will punch him. <laughs> I like <laughs> Rove. I, I actually love Rove. He is one of my favourite, favourite Australian television personalities. But I will punch Rove. That's how angry I am, Matt. I'm sorry, Rove, but I will punch you. 
Well, just just talking about Rove. Lucky you probably weren't living in Australia last year when he brought out his new show and it lasted. <laughs> I heard about two, that. That even made it lasted New two Zealand. episodes and they quickly axed it and it will never be spoken about again. Bring back Rove, everyone, but no, not so I can punch it. You don't like Rove? No, I was never a Rove guy. What's and, wrong uh, with you, Matt Dyson? Nah. One of your last in two days. You don't like Rove? <laughs> That's why they voted you out. They got hey, you in a tribal hey. council. They're yelling at y'all. We're going to say we'll vote Steve out. Wait, you don't like Rove? Vote his ass out. I lasted just as many days as his new show lasted, so. Touche. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> so we come back from the ad. Lincoln has a bit of a conversation back and forth. Shona and Rob have invited every single family member ever in existence. Rob has invited Dusty, Cass, Greg and Donna, Mum, Pete and Ness back from their honeymoon. So we'll talk to Pete about that in a few weeks, how that was. Uh, Dad's on the corner. His aunt, his good friend Gags, Chris and Kim. <laughs> Let's find, try and get Gags on the show. Meanwhile, Shona, <laughs> all of her family except her brother Bob, don't know why Bob wasn't there, uh, her mother's there, her brother Neil and wife, they've come in from Houston, her sister Sally, John's there, Aunt Mourner's there, business partner Peter Snow. It's not just business partner Peter, it's Peter Snow, Steve, and Cheryl. They're all there, Matt. So, uh, I'll just tell you something quickly. So when I was having, early on when I was having trouble trying to track down Shona, I actually was looking up Peter Snow. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I couldn't even find a Peter Snow, so I don't know whatever happened to him. But, yeah, that was actually, this reminded me of that. That was one of the angles I was using to try to track her down. I do like uh, Rob again saying like, oh, you know, I'm comfortable that I may lose this. Shona talking about Nova crunching the numbers. They, they do extend this out a lot. This is a lot more extended out than any US version. And uh, honestly, I kind of like it. It adds to the tension. It's kind of great. Um, I do like Lincoln's little lie. Nobody knows, not even me. Stephen Peters <laughs> knows. Lincoln, Stephen Peters knows. All right, so he reads the votes. It's completely live. He's slow. He takes the rings off. I also love um, how uh, Rob plays up to Lincoln. How are you feeling? Um, and then kind of he's like, oh, I love the drama. You know, I learned from Eddie, Lincoln replies. And then he's like, Rob says, oh, your hands are shaking. And then Lincoln's like, I'm nervous. It's <laughs> a great little moment. But we get the votes. Rob, Shona, Shona, Rob, Rob, Rob. Rob is the winner. Of Australian Survivor, the crowd goes crazy. Dusty's nearly in tears. They all come up on the stage. There's some little kid behind Rob's family giving the thumbs up. If you're listening, little kid, that's probably Matt Dyson in the background there. Oh, you should have been on the show. Um, and we also get a couple of little uh, screen. They show every vote, which I kind of like this. We hear from every single one of them. Katie says, my preference is to vote for you, Shona. Sophie calls Rob a dirty, rotten scoundrel, but still going to vote for him. Jane says, we're all deserving, <laughs> but it looks like I got out at the right time. Uh, and then they all come out on the stage. Craig gets wolf whistled. They all hug. That's the end of the finale. Um, Rob is our very first Australian Survivor winner. Uh, I did. There's a few times that Craig gets wolf whistled, and it, I've actually made notes of that. And I think every time, do you reckon that was Naomi doing it or, yep. or just multiple? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I definitely do. Let's look at the book quickly. Shona, her personal item was shorts with pockets and zippers. Her luxury item was meditation beads. She had a Kelpie border collie. Her phobia, nothing. Nothing scares Shona. Doesn't that just speak volumes <laughs> to Shona? Her favorite sports team, Davis Cup. There you go. Favorite TV show. Again, this speaks volumes for Shona. Australian Story, Catalyst, and Business Sunday. But having said that, who, whose favourite show is Business Sunday? Uh, favorite I thought she was going to say uh, 
I thought she was going to say Burke's backyard. It's been a while <laughs> since we mentioned Don Burke on I this uh, allowed to mention podcast. Him. Remember, uh, favorite movie, The Matrix, Moulin Rouge, and top, of course, it's Top Gun. Favorite actress, Kate Blanchett. Favorite actor, none. <laughs> favorite game, it's not Tiddlywinks, it's chess and options trading. Ooh. Uh, her favorite flower, Stuart Desert Pea or Carnivorous Plants. <laughs> favorite chocolate or lollies, Matt, what do you think her answer would be? Cherry Ripe. It is definitely that. Um, just a couple of things here. What made you enter Australian Survivor? She gives four, and she gives a multiple choice answer to this. A seemed like a good idea at the time. B needed a holiday. C the challenge. D all of the above. Gotta love this woman. <laughs> I think I say E. Uh, what was his name? John Snow. What, what was the Snow oh, yeah. guy? Uh, yeah, he pissed me off. Oh. Mr. Snow's pissing me off. <laughs> uh, it's got here a fact here. Shona slept outdoors for three weeks before coming to Port Lincoln to acclimatize herself. Climatize herself. And also describe any really embarrassing moments that have happened to you. She says, can't think of any. I'm not easily embarrassed. Wow. Kind of tying back into season one with that the sort of fan reaction and kind of everything along those lines. We, we know we didn't have social media we we didn't have anything like that to really have a, a soapbox to be able to talk about this. We did have forums, though. And, I mean, many people who have been longstanding in the Survivor fan community would be very familiar with Survivor Sucks. Uh, it's been around, I think, as long as Survivor has, basically. And in 2002, they had the, the part of that forum was on this season of Australian Survivor. Now, Maddie C., you shared with this, you shared this with me, months and months ago i think even when we began this season and it just it must have slipped my mind for some reason and then you reshared it with me not that long ago and i I really started to read through this and i i'm i'm ashamed to say i really wish i had remembered this more because this would have been such a perfect kind of time capsule to to actually discuss how the fans were feeling while this was airing because i'm looking at this now uh we'll, we'll link this on our social media because it, it's kind of, it's it's still available to be read. Things like the images and things that have been shared, they're kind of a dead now, but just scrolling through, let's scroll through some of these headlines here, kind of the, the, the topics that people are talking about. Uh, so we have, looks like they'll be crybabies next week, posted by a please um, on the 29th of April, 2002. Uh, we have possible pick of final four, need help. Uh, Lance's chats, so like, of course they did, um, chats with them live on the 9MSM website after they were eliminated. So there's transcripts here, which are fascinating to read. Uh, so you have bag of chips, chocolates or $500,000. The headline here, Joel in control. Okay. Uh, Lance's personal item, new theory, the girl who makes her bed takes the money. Uh, who is really controlling the game? We finally got a twist, uh, a twist. Now here come the fireworks. What is Rob doing? Uh, now Joel should swap alliances. Uh, Shona, you compulsive nudist. Joel, you crazed rice Nazi. Uh, I mean, this is like a real time capsule. That, I mean, you, so I would love for you to share your actual handle on this because I think it's fantastic. And how was it? Like, how was it being in this forum interacting with fans in 2002? Yeah, I think there was only about like what, 20 or 30 of us there and we had, you know, we knocked it off from the American um, fandom, which was huge. But uh, it, was, it was just great having that little place we could all go to chat 
about like every episode and what was going on. And I can't, I think it, we started it, it must have been in Outback because um, once Australian Survivor came along, like we literally discussed the whole thing. But like back then, you didn't have social media where you could go online and, and talk about things. And so, but we had this forum. And yeah, so like the 20 or 30 of us or whatever there was after every episode, we'd all get on there and have a chat. And if anything was like in magazines or any of that kind of stuff, like people would post the like scans of the articles. It was really good. Really good was your, to have. And what was your username, Matt? My username was Joel's Big One. Joel's Big One, <laughs> yes. And, and, and if and if you go and read what I wrote, like I, like I think I was in the in the closet back then, and I just sound like this horny. Oh, I, I was rancid. Nothing's changed. So, yeah. so, 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 Joel, so the name the name's Joel's Big One. Is that referencing um, Rob saying that he was basically well hung? Yeah. Yeah, so originally I had a different username and after that episode I changed I, I think I re-signed back up or whatever and I, I changed to Joel's big one. What was your what was your after one that, beforehand? After that shower episode. Do you remember what your oh. one was beforehand? Joel's little one or something? <laughs> no, I think it was um oh, it was Titanic something. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well now, I found something one like you, that, I don't know. I found one but, of your threads here. Uh, oh god! Notice every one of my threads that the spelling is absolutely atrocious. Like, <laughs> I won't call you out for that. I, I could find I'll post a minor. Oh, it, it, it's the, terrible! Your your post here, the best episode of Survivor yet. This is by far the best episode of Survivor. Way better than the US wow. ones as well. They didn't do an extra tribal council. They just got on with it. All the fights and the way things did turn out and how Joel kept his word when he could have gone with Sophie and Katie and had a better chance to win. Bravo. This is excellent. I'm assuming that's the finale episode there. But, uh, I mean, that yeah. holds up. I also appreciate your, your profile picture is of the Jurassic Park gates. So Yeah, is a, yeah. Big, big Jurassic yeah. Park fan. Well, you're even a better person in real life now, Matt, that I keep talking to you about it. We'll talk about Jurassic Park on another episode. I've, yeah, I've got my dinosaurs here too. Sorry, there was one thread that I think it was. So, who, so who's gay on there? Well, I was about to know. I've, I've literally found that one. It's got who is gay yeah. besides David and Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Very 2002. Let's just openly speculate. Yeah, I don't know what's in that one, but hopefully... Dare I I open it? Um, (laughs) I'm reading here, but I don't know if I want to really read some of these. Uh, I think we leave leave that one in the vault, Ben. Yeah, no, I definitely don't (laughs) want to read some of these comments. But actually, uh, I mean, some I found Joel's message. You're right. It's still pinned to the top. So this is actually a message from Joel. says, hello, guys. There is something that I need to tell you all. You rock! Thank you so much for all your comments throughout Survivor. I frequently visited the site and was always interested to read what you all had to say. Survival is the best thing that I have ever done. It was the biggest challenge that I have ever faced. And I know that what I learned out there will stay with me forever. I think that things came across pretty much just as they happened out there. Thanks again, guys. I hope to meet you all somewhere in the future. Oh, and one more big thing. Joel's big one. You rule. See you guys. (laughs) Joel. Wow, Matt. Brilliant. Shout outs. Look at yeah. you. <clears throat> now, I do actually think he, he did DM me. I can't I can't remember what he said. I, he did say, because he knew, he knew I had a shirt um, and he offered to meet up somewhere and have it signed, but it just it never happened. I think, I honestly think that it comes down to Tim going second. I think if they keep him, yeah. if he aligns with Naomi and Craig, and we've heard from both of them that they realise now that 
they wish they did team up that Naomi and Craig in particular did team up with Tim. And maybe that would have happened if they got to, you know, keep him a few more days, you know, but I believe that that is what it is. Comes down to the fact that Tim left second and it hurt him. The perfect comparison, of course, for those who kind of want to put that into context. It's like when um, Matt Dyson got voted out of the contenders, they fell apart. And they this, did. They did. And <laughs> they, Matt was the glue that held them together. And look what happened. Yeah, yeah. I know. I don't know if you're saying that in a sarcastic <laughs> way, Ben. <laughs> but you know what? I would never do such I, a I'm thing. Gonna, I'm going to say something, Ben. The funny thing was, you, you know what? They did vote me out straight away. But I honestly think that was that was my tribe's biggest mistake because not just the fact that it was me and I wanted to stay longer, but my tribe, you could probably say, is probably one of the, the, the probably the second worst tribe in history. I think on on stats alone, it, my tribe was one of the worst of all times. And when you are voting someone out straight away that, that you know, not only I could physically help a lot in challenges, but with the game itself, it did hurt my tribe. It left them, in the end, it left them with people that were just kind of there for different reasons and, oh, let's get to the next episode because it's going to help me with Instagram followers. Like, that's not <laughs> how you play this game. And in the end, they all got, they all got cooked. They I all got to- cooked, so... I need to quote you on these so that when we eventually get to your episode and of course we will do your episode recap. And then of course we are, I'm interviewing you like I would interview any other person. <laughs> I've got questions, but I, I, I want you to, to spill the, spill the beans on who are these people out there just to get Instagram followers, people out there to, uh, you know, become a bachelor one day or something yeah. like that. It shits me, Ben. You're right. And the funny thing is I, I say all this, but, if, if I had the chance right now to change that tribe, would I? No, I wouldn't. Like, because no. it would make it completely different. The only thing I would do is, is if I got to change one thing, is I would be on Kadena. I would yep. put myself in Kadena. Um, You've only got who four. Knows. You have to choose. You have to choose a man. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, all I'll say is it can't be David Haas because um, can't be Craig. Because, oh yeah, look, it's who Sylvan knows? or I'll Tim. Is it Sylvan or yeah. Tim? I'll, I'll look. I'll say Sylvan because Aww. he won the car. Mate. I'll say Sylvan because he won the car, and maybe I would have got to win the car, and I would have actually driven it, unlike Sylvan. But, but uh, Matt, I've got to say here. But then, if no Sylvan, then I wouldn't be able to read the words through magic forces of two worlds. An Earth boy will be born in a passageway of dreams. He will rise in Libras and bring with him the seeds of knowledge from mankind. Would you have written that on the back of your book, A Negro Libras, a Book of Symbols? No. Matty Carr, did we just get our first reading of a Sylvan oh, book? On, uh, I'm going to be reading so, some yeah. of this. This is that sounded almost like preaching. Gold. Did you ever get the book, Matty C? Did you ever get Sylvan's book? No, no, no. Oh. I didn't even try. When we get to this, I'm telling you now, you don't want to know how much money I spent to get this damn book. It was not. Oh, cheap. I think I do. Oh, maybe we'll <laughs> learn. Maybe we'll learn in that. Um. Just a few other things that I would like to touch on quickly. Just just one final question I want to ask on the surviving survivor thing, Maddie D. And I, I'm kind of a bit sad that we didn't uh, think of this at the very beginning because this would have been a question I would have asked every single contestant. Whose toothbrush was that that they tried to sneak in? Was it Katie's? I think Maybe. it was Katie's. Maybe I don't I, know. I'm sure. I'm sure I heard him say, "Oh, Katie tried to bring in the extra uh, toothbrush." But I uh, was thinking it was David or Sylvan. But hey, it was Katie. You oh. know. <laughs> oh, I, Just, yeah. Who would do I, that? Like at least you uh, know. Y- you know what would have cracked me up? I would have. This is what would have made this the ultimate ever like episode. Is if 
in the background, you're seeing Sylvan get patted down in, and he's, he's like the Barley Nine. He's just got all the <laughs> contraband strapped to him. Like, you know, just literally like Barley Nine style. Like, that's what I would have loved. Like, you just see him in the background getting patted down. And he's just got all the bloody masking tape around and just pills everywhere. Could have been Richard Hatt style and hit it up his ass, you know. Yeah, kind of like- you know, like, but um, oh, that would have been gold. Even after seeing my audition tape, you're not surprised that I didn't get in and one of the 16? Well, um, now that you bring that up, maybe we should talk about it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I was going to actually quickly ask you, Matt, when you, you mentioned about meeting Karen at your place of business, was that the Sherwood Services Club that you met her at? That's that Correct. Wow. Correct. Tell us That's about the Sherwood I... Services Club. What is it? Is it still around? Yeah, it's still there. It's an RS, like an RSL. Right. So an RSL, but the services club. And yeah, I finished, finished year 12. So, and um, I didn't want to go to uni or TAFE. And I was like, what, are, what was I going to do? And it was, it was like 300 meter walk up the road from me. My brother was already working there and um, yeah, got a job there in, in, in January, 2002 and uh, worked there for like five years before I um, ended up quitting going traveling and then working out that I wanted to be a police officer. So look, it was a fantastic place to work. I was uh, in the, poker machine room for years after being a bartender and um that's how i got all the, the trapara buff and all that and um yeah it was it was good times good times as a young fella but uh, looking back at that video geez i was young <laughs> I, I don't you even said it was like looking at a completely different person and um geez i've done a lot of growing up since then haven't i i want to say to everyone out there if you haven't seen it it's on our social media please go and watch it you will never regret it i look when you sent it to me like you sent it to me weeks ago you're like, I've got something for you. You know, here it is. And um, i got to say, like, I didn't, as soon as I saw the screen cap, I'm like, that's not you. You're, you're sending me, like, you're taking the piss here. This is, It does not look anything like you. And it's not just the hair factor either. It's just you look completely different. And I will be 150 to 200% Ted-style honest with you right now, Matt. It actually wasn't as bad as I was thinking it was going to be. It's not brilliant. I'm not going to, you know, inflate your ego. But, like... If, if you are an 18-year-old guy, right, who loves Survivor and, and you, I mean, you're still a teenager. You, you're literally putting out there a, a message like that. And I, I got to be honest with you, if I was 18 and being able to apply for Survivor, mine wouldn't be that different. It's just kind of what you do. I think you did what you did. Uh, I mean, on the grand scheme of things, you know, if I need to be absolutely critical, the editing was terrible. Uh, you know, the the props, the facial hair looked really fake, Matt. Come on, you could have done a little bit better than that. And really, the like five VHS tapes was all the footage from two seasons of Survivor. Not realistic at all. But other than that, it was pretty darn interesting. <laughs> okay, so you've got to remember this. Okay, this, this is what's important to remember with that because I look back and I thought, I got to admit, like I hadn't seen that for so long. And when I I went around, it was at it was at, it was still all the the copy was at my mum's place, so. I managed to, to go around there a couple of weeks ago and I went and picked it up and I, I brought it home and I, you know, I downloaded it onto my computer and I was like, oh my God, like this is embarrassing. And I'll admit, I, I actually had second thoughts and I thought, do I really want to share this? And and I, I was at quite embarrassed. And uh, and then I, it took me about five minutes. I thought, you know what? I'm actually not embarrassed. Like I'm actually proud of it. Like I was 18. I had no life experience. And we talk about Jane not having life experience, you know, like, I had never gone camping. I'd never left Australia. The one time I'd been on a plane was up to Cairns for a a rugby league tournament that I was lucky enough to be a part of. Um, You know, I was just turned 18. Um, It was filmed by my mother 
who had, you know, we had no experience using a, a, a handy cam or back then it was like a massive, you know, it was like what they were using in channel nine days. It was that huge, you know, the editing, you talk about the editing was shit, Ben. I, there was no such thing of being, I didn't put that onto a computer and edit it. I actually had to do it. So yeah. it all ran smoothly on the tape. So then when I downloaded it from the tape, there was no editing involved. It all had to run continuously on the tape. Um, that So like for me to actually, and that's when I realized for me to actually put this together and it was terrible, but for me to actually put it together and submit it, I'm actually proud of it. And that's why I shared it with everyone because and it, it, for me, it's like I have come a long way, you know, and um, so well, I was I think, proud to actually share it. And in all seriousness, mate, like I like I take the piss out of you, you know, I do what I do. You know me, it's all good nature. We're Aussies, this is what we do. This is kind of teach the Canadians around me, this is what we do. But like, like I agree with everything you said. And I think that I think I actually really admired about it was that like you actually put a bit of creativity into it. Like I... I I actually really like this whole thing of like, I've got all the tapes here from Survivor. I've got my rice. I'm going to come back. And then you just come back with this like muffled, like it was, I actually had a chuckle. Like I, I, I really wish I had a film, like a first reaction video to it. Cause like I legitimately thought it was funny and like in all seriousness, and this is why I really do want to see the tape that you got on with, because this is a legitimate success story. Like this is kind of a testament to people out there who, who are applying and applying and thinking, well, I'm never going to get on. I mean, you know, I don't think from memory you didn't apply for the first two Channel Ten ones. If am I not mistaken? I don't think you did. You you applied. Me, for- I applied. For, I did. I applied for. I've, I've I applied for every season oh, okay. possible. Well, I don't know why I thought you couldn't, but uh, you didn't. Yeah. Sorry. So, but like, I mean, you eventually got on. So, um, one thing I'll just quickly say with it is that. Um, you know, you kind of said to me, like, share yours, share yours. And I think kind of what you and I have discussed is that what we'll do before each Channel 10 season is share our audition tapes. Like, I I will gladly share. I've only I applied for three. I didn't apply for uh, the, the one that Pia won. So uh, I've got uh, only three. But, um, I mean, I'm telling you now, you watch my first one, you will fall asleep. I nearly fell asleep and I recorded the fucking thing. I'm like, holy crap, this is boring. Why the hell did I submit this? The other two slightly more entertaining but um matt i'm telling you now your season one audition tape shits all over uh at least two of mine i'll say this (laughs) about that i actually like the back half of my audition tape that that original audition tape better than the first the first half was in bad light it was terrible i i seemed to be struggling talking um where then the, the 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 second part of it the back half of it where i come out with the fake beard and that it's the light's better i'm tall i look yeah. i actually look different as well i look different i'm talking better and i'm thinking shit why didn't i why wasn't i mean it was all you can look back now i should have done things completely different but i'm just proud that i was able to put get one done and put it in. and it only went for like less than two minutes as well yeah it was kind of sure matt see i want to get your thoughts on it in just a second but one final question to you matt just quickly on this uh what age did your balls drop I know. Look, like I said, oh man, looking back now, I think you know, you know. I mean, that's Ben. This is what I owe to Survivor. Like, like yeah. I said, I had, I was so young. Like, and I was a young eighteen-year-old. Like, I had, I had no life experience. You know, um, you know, I, I grew up with just my mother and my brothers. Like, you know, so my, my dad was never around. So we never did any of that camping stuff. We just didn't do that. You know, but I loved this show and I wanted to to do something I'd never done before. And it was from Survivor after that, that, you know, I got addicted to traveling. I, I ended up, we got addicted to Africa. We've spoken about this because of watching season three, America, Africa. And, and that's what grew me up. And ultimately that's what got me on the show. So it's, 
it all started from that audition tape. And that's why I shared it with you guys, because I am actually proud of it. Just before we go, before we've got a very exciting announcement actually to make in terms of we've got something very special coming up. But uh, Sylvan Dorney, 2002, released a little book called Enigma, Enigma Libris, The Book of Symbols. Now, people listening at home can't see this. I'm going to hold this book up for both Matt and uh, Matt to see here. Beautiful little uh, piece of literature. Now, I paid a pretty penny for this book. Basically, I think the only copy that was available in the entire world on the internet. I paid around the $80, $90 mark for this book. That's more than half of what Matthew Carr paid for a Kadena pa- flag behind him. <laughs> which I'm sure this retailed for like 15 bucks back in 2002 or something like that. Now, I'll be honest, I haven't read it, but I have read the prologue and uh, the prologue, sorry. And I'm going to read the prologue to you now because if this is how good this book is, then I want to keep reading it. Now, I've talked to Sylvan. I've mentioned to him about this and he said like, mate, like don't read it. It's crap. Like get the other ones. And I have, I I splurged. I got his, uh, his other book, the Riddle Library Book of Symbols, which he said is kind of a reboot of this one. And then also Arcadian Secret under his pseudonym of Mercury Pace. Both of those books are readily available online. You can buy them. But the prologue of Sylvan Dorney's Enigma Libris, the Book of Symbols. We've been waiting all season for this. Matt, Matt Carr, have you ever read this? I said you didn't have a copy of it. I've never read it, never even seen it in the shops. Nah, no idea. He, he did give a copy to Eddie Maguire, didn't he? Yeah. Eddie Maguire ran out of toilet paper, I think, during the pandemic. and he finally That's probably the copy paper. you've got. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering why it said uh, signed Eddie Maguire. There you go. That makes sense. All right, here we go. Are we ready for this prologue? This is uh, Sylvan's book. Okay. Now, I'm presuming that you know nothing of this book, which is not surprising since you are only just beginning to read the prologue. I believe... It's the best thing since toast, which was an evolutionary step forward from sliced bread. But of course, I think that I wrote it and I wouldn't have preserved over the years if I didn't like it. Already such a great start here. So just be thankful I did. Otherwise, you would have bought a book with a whole lot of blank pages. An awful waste of money. I mean, that's the first paragraph. Are you not hooked here, people? This is Sylvan to a T. Let us it explore. totally sounds like him. Right? Yeah. Are you not picturing mm. this in Sylvan's voice right now? I reckon he's already it? bored of writing by this stage. He's, I know. Uh, he's, he's like, I write now. No, you don't. You're selling it. Let us explore why I think this is a good book. Firstly, it is generally known that kids are cool, even if adults deny it. And this book is full of cool kids. Secondly, all books should have a happy ending. If anybody says otherwise... That's their problem. And this book somehow does end happily. But mainly, it is because this book has all the necessary ingredients for a good book. Namely, the three M's. Anyone want to guess the three M's at all? Jeez. Three M's. Three M's. Matt, Matt, and Matt. Uh (laughs) Well, it's not a masterpiece. We know that. But uh... (laughs) manipulation? No. Sadly not. Uh, All right. Matty Carr, any guesses you want me to tell you? God. I wouldn't even know where to start. All right. Well, you start with magic, mystery, and meaning. Come on. Now, this this is where it gets even better. Magic. There's a lot of M's there. You all know about magic. It's the rabbit out of the hat stuff. It's the card up the sleeve. It's playing computer games. Well, actually, it's not, but computer games are fun, and I thought I would mention them for the hell of it. Sure. This book is full of magic. The land itself, Enigma Libris, 
is chock-a-block with stardusty things. There are children who possess shape-shifting gifts, and one of the boys can start a fire with his hands. And of course, there's a caducus. A tough word, I know. Let's go through it slowly. Cadocius. I mispronounced it. Say it again. Cadocius. Now quickly. Cadocius. <laughs> He's phonetically spelling this out. It's brilliant. Now quickly. Cadocius. Brilliant. This is a magical staff, which is another word for a wand. I love how he's so, like, technical in explaining things, which can do just about anything. It's so magical, I'm thinking of selling them worldwide. But I'm not going to tell you what exactly it does, as you have to read the book to find out. There is so much magic that it is hard for me to mention it all in this little prologue. So you are just going to have to trust me. Do we all trust Sylvan? We all trust this him? Is, this is no Harry Potter, Ben. Right, right. I know. But hang on. It just keep going. It, it gets there. Sort of. What are, what are we up to? Ah, ingredient number two. Mystery. When I think of mystery, it is always followed in my mind by an ooh. See if it works for you. Ready? Mystery. Ooh. <laughs> there we go. It's working for Matty D. What is mystery? I don't know. It's too mysterious for me to comprehend. But I can comprehend the mystery in this particular book. Mystery surrounds the book of symbols, which you will discover in chapter two. Now, I hope all of you know what a symbol is. It's like when a picture represents a particular meaning. I'm loving Matthew. We are, we are never getting to chapter two. That, Sylvan Dorney, I can assure you. For example, a picture of a $5 bill represents happiness. Happiness in the form of soft drinks and chips anyway. Laden Solo. Come on. Uh, but you knew that. You're pretty smart. Otherwise, you wouldn't have bought this book or had it bought for you by someone else, which is very smart of you. I mean, being able to use psychotelepathic... I can't say that word. Pathic. Uh, thank you. Powers to get someone else to buy this for you. What a gift. Stop me if I'm rambling on again. Where was I? Yeah, mystery in the simple book. Well, this book reveals prophecies which may or may not come about. Imagine if you had a book of symbols. It could tell you whether you're going to pass or fail a test. It could even reveal if a certain boy or girl likes you or not. Ooh, kissy kiss. (laughs) The time for mystery is up and it seems I haven't even mentioned what or who this book is about. But this ties in when I speak of meaning. You see, our main man in this book is Sharem. Is well into meaning. He is, in fact, the youngest philosopher in all the world. He lives with his dad, Sebastian, who is older and genuinely recognised as a philosopher. Through his dad, Sharem becomes fascinated by dreams. He becomes so good at recalling his dreams that eventually they become real, and when he dreams of Enigma Libris, a whole new world is created. Now, you'd be pretty freaked out if you discovered a whole world in your dreams, but not our Sharem. He's pretty cool. He takes after me. It actually says that. But I do need to give you warning. This book is not for the faint-hearted. There is evil within. Bad, bad guys who want to kill everyone. Now, I completely despise these distasteful characters. Fancy that, wanting to kill people. Have they no manners? And there is also a war. The very idea of war disturbs me greatly. It must be said that none of the characters in the story were hurt in any way while the story was being written, and most of the characters involved in the war strongly objected when they read the script. There's a script, apparently. Unfortunately, the war was unavoidable. A shame, really. But you're just going to have to read the book and find this out for yourself. Then tell all your friends to buy the book and get them to tell all their friends to do the same. I enjoyed writing this so much, I may just write an entire series. Sylvan N. Dawning. Are we always saying... Oh my god! It, look, if if the bad guy in the series was David Haas, based on David Haas, I might actually read. That would have made it. They at least make the bad guy in the story David Haas, you know. But uh, 
Oh shit, Ben! That's that's five minutes of my life. I'm never going to get back. I I love just the references to himself in there and kissy kissy. Now I want to hold this up. I'm not going to explain this to our listeners, but for both our mats, if you can see that picture, try and describe the image that's on the next page in this book. So the image of that, well, that's the the castle looks like. Is it castle or something on top of the hill with the big walkway sort of going back and forth up the mountain? Looks like that Jesus some, thing. Yeah, like yeah. A, it's like that thing in Brazil that uh, the yeah. Christ of the Redeemer. Yeah, yeah, that thing. So this is chapter one, the power of dreams. So uh, no, I won't continue. But uh, hey, if if people are listening and are dying to uh, hear the audiobook version of Enigma Libris, the <laughs> book of symbols, maybe pay me eighty bucks. I can get my money back for this book, and I'll uh, I'll do an audio version. So uh, right, wait, wait, we've probably a few people are asleep right now. Craig, wake up! Can you Craig, please get, everyone wake can up? Can you give yep. you a copy of the book to your to, to your son because you, you mentioned that he's into this sort of genre? Yeah, let's let's see uh, if he likes it or not. Yep. There you go. Uh, Matt oh, I still don't know if it's a kid's book or an adult's book. <laughs> fucking who knows? I don't even know. I've got no idea. Knows. Yeah. It's an trick gone wrong. Memories, Matt. Absolute blast to take a trip down. All of those. I don't bag you out that much. Come on. I mean, sometimes. I thought you said it was going to be funny, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, um, that's, that's well played. Um I'm going to play that sound effect. Uh, that might have been the funniest thing you've ever said on this show. Uh, yeah, uh, if, you, if you're waiting to find out when the funny bits are happening, um, you, you might have missed the boat there. But I, it's honestly like it was a lot of fun going through all of those, lots of things that even I couldn't remember that we talked about and just going that trip down memory lane to, to hear them. But I think for the most part we did an okay job. Ben, I'm sad, sad. This this could be it for season one. Yes, uh, we are dead. It, it, we are both yeah, dying. Yeah, well... <laughs> It, it generally could be it. Look, there is, like I mentioned before, there's, there's still a chance that maybe not, maybe down the track sometime there'll, there'll still be one more episode. Or well, who knows, Ben Dark as well. There could be two more episodes. But, um, you know, there's a good chance that won't happen either. So it, it's actually a sad moment right now to know that I guess where this where this um, podcast started, of course, with the with the love of season one is it, it looks like well, right now it's it's about to be over and, and of course moving forward. There will be another bit. We should have alluded to this when we talked about the music at the beginning, but of course we'll talk about the reunion in just a moment, but we're planning to probably put an episode together from some stuff that we get at the reunion. So one more, we've jumped the gun a little bit there. But right. We'll talk about that, but you, you do touch on a, a very interesting point, of course, and that, that is the elephant in the room, Joel. Uh, we've mentioned it, I believe, in other ones, but Joel is out of prison now. Um, and there is an opportunity that we may be able to chat to him at some point. Obviously, it's a, a delicate matter that we will work around to see if that is something that A, he's willing to do and B, that we are willing to do because we know that that would cause a bit of controversy out there if we were to get him on the show based on what happened afterwards. Personally, for me, I don't have an issue with getting him on the show talking about Survivor with him because that's what we would be talking to him about. Obviously, it creates a few little potential issues for Matt based on his profession and things, but it's something that we will continue to discuss. And if it happens, it happens. And obviously we will address that when it comes. I, for one, think it would be great to get him on the show to talk about Survivor so we can really captivate that season as a whole. But uh, obviously we'll discuss that a little bit further moving on because I mean, he was part of the season, Matt, no matter what happened afterwards, he was part of the season. He has a right to talk about his time on the show. And of course, Ben, you, you can't, you know, we're, we're still trying to track down Ben Dark. We, it may take another 10, 20 years, but we're, we're determined I, not to. I mentioned uh, you got to close. So to, to touch on that, Matt found an article from Channel 9 about a year ago where a journalist had found him 
and had done a bit of an interview with him. So clearly that journalist, better than us, what can I say? But um, we've sort of done a few things and sent a few messages out and feelers out that maybe we could hook on to that. But uh, as of the time of recording this, nothing has come from it. But we, we don't give up. It's just like next season when we get to the best of part two, Ben Wynn, does he exist? Who knows? We'll, we'll keep finding out. Next week, at the time of recording this, next week you and I on this very day will be in Whaler's Way. Are Can't we excited wait. for this, Matt? Are we pumped and Mate, excited? This, this is three years in the making. From when we, we started talking about this in 2019, yeah. it's now 2022. We've had one failed attempt. Of course, COVID ruined last year's 20-year reunion. Uh, which is look not a bad thing. It's just given me a little bit extra time and yourself, of course, to to, to help organise it. Um, but yeah, so it's 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 twenty one years since since they filmed this season, and three years of us planning this reunion. So uh, Ben, I mean, of course, I, I'm absolutely stoked. I'm excited. Um, I know the players that are turning up. Of course, Lincoln, the host, is turning up. Um, they're all ecstatic. They can't wait to, to not only get back out to Whaler's Way, but to all be together again. Um, look, it's going to be, uh, considering it was only a small cast, of course, um, you know, to have 21 years later, have you know, nearly half the cast going to be going there or half the available cast going there. Um, it, it's it's a fantastic effort from everyone to make the trip back down to Port Lincoln, of course, back out to Whaler's Way. And I'm going to hunt down Leslie the Lizard. I just want to say that right now. <laughs> but uh, and, and and all props to you, Matt. Uh, we'll talk more about this when we're there. But uh, I'm I'm honoured that you say that I've helped organise this. You're 95 percent of the reason why this is happening, right? I'll take a five percent credit of that. But uh, no, this has mainly been on you. But yeah, if people don't know what we're talking about, uh, basically. We've always sort of had an idea. Well, Matt's always had an idea and kind of it's it's come to fruition now that we will get a bunch of the guys and girls back together, head out to Whaler's Way and actually have a bit of a celebratory weekend. So Matt and I will be heading to the original filming location of season one next weekend, Whaler's Way, where uh, a bunch of the, the original cast are going to join us. We've got Cable, we've got Matt Carr also joining us. We've got a bit of a function happening in Port Lincoln on the Friday night. Then we're going to actually go out to the original filming location on the Saturday. Matt's organised a cruise and all this kind of fun stuff. It's going to be great. And we will be doing some form of coverage for the show. So we're not 100% sure what it will be. I think we're going to do some form of episode. So we will be doing some recordings while we're out there. Whether or not we get enough content where we can actually put together a proper audio episode, you will find out. So if that happens, two weeks time, I'm going to say, you'll hear it and it'll be great. Plus plenty of photos, video footage as well. We're going to plan to do as much as we can and we'll put together some content. Because I think it's it's important to be documented on some level. And I think this is a, a very exciting deal because realistically we're not going to do this for all the seasons. We're not, Matt and I aren't rolling in the cash for this season where we're basically <laughs> fucking, you know, Dico and Justin Melville. We've already got them on first class Vanuatu in 2026. No, realistically, this will be the only time we're going to do this. It'd be great to do Vanuatu in a few years time, but probably not going to happen. I don't think we're going to be going back to Samoa in 2036 and, you know, Fiji in the following years. So, so excited for this, Matt. You've actually only ever met Karen in person, so you've not met any of the other cast or crew in person. I've obviously met Katie in person before, and uh, ultimately, sadly, she won't be there. But uh, everyone else, I've never met. I met Cable in person. I've never, I've never even met you in person. We've established <laughs> before. You and I have never met in person. This is going to be a first for you and I. I was just about to say that we we haven't even met in person. I know. It feels like we have, but of course, you. Well, I hate each other that. at the end of this, Matt. We're like, fuck this guy. Jesus, oh. we might hook up. We might have a romantic encounter, Matt. I don't know. Sorry, Hanan. Uh- yeah. It's so it's so funny, isn't it? Because you feel like, you know, you feel like, especially like, you know, Naomi, Craig, yeah. Sylvan, Lance, I, 
it, it, you feel like you just, you have, you feel like you've known these people for years and you kind of have known them for years, but you haven't actually met them. I mean, like I helped Shona, you know, do a, get, get, do an application for the show Hunted, you know, and it feels like, like, but it's, it's amazing technology now. You don't actually have, they can be on the other side of Australia and you don't actually have to meet them in person, even though you feel like, you know, you do, you know, so um, yeah, it's, 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 Amazing, isn't it? Like, to, to, but to have these people going to be, you know, turning up back twenty-one years after yep. filming this show um, to be back there, and, and the host Lincoln House to be back—that's what I love. I and mean, then the host is coming back down there, and and Ben, yeah, I, I really hope we can we can get some, you know, good footage, some some little interviews, and obviously photos. And a lot of these people have, don't look like they've aged today, so, you know. So yeah. um, some of them probably looking better than they did when they were playing the show. So. Um, Hopefully one day someone will say that about me, but I, I highly doubt it. Matt, you haven't aged a day since your two days that you were on Survivor. <laughs> the, two days, uh, the two days weren't too rough on me, so hopefully. Yeah, exactly. You know, one little funny side note. Um, did an episode recently with Colin, and I know you've joined us on the Oz Network a couple of times, and uh, got to talking about uh, Australian Survivor, and he was telling me about some episode of Survivor. like, oh, the most obvious first boot of all time. And I'm like, Colin... Just wait till you watch uh, season three of Australian Survivor. You'll see the most obvious. And he straight away goes, oh, was that Matt's season? And, and I'm like, no, but Matt might be the second most obvious boot in Australian oh. Survivor when you get to season five. But um, I, I, I need to send it to Colin so we can actually see your episode. But so pumped for next week, obviously, to, to bring that and whatever content. And we, we're actually also hoping, too, to maybe get a couple of things from that weekend that we'll give away some prizes on the show. So if you're a big season one nut of Whaler's Way, stay tuned to this show and our social media and that will be very exciting. And moving forward, so after our reunion, we will be bringing you two more clip shows this year. Around about December, we're planning our best bits of season two, our celebrity survivor coverage, of course. And in a similar vein to what we've done here, we'll do an episode on the interviews and an episode on the coverage outside of the interviews. Now, before I touch on what's after that, Matt, any quick thoughts on your memories of season two? Obviously, you were lazy. You didn't show up for one. Bloody hell, you gave up after 59 episodes. But uh, that was that was obviously a, a fun and unique journey, Celebrity Survivor, that we covered. I can't wait to, to hear hear us talk about Justin Melby and all his confessionals and... Um the yeah, green turds, up. come on, the yeah. green turds. <laughs> oh, I know. And, of course, David Oldfield is best. I mean, look, I had a fantastic time covering season two. Um, it was probably the most least um, known season of Survivor I've, I've ever, because I didn't watch it at the time. It was many years later, basically, preparing us for the podcast. So I actually went back and watched it. I've watched it a couple of times now. But, um, yeah, so... I had a fantastic time. We, we we unfortunately weren't able to track down everyone, and um, got more than half. I think we. Oh. I'm I'm happy with more than half. Absolutely, yeah. I think that was an incredible effort to, to get that. I mean, we are dealing with people that got paid, you know, to go on and the show. Celebrities to, to and- jump in there really quickly. I re- I will say that. I mean, I think we did literally track down everyone on some capacity except for Ben Wynn and reached out, and we had a couple of people sort of say, "Not now." Uh, you know, one person just never got back to us and one person sort of declined. So, like, it, it came down to that fact where I – even the fact that we basically found everyone, I think, was pretty good. I mean, we found Gabby. We did find her, but just unfortunately nothing really came from it. So, And that's a similar thing – sorry to jump in here, Matt. This is more of a talking about the next time, but it's a similar thing with, say, Joel with this. Like, we, we don't give up. You know, I'm never giving up on getting fucking Imogen on the show. Imogen will be on the mm. show one day, whether I, I – think she lives in Hobart right now. She's probably my neighbour. I don't know. So – um people like that and we'll talk about that more sorry i'm ranting matt shut me up you probably know exactly where she is ben you're probably creeping 
I did not confirm that you've got the cop in you right now, yeah. basically. But uh, yeah, season uh, two, our, our best bits. That'll that'll come December. Uh, I'm looking forward to bringing that. And then after that, again, we'll allude to this more. Season three is coming. We haven't forgotten. That's why we put that post up recently on our social media. It's obviously a little bit more delayed than we want to. But ultimately, with the Channel 10 season, these are long. These are long seasons. There's lots of people to talk to. There's lots of episodes to discuss. There's lots of behind-the-scenes people we can possibly get on. So this is more of a commitment, and we want to really try to do these seasons where there's no interruptions. So we're going to try and sort of pre-do a bunch of stuff before we start airing them. So at the time of this being released, we're looking at potentially a February, March-ish release date on paper. Might be longer. We don't know yet, but we obviously really want to do it justice because we feel that this is where a lot of people are really going to maybe jump on the show because ultimately we know a lot of people don't sort of really care too much about season one and season two. So it's exciting. And I will say that I've done a speed rewatch of season three, my first ever rewatch of a Channel 10 season. Saying this right now, I was pleasantly impressed that that one holds up quite well. It's a lot more old school season three than I remembered. And I actually kind of enjoyed it. I'm very critical on a lot of Channel 10 Survivor. And trust me, I've got criticisms of Season 3. But from what I had remembered of Season 3 to re-watching it very quickly in a space of a couple of days, pleasantly surprised, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. I- I've watched it twice. I watched it, obviously, when it was aired and then once before going out for my season. So, obviously, clearly didn't do me any good. Could have watched it on the plane on the way back, Matt. You're probably going, oh, shit, well, at least I didn't get through all the season three off. It's on my stick already. That didn't die from exposure in the sun. I know. To find out I only needed to watch the first episode and know my fate, it would have saved me hours and hours of time. But the best thing about those seasons now, the Channel 10 seasons, is how easy is it to track people down? You just go on Instagram. There's always – they're either, you know – trying to promote something for an ad or something, you know. Um, well, Lee Castledine, I just saw on another bloody car ride. He's, I think it's yeah. Izuzu now he's on board. He's yeah, said fuck he's... off to Holden. He's with Izuzu <laughs> Trucks. Good on you, Lee. Well, it doesn't take much, mate, to change he's your mind. He's a good-looking rooster, that man. So he's always getting every wig off. Oh, Ferrari, sure, I'll jump on board with that. How funny is it, though, when people promote stuff and then, like, a couple of months later they're promoting a, the same sort of product but a different brand and now they're saying that's the best? You're like, you have that well, problem with this, man. You're, you're a man in demand. I heard you on Rob Has a Podcast the other week. Then I heard you on Ryan's show. You're, just oh, every, you're, yeah, of course you're a podcast man everywhere promoting everything. They're all, they're all wanting my services, mate, but, no, I stay loyal to ASA until, of course, someone asks me. And then yeah, I'm, someone better, straight on. more, yeah. you know, better reputation, something like that. But, um. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Lots to cover, obviously, with that, but uh, that's obviously to come. And the time of releasing this, of course, as well, the Australian Survivor Hall of Fame, uh, we're getting very close to uh, revealing who they will be. So stay tuned over the coming weeks when we compile the votes and everything, and those reveals will come in December. But obviously a very juicy year this year with who is available. The entire All-Stars cast available to be voted for, which, I mean, come on now. Uh take your pick so lots to come in our universe we obviously appreciate your time on the show if you've enjoyed what you've listened to today and you want to hear all of those episodes individually you think you've heard enough that makes you want to go back and listen to them subscribe to us on all good podcast platforms spotify stitcher apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, amazon iHeartRadio. we're on all of them search for australian survivor archives leave us some feedback while you're there we'd love to hear what you think of the show and social media of course too best way to get in contact with either matt and i we see all the messages the comments we get we generally reply to all of them so hit us up unless you're Dez. Shut up, Dez. This was season one. Get fucked. Um, look forward to having you on the show in a few weeks' time. Uh, but 
Uh, obviously, we, we like to hear from you and see what is going on there. But, Matt, this has been fun. I'm pumped. Get me to Whaler's Way next week. Get me some chartreuse. Get me some karaoke with Lincoln. Get me Leslie the Lizard. I'm there. I'm pumped. I'm excited. My name is Ben, and it's Shona. Shona. <laughs> My name's Matt Dyson, and look, I'm going to apologise now. If I'm a little inebriated during some of these clips down at Port Lincoln, yes. I, I planned to, I, I plan to have a couple of uh, Port Lincoln's finest ales. So I apologise now if I get it carried away, but you know this is three years in the making, so I'm not going to not going to hold back just for the uh, listeners to, to hear a sober map. Yeah.